<laughs> you did it, Kyle. That was just about right. Uh, BKA episode 329 with our guest, Ahmed. Kyle? We have many, many sponsors tonight. No, not really. We have Nature Box, Dollar Shave Club, CISO, Bull and Branch. That's a new one, I think, for us. And uh, Tracker. Uh, we'll talk about each of those later on in the show. Of course, there are links down in the description if you just, just can't wait. you got to learn more about Bull and Branch right this second. But if you can wait, got a really cool guest tonight, I think. Uh, Chiz has informed us that you are a uh, big fan of the show. You watch, keep at least keep up to date with it. You know who we all are. And he said that you follow like politics and, and, and global happenings and such. But what's really interesting, I think, is that you're from Iran. Is that right? And then you immigrated to Iraq for a while? Uh, actually, the other way around. Uh, okay. Because, uh, <coughs> I'm uh, Iraqi. My mother and father are Iraqis. But uh, they migrated to Iran in the 90s, uh, running away from uh, Saddam's regime. That was after my family. So uh, uh, my parents went there, went to Iran, and then I was born. And in 2003, when, uh, when the regime went away and America like liberated Iraq. A little freedom. <laughs> You're welcome, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Three Americans, thank you. Uh, they uh, liberated Iraq. We went back uh, against the will of my father, because my father at the time was in Australia uh, trying to secure a, a little uh, gathering for us there. So that also ruined the, uh, his plans to cope there because he was planning on uh, us coming from Iran. So we went back to Iraq and lived there from 2003 to 2010, and then we migrated to Europe finally. How, uh, how old are you? So how old were you <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this migration? is a lot of history um, for someone who's 13 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took it a lot. I'm 27, actually. I'm almost 27. <laughs> okay. So you yeah, were... I was born in, uh, well, I mean 26. I was born in uh, almost 27. I was born in uh, 1991 in uh, Iran. Uh, but yeah, I do look young. My brother always uh, gets, the, uh, gets the thing. People tell him that he looks older than me and I look younger than him so i do get that a lot i do look young so i guess that's a good thing <laughs> it is so anyway what, so th that is an incredible amount of like it, it's almost hard with something like this to even ask a question because i i am so removed from it and i have no idea of any of the happenings what are just uh you said you were a translator for a while there how old were you when you were doing that and and what was that like was that for u.s forces or just yeah uh, so that's also another crazy crazy story i in 2004 like Maybe st uh, beginning of 2005, the dates are kind of blurry for me at the moment, but in beginning of 2005, let's say, I, uh, uh, I used to live with my aunt, uh, with my family, which we were all living in there, uh, and that was behind a very uh, big shrine, mosque, uh, Al-Sahla, it's called in Najaf, Al-Kufa, you guys all know it, of course. Of course, and, uh, obviously. Yeah, yeah, anyway, so uh, the militia, Al-Mahdi militia, um, that were insurgents following... Uh, Muqtada Sadr, which were militia in the south controlling the region. At the time, the coalition decided that the Spanish and Italian forces and some Polish forces uh, would control that region because it was the most stable. And Baghdad and Tikrit and all those unstable uh, regions would go to uh, U.S. troops, uh, U.K. and other, uh, uh, other forces. Anyway, so um, those militias had a lot of control on the region. And uh, I used to go there a lot with my parents, and they uh, heard me once speaking Farsi, which is Iran's language, which I was, of course, born and raised there. I speak uh, Farsi as fluently as I speak Arabic. Uh, and they were, uh, they just asked me, I was like 14 or 15 years old, and they were like, 
hey, would you mind translating for us? So I went ahead and translated for a few people. Well, hang on. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Let's <laughs> no child that. labor laws. Hang on a second. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, so go you're ahead. 14 years old, and uh, what I'm nationality were 15, these? Maybe. Okay, what, what Iraqis, nationality Iraqis. were these guys? Oh, oh. So, so, so yeah. were these Iraqi soldiers who asked you? No, no, no not soldiers, but insurgents and militia that were used to secure shrines. Ah, and, okay. And places that are public that are that could be eventually targeted for car bombing or terrorist attack and stuff. Okay. So they would uh, search people that would try to enter the shrine, and basically patting them down and uh, and all that. So basically, basically, I used to stand there. Well, at the start, I translated for a few people, and the need for a translator kept coming up. So they just uh, when they saw me again, they were like, "Hey, you should come on, like sort of a part-time thing." How much does a job like this pay when you're 14 years old? It didn't pay anything at the beginning. Fuck! So you're wow. standing. So, 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 like, I want to picture this. So you're are you giving goods or services? You, so you and uh, the, the, this military guy are standing outside of like a site that you're trying to protect from someone potentially walking in with a bomb. You're yeah. the translator. So you're standing right next to the guy who's like the point man to stop the bomb, right? You're you're in just as much danger as he is, right? Or do you get as, like, or do you get, as, get to go as, get behind some sandbags until they need you? No, no. As fun as that might sound, like I've been in a lot of shitty situations with attacks and stuff, which we'll get to later, hopefully. But <laughs> that job at the time was pretty much like very safe job. Like there weren't the 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 worst thing they stopped. We stopped and it was an Iranian. Uh, one of the reason actually, it'll be interrupt myself. Uh, one of the reasons they needed a, a Persian translator was because a lot of Iranian Iranians started coming in uh, as uh, pilgrim, uh, as pilgrims. My English is failing me right now. <laughs> anyway, no, really so as, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's, yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's a bit out of practice, but I'm trying. Uh, so these pilgrims came uh, after 2003 because they had a, a ban by Saddam, so they weren't allowed. But after Saddam went away, of course, the borders were open and they started coming in. So the need for a translator uh, uh, arose. Uh, that's the first thing. So after I started working there, uh, the worst thing I had, uh, we had, I think, was a couple of Iranians trying to smuggle a little bit of hash in their pockets. Drugs, like that kind of stuff. What's that's the, the punishment for that? Like when they found out that they had hash on them. Was it like a hey, you give us that hash and you move along, or was it like oh, you're you've done fucked up? They were pulled well, apart by four cattles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, funny funny story about that. Uh, the first time we uh, we find a bit of hash on someone, uh, they were searching them, patting them down, and then I was just standing there talking to the guys anyway. So they search this guy, they open his wallet, and they have like little thing this big, and it looks brown. I mean, we don't know what hash is, what weed is, what that, all those kind of drugs. We've heard about them, but we don't know how they look, how they smell, how they taste. So uh, the security guy is like, what the hell is this? And he's like, it's medicine. So <laughs> our boss comes around from the... Uh, he's like, oh, wait, 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 I've heard about this. This is hash, actually. And uh, in Najaf, which is about 50 kilometers away... Uh, heard about oh, what a narc. They have heard about it. <laughs> that people have been bringing this in, and this is kind of a sort of a drug that is banned. So he's like, wait, wait, wait a second. Give it to me. And he's inspecting his friend to find out what it is. So he's like, I don't know. And he's he looks at me and then he's like, here, give it a taste. And I'm like, oh my god, I, I, I'm not sure I should do this. <laughs> anyway, so I, um, like the dumbass I am, I open it up. And then split it in half, like this big. I split it in half and put the whole thing in my mouth. And it's like, <laughs> really stupid decision. I, 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 anything. Yep, 
Yep, and I start and I start like feeling all kind of weird things. Like, what does that mouth, do? Can you eat taste. hot? No. I don't know what it was. <laughs> they call it hash in our country. I don't know what it is. How it's so what they, hash is when they take the uh, the pollen from like the the marijuana bud. Like, like you've got lots of buds of marijuana, and the way I've seen it made is like they use their bare hands to like stroke the plants, and you're getting all that pollen, that sticky pollen, stuck to your hands. And they do this until they've got like a film of it on them and they take like a butter knife and they scrape it off and you've got sort of this sort of waxy dark yeah, yeah, yeah exactly and then they it press it into bars uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so what i put it in my mouth it? and no. i start chewing no. and well i mean i've started feeling like a burn i mean it was like 15 years ago but uh, i oh, bought I new I'm, shoes and new pants before uh, like a week ago when i started oh, no. this job so I uh, start chewing, 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 and everyone's laughing at me, of course, at the security guards. And I'm like, at once, I just spit it out. I wait five seconds, and I just vomit on my shoes and, and my new pants. <laughs> it was a shitty, shitty day at, at the job. Anyway, so they take this guy, and they put him in a little uh, holding cell, which was just a room people used to study in in the year 1800 or something like that. Uh, really old shrines with old rooms and old doors, basically push the door and the lock breaks. So it wasn't any any uh, cell or anything. But, I mean, they put him in there. They waited for the police. Iraqi police came over, and they just stick him with him. I don't know what happens to them, possibly. So when, when you were working as a translator, yeah. did you have, like, neighbors or, like, distant neighbors who were, like, angry at you for cooperating with the Americans? Or the Italians well, or whatever. Cooperation, cooperation with the Americans came at a later date. In, in 2000, and maybe you've heard of this, the Battle of Najaf. Mm -hmm. It's one of the major battles that took place against the insurgents of the uh, south, the Jaysh al-Mahdi. And I could actually might be able to seek, uh, to find some coordinates for you for where this all exactly happened, if you want that. No, is it's it, uh, good. Anyway, uh, what year so, was this? Uh, so how this old were you? That, 2005, so I was basically okay. 15, and I just started working for them, like about two months or something, and uh, the activity of these insurgents, Jason Mehdi, which I worked for as a translator, was like very high. They started for enforcing some new laws and, and other stuff, which a lot of people weren't happy with. The thing that angered the coalition forces was the fact that they started fighting Americans, trying to take uh, secure areas. Anyway, so uh, a command came from America or something, and uh, basically it said uh, all Polish, Spanish, and Italian forces may evacuate, and uh, U.S. military will take over that city, which was my city. So uh, uh, at that shrine, well, the, one of the hardest battles that took place was in my backyard. So that's another uh, very, very, like, uh, it's kind of hard to talk about. I mean, there was a lot of... Uh, a lot of scary moments in, in our lives. I mean, and I this remember, battle was at that same age for you, right around 2005 yeah, there? 2005, okay. it was Battle of Najaf. So anyway, so um, the Americans come in, a lot of resistance because the leader of uh, Jaysh al-Mahdi told uh, all of his insurgents, Jaysh al-Mahdi, he was Muqtad al-Sadr, maybe you've heard of him, the, the asshole with the, with the thing, pretty popular. He was on CNN like every other week uh, at the time, even lately. Anyway, so uh, battle goes down, and we're holed up in our in the corner of our house, and tanks coming through the house uh, to, through our backyard, which was actually our front yard because the, the engineers that structured those houses are pretty much dumbasses. They built <laughs> one room, and then a room next to it, and then another room next to it, and then the backyard would be basically 
in front of it, and the door would be at the side, not at the front. So it, it's a pretty weird uh, design. Design. Yeah. So we were at the end of the house, like at the farthest room, uh, and at the back, like the the wall that we faced, was pretty much our neighbor. It also had the exact same uh, structure of the house, except the other way around. Anyway, so tanks were coming in, and uh, like the sh ground is shaking, bullets flying everywhere. Two days, and then everything settles down. Uh, Americans come door to door, telling us to come out and be searched, and we got searched and all all that. And then uh, basically, I feel like we spent more time on the door than the actual war here like it so there's bullets flying there's tanks moving in yeah like tell what was that part all about like it the, well the, i mean no I, there isn't much to it we basically just cowered mm -hmm. like all the other families i mean i was young and my she father was in there. stayed inside and you could hear yeah, bullets yeah, yeah. like zipping yeah. by yeah bullets explosions it was intense we didn't just hear them it was like we were just right there and the the wall that was like the wall of our our uh our backyard was actually broken down by a tank because it hit it. And, yeah, it, it was pretty intense. How so, long did it last? Or how long, I guess, were you holed up in your house there? The for battle, oh, the whole two days. Like, yeah, we were we were uh, holed up two days. Well, thankfully, we had, uh, we had food and all that stuff. My uh, cousin, actually, which was my aunt's house, had uh, an AK. And he was, like, holding it by himself. And was like, what the fuck are you doing? My I didn't say anything, obviously, but my aunt was like, you dumbass, if the Americans come in, the first one they shoot is you. Why the yeah. hell do you even have it at your side? It's not going to help you. It's like maybe some insurgents will try to hide in our house. I'm not going to let them. American will kill us. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so that happened, and that went on. The next thing that I remember happening was like just life going on, and uh, a couple of weeks later, I... Uh, Real quick, some... like as the battle was raging and everything, do yeah. you remember... Like obviously, fear's the number one thing, but as far as like anger at the the sides of the battle, were you just like, what, what was that mentality like? Like, ah, oh, these fucking Americans, or like, oh, both of these fucking people, or like, what were you thinking as far as just the, the direction? Well, I, mean, I, I know you were young at fifteen. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, I was fifteen at the moment. I didn't really have a specifically uh, orientate my uh, political opinion <clears throat> or anything. But at the moment, I feel differently, of course. But at that time, I was just scared and with my family just uh, waiting to be to, to, to see what happens. Mm -hmm. That was it. Yeah, but uh, so after that, a few weeks ago, I uh, we kept uh, like life went on. And then uh, uh, with my family, we went to visit the shrine to just go pray and stuff. And um, when we went in, uh, a lot of the people obviously changed. But some of the people that worked for militia after surrendering, the American agreed to keep so uh, the commander that used to be kind of my boss like the, I mean when I say commander it sounds like a military commander but he was just a, a dumbass that that uh, had control of the of the search point that was uh, situated right at the shrine so he he was still there and he was like uh, you should come back because we still have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, Iranians coming in after the battle maybe next week's hopefully in the coming weeks hopefully so still no like, pay yeah. though right <laughs> yeah, yeah at that point, after the second time I came back with them, they did start to pay me. Uh, how much? Yeah. I need to know, like, like exactly how much, because that uh, that's too dangerous of a job to not get paid a decent amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, so like you should be getting paid one. like those fucking crab fishermen on, on like deadliest <laughs> catch, right? There should be like a voiceover as you like translate and check papers, like Ahmed is making more money this week 
than most Americans will make in a year. But instead, like, like what are you did, actually making? I did make bank. So let's see. As <laughs> nice. far as numbers go, I made the first two months, I made 15,000 denarii, which is about $14. Oh, shit. $14. Oh, going to make I'm it rain. I'm always bamboozled <laughs> by foreign currencies. God yeah, right? God damn. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> I'm such a fool. About... I don't know why I thought. I'm like, 15 grand. This motherfucker had me going. Oh, nope. Nope. 14 bucks. Yeah, couple of foot long sides. I mean, I mean, you gotta think. I was young and I didn't have anything. Or a little else. hash. And yeah, I mean, yeah, that too. But <laughs> to forty thousand dinari, I could have bought like uh, shoes, a few books for my school, and and new clothes. So it, it was helpful. I mean, I didn't do much. I just went there two hours a day. It wasn't okay. like a nine to five. Uh, yeah, I mean, the danger, of course. But yeah, <laughs> after the Americans came, uh, we were hoping there would be no more danger. Uh, so yeah, that's that. You're welcome again. How did that pan out? <laughs> Thank you very much. The American dollar felt good. Yeah. So after that, I uh, uh, Americans uh, came, of course, uh, like uh, I think at 10 o'clock in the morning and at four o'clock in the uh, uh, in the midday, and they just came to check around. They go into the shrine, even though a lot of people were angry about that because they were quote unquote uh, not Muslims. What happens when they came, like, to, when you guys were in your house and they came to your house? Did, was it after the battle yeah, they, that you left and then the Americans found you, or did they actually break into your house? No, no, they didn't break into the house. They just knocked on the door really, really hard and shouted, uh, if your families come out, hands on your head, no weapons, no movement. So we, we all came out, like uh, the family that we are, and we stood there. Americans started coming in. We went in the house, take a really quick look, and they just saw women and stuff. They didn't even search us, so they just left. Hmm. Did they, they didn't, they didn't find your cousin's AK either, eh? Even if they have found it, everyone had an AK there. So I, I, oh, I, I assumed so. Yeah, Kyle's got a couple <laughs> yeah, I mean, in frame. Yeah, a lot of people had. Yeah. He had a couple of AKs on the, under the cabin, <laughs> but they didn't search very uh, very well. They weren't searching for AKs. They were searching more for people that were hiding or anyway, uh, from the insurgencies that were uh, hiding and big weapons, possibly RPGs and stuff. Those yeah. were the things that were they were looking for because RPGs played a, a big role in that battle. Hmm. Yeah, huh. lots of casualties uh, from the uh, insurgent side. Wow. So two years of battle, Battle of Negev, and I've, I believe 40 American soldiers died, and 4,000 or something, or 3,000 insurgents died. So that shows the effectiveness wow. of your military. Of tanks, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the insurgents also had a lot of, uh, a lot of hardware. I, they had a lot of good Hummers and big trucks, uh, shielded trucks, I remember. But I mean, of course, it didn't come close to to the. Yeah, there was um, I yeah. I don't want to get too specific, but there's a member of my family who was in the first Iraq War, and yeah. uh, he had a lot of like, mixed feelings and stress afterwards about how lopsided it was. Like there was some yeah, guilt, there was some guilt because you know he just, it was he was a tank commander and they just, like rolled the fuck through the Iraqi tanks and stuff and. Um, in yeah, you know, after the fact, it, it, you know, it was something he had to cope with. That's an interesting perspective. <clears throat> I hadn't thought about that of being like, ah, oh, yeah, we were in the war and we did what we had to do, but I was in a tank that they gave me and said, hey, drive this as your job as a tank commander. In this yeah. war, it ha just happens to be an invincible magic ship that you can just <laughs> drive around. Like, oh yeah, I, I mean, in these battles that happened, uh, the only problem Amer Americans faced were. The numbers. I mean, people. These insurgents would scatter into neighborhoods, and in every house there would be five or four of them, 
and it doesn't matter what you have is it the drone is it the tank i mean you would get you will get ambushed and it's a lot of time it takes a lot of time to clean out those uh, uh, neighborhoods so that was uh, challenge number one just the numbers and how yeah. they were scattered and uh, the... obviously urban warfare i mean it was uh, months before uh, the the main battle of the Najaf uh, ended the battle that we experienced in Kufa which is like a little uh, uh, it's a small, really small town right next to Negev. Pretty important as far as position. It's right on the on the Euphrates, and uh, that took two days. But the battle of Negev, the main battle of Negev, took two months or something. For the insurgents that were there, you're talking about them. Was it common for them to have to like break into someone's house and be like, "You're gonna hide us here," or did they usually have enough people who were on their side that they could go find somewhere? I, uh... Or was it kind of a fear that they would? show up and harass I, you. I, I couldn't answer that, man. I'm sorry, but I, I, I have no idea. Maybe, but I've never heard of that or I've never seen it, so I don't know. Mm. But it is possible, obviously. I mean, they used a lot of uh, shitty tactics, even though they're uh, it's against all their mottos and they're Islamic and uh, you, you know how it goes. These insurgents, when it comes to it, uh, if it's life or death, they will do anything. doesn't matter mm -hmm. if it's against their... Uh, uh, ideologies or instruction of their leader or whatever anyway yeah but i wouldn't put it past them man that is intense yeah and uh so i didn't tell you about uh when i met with a few of the soldiers that they came to you uh, they used the to american to... soldiers or the yeah, insurgents yeah, the, okay the americans after the the whole battle uh we went to the mosque one day and i started talking to the uh old uh, my old boss and uh, Americans came in and they started talking to people and stuff, just uh, kind of seeing how the the searching and the patting down goes on. Uh, there wasn't much to do, uh, so they they uh, talked to me. And at the time, I was watching a lot of English movies and stuff, and and uh, I I still have my like my DVD collection. I used to like buy ten DVDs a day, which were basically like uh, I don't know thousand denarii, like nineteen cent ninety cent, which is like basically next to nothing for movies mm -hmm. I, used to just, I, used, I, I spent all my money just buying dvds of shows like i remember lost and 24 were big at the time uh, so those were, were my 24? favorite <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 exactly that's really weird but i really love that show anyway at the time so i have a lot of dvds and i've, I've picked up a lot of language uh, from that uh, so it was my third language so it was pretty impressive for these guys so they were like you so you speak arabic fluently and a bit of english that could be better but also Persian that we very much need because of all the pilgrims that are coming in. Uh, so the American soldier is like, uh, uh, if you come tomorrow, we will take you to the checkpoint at the uh, next to your neighborhood. We need a few translators there. So you got to stand there for five or six hours and we'll pay you, of course, $100. And I'm like, oh my God, $100? Are you serious? <laughs> so that was my biggest payday as a translator. So the next day I came over and they picked me up and I went there. And they gave me a vest, and I standed there and uh, basically didn't translate anything, absolutely nothing. Just talked to the soldiers <laughs> in the first day. Um, a few weeks later, the, after the combat like that, the dust settled down. A lot of uh, uh, pilgrims started coming in. A lot of people started getting arrested. I mean, Iranians really hate Americans, yeah. even the <laughs> pilgrims. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, a lot of translating was needed. So I basically, I was on my toes. My English was very weak at the time, so I was barely speaking. And uh, uh, yeah, so that was also a big challenge for me. So I did that for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I think. What was the attitude of the soldiers like when you were kind of getting to know them and talk oh, to them? The best, the best. I, one of the funnest thing I've done, like in this whole shitty situation, was friends of the team for the soldiers. They were telling me all about the American life and and how I should go to America since I'm learning and I'm smart enough and this and that. And they were motivating me to do all kind of things. So as you tell them, I I would really love to go to study in America or maybe in Europe or. Oh, right over. And they, were, they would motivate me and they were like, uh, you know, you work here six months on this salary, you'll be able to save up a bit of money. You should save up and this and that. And so they were all uh, they were really cool guys, really cool guys. I didn't have, I didn't really have bad experience with the American soldiers. That's but, good. Yeah. You, you said there was it was annoying dealing with how much the Iranians hated the Americans, even the pilgrims. What what do you mean by that? Like they just. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't they wouldn't be one touched. That's number one, which padding down becomes really challenging. So that's why they called a few guys from the mosque, from the uh, old insurgencies that they used to, like the checkpoint for the mosque. Uh, so they used to uh, pad down the, the, so the American basically did respect that so, because a lot of Iranians started getting angry and started shouting and this and that, and weapons were pointed at some point, I remember. Why, why was, that, so, that was such a big deal about being touched? Yeah, I mean, they didn't just, I don't know, Iranians. <laughs> I mean, Iraqis, <laughs> most of Iraqis, if they would be one of the search by a soldier, they would just, uh, okay, go ahead, man. Uh, no big deal. But uh, I remember a lot of the pilgrims from Iran made a big deal about it. And I used to intervene and come in, speak Farsi, their language, so they would feel a little bit better about it. I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. It's just for security, no big deal, and this and that. Uh, but it didn't help. I was like, no, this American dirty peasant will not touch me in this and that. <laughs> yeah, I remember a lot of hatred from when you, uh, Iran. <clears throat> when you translated, did you like <laughs> tell them straight, like stuff like dirty peasant, or did you like smooth it over? Oh, absolutely not. I definitely did. <laughs> Say over it again. <laughs> you, you, did, I was, you did smooth I it over or really you didn't? I, I caught. Yeah, I mean, I was young. I mean, I was afraid. I remember like every time someone would say <laughs> something that I would feel would offend the other party, I was like, oh my god, how am I going to say that? You're a terrible translator! <laughs> yeah, 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 I need exactly. to know! <laughs> like, if I'm sitting there paying you 80,000 denarii or whatever... <laughs> yeah, so yeah. if they just took a transcript of your translations, they'd be like, this is the friendliest checkpoint that we've ever seen. Like, everybody seems to be getting along. A lot of thank yous and please. It's not that extreme. No, but I mean, I mean, a lot of anger was also conveyed by their facial, facial expression. And the, how they start screaming, so I didn't have to translate everything. Anyway, but when there was like a few words thrown at, I wouldn't translate them unless I was asked. I don't actually remember if I have ever done that. Do you remember like this one line or one thing you were told to translate that sticks out in your mind as something yeah. that like was like you're like, oh shit. Because <laughs> Omak comes to mind, which means you motherfucker. Uh, but much worse because in the Western culture, motherfucker is used like a buzzword, and in Arabic, that's like serious shit. So when you say that, like you're offended, like I fuck your mother or something. So that's the thing that I would never translate or never even dare to translate. So, <laughs> oh man, that, was, that must be I stressful with curse Great. words like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kyle. I want it straight. Like I would, I would, I'd have to be like, look, if 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 they're saying some crazy shit, I need to fucking know it, because because things can escalate here. We're not talking about hurting feelings. We're talking about people dying. You let me know what they're saying over there. Like you can smooth me over a little bit if I step out of line, but don't you smooth them. I need to know. I need it like warts and all. <laughs> yeah, that, but it must have been annoying to have to be like, all right, I'm translating this. What I'm about to say is from him. 
It's from him. Keep in mind. Not from me. I think you're great. I'm on your yeah. side. All right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you've got to be everybody's buddy. You also have to consider that the fact that it was a checkpoint. It wasn't something official or anything. Exact translations weren't needed. So basically, I had to just tell them what they, what the, what they were saying. In any context, would have been uh, what it uh, it would have been uh, okay. Doesn't matter. I don't I don't always have to be literal literally uh. translate every single word. So as long as the message gets through. How did uh, like your day to day life just routine kind of change up after the Americans showed up? Yeah. So there, after the Americans showed up, there was still a lot of a lot of uh, uh, what do you call it? Like a lot, still a lot of movement from the insurgents. So mm -hmm. they were still there, obviously, but they they got a ceasefire from order from their uh, leader. Was it something like you were being stopped and checked more often, or you'd go outside and be like, "Oh, look, a Humvee and a bunch of soldiers again!" Surprise. No, I mean we we were kind of in our bubble. We didn't go far very much. I used to go to school, go to the thing. I used to go to friends and and go home. That was that was my life for years at that point. But after months ago, uh, months later, I mean, uh, a lot of people uh, like my family, my cousins that were older than me, they were like, uh, you need to stop working for the Americans. It's not safe anymore. So uh, I think I worked three months in total uh, and then I stopped. So I just quit. I told them I had to move and concentrate on my schools and my funnels were coming up, which were actually coming up at the time. So uh, I just quit for that reason. I was were kind of afraid. Were you, was it, you think it was the right move at the time to be like, yeah, this is getting a little too hot? Or is it something that looking back, you're like, oh, I probably could have kept doing that a little longer. No, made some no, more I mean, no, it never got hot. To be honest, if, if I'm honest, it never got hot. Not working for that checkpoint. It never got hot. I mean, uh, the heated discussions between a tourist and, and another uh, salesman or a soldier that was trying to pat down, that was the most extreme thing I witnessed at the time. So it wasn't hot or anything. But I kept hearing from friends and family, they were like, you got to stop from the, working for the Americans. You never know what happens and this and that. You know how people are. Just yeah. uh, here in general. So it, it was a messy situation at the time. So you don't want to get it uh, tangled up in something uh, complicated. That new, uh, that new Jack Bauer is a real pussy, eh? Like, like they is got there the, a new Jack Bauer? Yeah, they got a black Jack Bauer now, and I'm like, oh my God. if you're gonna if you're gonna bring in the new Jack Bauer, you you gotta you gotta fucking escalate, right? You gotta uh, step this up up I the next level. I don't think anyone I don't think anyone can fill uh, Kiefer no. Sutherland's no. Man. Kiefer Sutherland will take you in a fucking room and pull your fingernails out yeah. and put a power drill in your kneecap. <laughs> he'll show you a video live feed of your family, and he'll be like, tell me where the bomb is, and you're like, no, no, and they're like, kill the wife, and they fucking kill the wife, and he's like, tell me where the bomb is, kill the boy, and then and somewhere in another country they're killing the boy. Like, Keith or Sullivan that Plato shit. Oh, and then man. they bring this new guy on, and he's like, I'm on my own now. And it's just like, yeah, that's the whole point. So, so Jack fucker. Bauer is now a black guy, or yeah, they just like, redid it, and it, now it's a sorry. new agent? Because if his name is Jack Bauer, and he's now just a black guy, if I were a fan of the show, I'd be nah, like, no, you can't, it, you can't still just have Gimli be an elf all of a sudden. And why the hell does he need to be black? What is that about? Is that like well, a, something like a... I don't care that he's black. I'm okay with it. I'd be okay with a transsexual yeah, I mean, I I Jack Bauer. Anymore. Quite frankly, but you got to be hardcore. Usually, it's right? yeah, the fact that, that it's a reboot I mean, yeah. that it's not very good. You know, yeah, I, I don't care if you've got a Latino Jack Bauer, like like whatever you want to do, like to mix things up and get another demographic involved with Fox. Like like I'm fine with that, but he's got to escalate. He's got to take it to the next level. He's got to be like cutting eyelids off episode one. We got to find know, that bomb. Like, I don't know the extreme level, but anytime I see like the reboot of a show 
And instead of the crux of the pitch being like, and it's new and better because this plot or this addition. And instead it's like, it's different because their skin is different or maybe their genitals are different. Fuck you, it's different. Like when it's one of those, it's like, okay, you probably threw a shitty thing together trying to know or knowing that some people would watch it just because of the you know kind of pandering you're doing. Whereas That's with a real reboot, they're you can tell. You're like, oh, okay, this is a ground swell up. Like, it's going to be a new thing. Nice like, shit. what you thought The Hobbit might be. Even though it's not really Damn. a reboot, but whatever. I we won't look, get into Hobbit. No, I just please looked don't. it up. Is this is the new Jack Bauer, the guy from The Walking Dead, like, from the last season? Do you guys know him? That, uh, I don't think they're the same actor, are they? Because the guy from The Walking Dead, you're talking about the one who got his leg eaten or whatever, and he was like, you ate my leg! Tainted yeah, meat! No, tainted it, it meat! Is, it is him, I think. Is that is that the same guy? I didn't think it yeah, was. Yeah, it's the same guy. Damn. That's such a shitty act, uh, casting. <laughs> I don't it's like. It's certainly him. not a Jack Bauer level of. No, it, it doesn't even look like him. He's, he looks like uh, fucking twenty. He doesn't look <laughs> hardcore enough. No, I, 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 I really enjoyed. Dude, twenty four is good. Like, like, go back and watch. Like, twenty four happened oh, like yeah. right in the. It, it was broadcast like right in the heart of nine eleven and all that shit. And like, it, it. And the whole point is that you've got this one fucking government agent who like he's like, oh shit. There's a national security thing going on. My like inner work, my like group has been compromised, so I can't trust those above me and I can't trust those below me. It's up to me to fix this, and it's so important that that nothing else matters. So if I've got to kill people, torture people, like kidnap the president, whatever, it has to go down this way because otherwise, like a nuke goes off in L.A. or or something of, of well, similar could, circumstance. Uh, for you, since you've already seen Twenty Four, obviously. Are you watching? Because I know Keeper Sutherland's in a new show that's about like uh, so, uh, last, designated last survivor. survivor. I love yeah, that designated show. survivor. Designated survivor. Is that yeah, any yeah. good? The concept great seems really show. interesting. Oh yeah, great show, great show. I definitely turn on that. CNN, man. They've got a guy who isn't qualified <laughs> running the country every fucking night. I don't need to go yeah. over there and see Keeper Sutherland pretend <laughs> to be unqualified. You can turn on CNN and watch that shit live. Dude, there's yeah, no way exactly. it's going to be as exciting really like as as Jack Bauer or not Jack Bauer, Keeper Sutherland. I don't know. What man. else is he in? Well, Wasn't he known for being like a rabble rouser, like bad boy before yeah, he, he do was a lot of cocaine. He was in the Lost oh, Boys yeah. back oh, yeah, in the day. You know, his dad's Donald Sutherland. Oh, I remember the Lost Boys. I, yeah, that, that wasn't. I've seen the Lost I didn't Boys. like that movie that much. That's ah, a, come on, man, that's a good movie. movie. I don't know. I thought it was shitty as well. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't like one. It. Yeah, because I, when uh, I started watching Twenty Four, I was kind of a fan of Cooper, so I started watching everything that he was in, like movies. Have you seen? Have you ever seen the uh, the the, uh, the one called uh, like Phone Booth or something like that? Oh where, yeah, I've where... seen that. He had a he had a small yeah. role in. The, I mean, not a small role, but he wasn't much. He's on not screen. on screen. He, yeah, he yeah. Got, he was a sniper. He just got his voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I liked him in that. He was he was cool in that. Yeah, Colin oh, Farrell. Colin Farrell. Colin yeah, Colin Farrell's yeah. Colin Farrell's in this uh this 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 phone booth, which don't fucking exist anymore. And uh, <laughs> and Kiefer Sullivan is talking to him, and he's like, "I'm in a building, looking at you right fucking now with a sniper rifle." He's test me, and and he's like what? And and he's fucking shoots a guy, right? You know, he he proves it right away, and he creates this whole scary scenario on the street oh, yeah. because he's a sniper in a building where it appears that that Colin Farrell is the one shooting this man on the street, and everybody's like, ah, oh, that guy in the phone booth just killed a man. And Keith is like, don't leave the phone booth or I'll kill you. And he's stuck in this weird standoff. It's 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 more you, of a. You uh, always want to believe in movies like that when you watch them. You're like, <laughs> oh, I would be Colin Farrell and I would be outwitting this guy on the phone. Like I'd be figuring this out. You know how you put yourself in there. But in reality, like I always like have a like a super thought on top of that. That when I see like the guy be like, oh, you don't believe I can kill you. Bang! And just shoot some random asshole walking by. It's like, no, Taylor, don't lie to yourself. You'd be that guy. 
You'd be that guy who just got his brains blown out. And then you you are a setup for the first major hump of the story arc. You are not fooling anyone. You're not in, Colin in Farrell. The phone booth. Yeah, you're not you're Colin dead Farrell. pimp number one. And, 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 and in Helm's Deep, you're the guy who gets hit by that fucking crazy crossbow bolt. You're not saving anyone. <laughs> the way it like, hits him and carries him onward like 30 feet and then impales him against yes, the wall. That was, that was actually Minas Tirith, but that was a good one, too. Yeah, that was I awesome. That's yeah. I or no, it, both. it happened both, yeah. Yeah, I do that when I watch uh, when I watch NBA games. I do that a lot. I was like, oh my god, that's such a sweet move, LeBron going in for the great dunks. I, I watch a lot of NBA. I'm a huge uh, basketball fans uh, fan. I used to play basketball in Iraq as well. Uh, so I do that what you just described in basketball. I'm like at the end, I'm like, oh my god, more like the fat guy sitting in the court side yeah. watching the game. <laughs> that's me, yeah. not not LeBron. Even like like if you fantasize like man, what if I were in the NHL? It's like all right, well baseline fantasy. We got to make you like six eight and three hundred pounds because you don't even meet like the base level of athleticism. So they'd have to bring you in as like, hey, he's big and is good, kinda. Like, like so already it's like, god damn it! Like there, now there's no chance. There's no way. Even in my fantasies, I couldn't do it. I'm still getting the puck stolen from me. Uh, if I'm going to have a fantasy like that, like this, and, and in a similar way, I have to do this to enjoy like fantasy movies or most movies. I have to suspend my, you know, disbelief. Uh, I have to make it a real kind of scenario in which I could, I could, this could happen. I can't just be like, like if you're, if I'm fantasizing jerking off, I can't just picture like, oh yeah, and I'm fucking Natalie Dormer, Dormer, that that happened. I got to be like, all right, so I'm here. And I just happened to run into her. Like, there has to be a way for it to happen, for it to even be real in my mind. So, so with the NHL thing, I'm like, how does that happen? Like, all right, so I win the lottery. All right, I win the lottery. I invest well. And then I buy the fucking St. Louis Blues. I fucking buy the goddamn team. <laughs> and I get to pick who the GM is. And then, then I get on the ice, whether they like it or not. Like, like yes. that's, that's the only way you can make it happen. <laughs> then you could yeah. do it. Like, if you were like that Scrooge McDuck tycoon who's like, Owner, player, coach. <laughs> like, like, don't stop it just getting on the ice. Uh, Yaramir Yager is setting himself up for that. If He currently plays for the Florida Panthers. He's 45, just turned 45, I believe. Uh, just had the most successful season of any hockey player in the NHL in history for someone over 44. So he's is that a long killing list? it this year. Low it, bar. It's like him and Chelios <laughs> and a couple other people. But yeah, right. the, the highest of that low bar. And he bought a team in sweden or switzerland or somewhere czechoslovakia he bought a team over there in one of their leagues so that if the nhl ever says honestly you're just too old he'll be like all right i'm gonna go uh be the owner and maybe and the head center there doesn't matter if i'm not the best because i own the team and i'll be coach fuck it fuck you like yeah. I, i'll build I like a that. team around me it'll be yeah. great <laughs> imagine imagine the vanity that that unleashes in you if you're like, like Sidney crosby must really think his shit doesn't stink right you, you see it in his in the way he plays the way he abuses his, the other players out there he's, he's not afraid of anything he knew they weren't gonna fucking suspend him or do anything relevant because because of who he is so he can fucking nut shot chop fingers off all that someone got suspended for a nut shot just last night okay yeah, not Sidney Crosby. Not Sidney Crosby. <laughs> Kyle's mid-story, but Taylor, why doesn't Crosby get his ass kicked more? I mean, it's not hard oh, to like do, just right? Him versus him. Yeah, it, like, he's, is he's there a big sorely put... on his line? No, no, there's not. On it's his just because he declines fights the all Penguins, the time. It's just that he declines, and if something happens, whereas someone like uh, I don't know, I'm trying to like uh, who's the captain? Like Giroux. So if Giroux got in some shit for the Flyers. 
he would back it up with a fight if need be. But he's not going to jump into a fight headlong because he's so good that it's like, no, don't do that, you idiot. Like, mm -hmm. let somebody else take the punch. That's the exact same thing with Crosby, but Crosby never jumps in a fight because there's literally no reason for him to ever be in a fight because he's the best player in the world. Like, when he gets in a fight, well, it's and, never and like, man, you really motivated fight. everyone. He would lose the fight for sure. Yeah, yeah, I would, would think he, he's got a really powerful <clears throat> lower body. Like one of the, like he's one of the most one of the strongest guys in the league as far as that goes. Like it's evident in his skating and his edge work, how fast he can change directions and so easily. But yeah, in a fight, I think he'd get tossed. Pretty, yeah, he's pretty bad. probably bottom five percent in NHL fighting, and I just wish he got in more fights. And I don't think the Penguins have anybody. I maybe I just don't know the roster well enough. I don't think they have anybody that could really throw some haymakers. Who knows? I see. Uh, I oh, the NHL is not letting their players go to the Olympics in 2018. Yeah, did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, they've been talking about that for a while. I, they, they asked Wayne Gretzky about that. He owns a team. That's why, right? He owns the Coyotes, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah. A, they, a they, they, yeah, they asked Maybe. him like like his thoughts about that, and it was something like, you know, we like to compete at the highest level and all that, but we kind of got our own thing going on here. It was it was it was one of those. Th oh, and what he what he did say was like. The biggest goal for a for a hockey player is the Stanley Cup. A gold medal is amazing. It's incredible. It's it's great. But we, we want the Stanley Cup. And that is and that true. was the bottom line. Like globally, everybody knows that the Stanley Cup's the biggest trophy. Like in hockey, it just is. But all they're doing with this is, it just it's not a good way to grow the sport, which mm. I don't like. And it makes it so that the only Winter Olympic event I ever watched anyway was hockey. I don't give a shit about luge. Or skiing. Like, th that can be neat in highlight clips, but I'm not going to watch the whole thing. And if there aren't NHL players there, I'm not going to watch a bunch of minor leaguers and washed up guys who aren't in the league anymore hash it out. As uh, Ovechkin already said, I don't care. I'm going anyway. And so Ovechkin's going. Uh, all the good Russians are going to end up going, I guarantee. So Tarasenko's going to go. So that kind of sucks for us. We're going to lose him next year. Uh, and now Sabotka, I guess that's two. But all that means is if the <laughs> NHL doesn't go to the Olympics in hockey, Russia is going to buttfuck everybody. I've always thought that the Olympics kind of just buttfuck the good teams. You know, like, like you, you, if your team has some elite players on it, then your team's best players don't get rest. If you have a mediocre team, like you really want to be just not good enough to make the Olympics, you know, alternate style. And then, uh, then those guys get full rest while all the stars come back broken and beat up. I think there yeah. should be a different kind of Olympics for those. All right, so like Winter Olympics, if you're if you're sending a team from like a tropical region, you shouldn't have to face off against like the fucking Canada's, Russia's, and like I don't know, fucking Netherlands of the world or wherever USA. the fuck skiing skiing is incredibly uh, popular. You know, like yeah, sure, the USA just because we got so much goddamn money, and we yeah. and we it's just absurd. Like We're like good we'll at be sports. good if there's something to be good at. We'll be good at it if we if we really want to. We just will, and we might just be the best at it because we'll just spend money until we are. But, like, if you're, you know, the, the best example, I think, is the Jamaica bobsled team, right? Like, they shouldn't have to compete with some Canadian douchebags who have been bobsledding since birth. They should have to face off against, like, three guys like us from I've the always... USA who are well-funded. <laughs> I feel like they shouldn't be allowed to compete, not shouldn't have to. Like, they, 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 cause, uh, so, I was a swimmer, right? 
I really think I could have made like Senegal's Olympic team. You uh, could have, right? Yeah, sure. For most people in the I, world, Senegal's a tiny little country, I think on the eastern or western seaboard of Africa. You haven't heard of it. I'm sure their swim team sucks. I think I could have made it. I might still be able to make it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> They've all got food poisoning and shit. Yeah. Like, like half the year, like you're fine. Yeah, they might not have a <laughs> pool in that country, right? <laughs> they swim in sewage. Well, yeah. they have an ocean. Those countries. They swim in the sharks get them all. <laughs> the coast of Africa. So... <laughs> Yeah, and I've always, like, sometimes you see these guys, and they can hardly, the 50-meter pool is, is big. Like, it's, you have to be able to swim to get across it. And these fuckers can't even, like, finish a 200, oh, right? that's interesting. Think about the facilities required just to meet the bare minimum. That, that's always what, what it is with sport, right? What is the bare minimum it takes to make this happen in any region, right? Baseball, it's super fucking low. You need a field, a ball, and a bat. Soccer. You don't need the gloves. You don't have to have them. Soccer is super low. Mm-hmm. Just the ball, really. You can put sticks on the ground for a net. But well, when you get it, when you get into swimming, and you you have to have that Olympic size swimming pool, you know the the. You do. That's ex- that's fucking expensive because yes. it's a very specific distance you're measuring, right? Like I bet, like a lot of people who are good at swimming know exactly how many strokes it takes to get to one side or the other. You might be fucking counting them in your head. Like I don't know what what do you do as you're stroking and like in some sort of zone, I guess, some sort of water treading zone. Like what is your is there any counting in your head? Is there are you looking at landmarks on the side of the pool or at the end? So, I don't know if things? the elite guys are different, but there's a T that is a certain distance from the wall and that distance is very consistent. And as you're coming up to it, like you know where you are mid-stroke compared to where that T is and you start like preparing for your turn. Like do you need to start short stroking it? Do you need to you know, do a little glide toward the end so that you can st- you know, do your turn yeah. at the exact right Because I know in hurdles, for example, like there's a specific amount of steps you're mm-hmm. supposed to be taking. It's like, I think it's three. <laughs> I think three is optimal. It might be four that's optimal, but it's like five is like you're fucked. Mm-hmm. And like, it, you know, it, it, there's a very specific way to do it. I guess over the course of a 50 meter I, swimming pool, like that doesn't come into play as yeah, much. I, One, Mississippi, two, Mississippi, right. three. Back to Woody's point of like the whole, they shouldn't have to play against those countries. I think arguably that, that, that they should definitely have to play against them mm-hmm. because that's more fun. Like yeah, if there it, is... That yeah. defeats like the whole purpose of, uh, of an Olympic, which is like a global thing. And every country... That has qualified has to like. Uh, You're play. missing the point. Not, not to yeah, mention, United. if Cambodia ever makes a hockey team, I want to see how they do against Russia, just yeah. to see <laughs> how it pans out. Who knows? Miracle on Ice 2.0. Cambodia sees some national <laughs> pride. They're all five foot the three. <laughs> but the Russians don't train that hard, Kyle. Uh, that's you know, true. Uh, Only yeah. in the winter. I think they might. <laughs> they uh, do. I was kidding. Which is all year. <laughs> that would be a that would be a funny Russian joke. He's like, we only train in winter time. And he's like, winter time is all year. <laughs> <laughs> we well, only train stuff. when <laughs> when snow yeah, is but, on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Taylor, to your point at the beginning of the discussion, why uh, did the uh, NHL? Is it the NHL? Yeah, the NHL. NHL. Why the what? Why do the uh, don't they allow their players so, to? Uh, basically, the reason they wouldn't want to is my understanding is that they could number one get injured there, mm-hmm. and oh, both or no, what he's just changed. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> oh man, that's a record. Post- Send them both away, but uh, they don't want their players to get injured. So yeah. when they come back for the playoffs, I guess if that's what it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. or it's either that or if it's not during the regular season, it's because they <laughs> won't be fully rested. That's pretty funny, Woody. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. Act himself. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I've done that once. That hurt okay. more than you might guess. <laughs> it does hurt. Oh, I, said, I have glasses. I, do, I did that once. I tangled like the cord with my glasses, and I just 
drop oh. my whole glasses in my eye. Yeah, that, that looked That's the feeling you get, like you know, when you're laying you're on your back using your phone, and uh, you're like going like this, and you drop your phone on your face, and it oh. hits you. Oh, I've like, done that. That's so that many same times. feeling. I feel like when such I'm a fucking bed. idiot. Oh, yeah, this has to be worse. When I'm in bed, I do I do that with my tablet, which I also have a thick case your on. Tablet. Yeah, <laughs> like my iPad. Look how thick this thing. Is. This is on an iPad Air. I've dropped it on my glasses, like, and so many yeah, times. Yeah, you're dropping a solar panel on your <laughs> face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, anyway, about the NHL, because the NBA is also facing the kind of a similar problem right now because they play mm-hmm. uh, 82 games a season, and it has been a lot of injuries. It's, there have yeah. been a lot of injuries, and a lot of uh, players are just uh, really tired. So uh, I guess I guess I get the yeah. point why they I'm NHL sure, and NBA sure have pretty will make much a identical I'm safe. Yeah, they play 82 games in the NHL. Yep. The, oh, wow. Yeah, NHL, NBA both play 82 games, pretty yeah, much the same span, which is why I don't know anybody who's like a basketball and a hockey fan. It's always yeah. one or the other because it would exactly. be – I mean, Bill Burr talks about it sometimes on his podcast. I haven't listened to that in a while, actually, but talking about baseball or hockey and basketball, and I'm just like, like, where are you finding the time to watch all – like, these are two sports concurrently – and you're talking about football, which like kind of overlaps a bit. Like that, it's nothing but sports. But I, I don't take I don't any time to follow hockey. I uh, I look at the standings, I read the articles, and then there's some constants. Like Sidney Crosby will always be a pussy. <laughs> people people were getting a little upset at you about that. Oh no, uh, anything but that. I, no, I thought that was really funny though, because of all the things. It's like you know, he he really is a good player though. I don't think Woody sees it, and it's like no. Do you think Woody is a, an idiot? Like, of course he, he sees it. He knows he's a good player. He's fucking with you. He's a Flyers fan. <laughs> but, uh, I, I noticed behind you, Ahmed, what yeah. you also, I have behind me right there. Oh, yeah, the I see it. The Magic anthology. anthology set. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, you, cool. are you? Yes, yes. And Kyle yes. will be so happy to come back and not have us oh, yeah. talking about let's, hockey Olympics. Yeah, but um, are, you, are you a big Magic guy? I'm not a big Magic guy. I'm just a Magic guy. Just like just a guys. regular like, magic I, I, yeah, I, I just delve into it once a once or twice a year, when when a new expansion comes out, which I've missed on uh, the last exp- expansion that came out a month ago, unfortunately, mm-hmm. just no money for it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's really expensive. Yeah, especially when you make fourteen dollars a day. <laughs> yeah, fourteen dollars a month, not a month. A month. A yeah, <laughs> it'll take a while to buy some magic cards. Fourteen dollars a month. Yeah, the, I I said the. Uh, oh. Uh, Fifteen thousand dinari they gave me for the first month, and then something like twenty. Maybe they did a twenty the second month. That is highway robbery. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I worked basically for free, but I mean, I was a, kid. a little more than free. Yeah, a little more uh, than yeah, free. Yeah, and I yeah, guess yeah. as a kid with with a job like that, it might. And you said it was only a couple hours a day. It might have almost been fun, kind of feeling like it was. It was. Yeah. That's that was one of the aspects because it was a lot of fun to go out there and speak to a lot of people in different languages. But, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I just uh, came out with a lot of stories, and I would tell my mother, and she would uh, slap me every time. She said, stop it. You're not going tomorrow. She did that a few times with me, so that was funny. And then you'd always show back up the next day and be like, oh, I went. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I, I used to go after school. At, uh, we had half days at the time of the war, so basically every day at school was half day. So from 8 to, uh, to 12 or to 11 sometimes. So after school, I immediately go to the to the shrine and, or to the checkpoint to translate. That Coke mm-hmm. looks amazing in a glass bottle. Damn, that is some Coke. It even looks taller than a normal Coke. It is taller than a right, Mexican Coke. 
Can oh you, yes. Can you confirm it's a glass bottle? I thought he was just going to tell me, but that was better. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking, of, speaking of Coke, uh, did you guys hear about the whole Pepsi uh, debacle? Oh, with uh, Kendall Jenner, right? Yeah, with Kendall Jenner and stuff. Oh, I my don't God, understand ridiculous. what people are upset about. They're, they're upset well, because uh, of mock protests or something? Yeah, Dude, it why, was hilarious. why are people upset on the internet every day because of every ridiculous reason there is? But, I mean, the, the ad itself was pretty dumb and pretty pointless as well. It didn't convey any, like, specific message. There were just let's watch this ad. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Great yeah, idea. Watch the ad. I'm going to pull this up, but... Uh, yeah. You know, race, spot on there. Hey, yeah. Kyle, I, how about mm -hmm. I find the ad, you do an ad read, and then ah, I'll be ready like when you're it. done. Okay. Oh, man. This is how real shows do things. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do when you need to snack, but all you can find is junk food? Rely on your self-control to resist the temptation? Please, you eat the junk food. Start snacking healthy with Nature Box. <clears throat> Nature Box makes snacks that actually taste great and are better for you. Created with high-quality <laughs> ingredients that are free from artificial flavors colors, or sweeteners, so you can feel great about snacking. Some of our personal favorites are the peanut butter nom noms, the chocolate hazelnut granola, and the praline pumpkin seeds. Nature Box recently made their service even better. Now you can order as much as you want, as often as you want, with no minimum purchase required. And you can cancel anytime. It's simple. Go to naturebox.com and check out their snack catalog. There are over 100 snacks to choose from, and they're constantly adding new, delicious snacks. Choose the snacks you want, and they'll deliver them right to your door. Naturebox.com, uh, you'll never get bored. There are new snacks each month inspired by real customer feedback. And if you ever try a snack that you don't like, Naturebox will replace it for free. And right now, you'll save even more with Naturebox. They're offering our listeners here 50% off your first order. When you go to naturebox.com slash PKA, that's naturebox.com slash PKA for 50% off your first order. They are truly delicious and better for you snacks. So uh, check them out. Link down in the description below. Very good. Check out Nature Box. They're flipping awesome. So here in uh, Europe, we don't actually have uh, Nature Box. I've looked it up, but we do have uh, a similar service. I don't want to. Which we can't name. No, yeah, yeah, we would not talk I, about. I want to hear about your horse shit Europe <laughs> service. Nature Box. Nature Box wannabe dot com. I mean, the fact is that Nature Box is exploding with high quality products. <laughs> Succinct, punctual I'm service, and they're going to be expanding into Europe soon. I, 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 I'm I, sure hope, I hope. Bet I your bottom dollar. Because <laughs> I'm happy with the, the supplier, and I imagine like Naturebox is a lot better because I've looked at their website and they have a lot of cool shit. Uh, they do. But uh, I couldn't because it says only US and Canada, so unfortunately I couldn't sign up. Are we queued up at zero with this uh, commercial? Yeah. I, I'm good to go with the Pepsi commercial anytime. Yeah. All right, uh, Kyle. All right. Yes. Ready, set, play. Oh. So uncomfortable. Some of these people had it coming. <laughs> we all know that. Like, like I know many Ooh. of these situations. No, I mean that. Am I an idiot? I don't get it. So they, because they tried to walk the line between both sides and try not to really take a fucking side. Hey, hey, hold on, hold on. So which that? Oh, never yeah. mind. Uh, it, might be, it 
might be because they actually used like real life footage. That was weird. Yeah, I didn't know that. that. We'd, we'd have dropped the Kardashians from their home into the streets and burnt them for the witches they are. We, they'd have been done instantly. Like, <laughs> it was edgier yeah. than I expected. Like I'm watching and I'm like, damn, like that's a misbehaving policeman. No donut. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like there, there was some edgy footage in there. I don't know if I got the. I guess they're saying that Pepsi will help people talk out their problems and maybe, maybe Pepsi, whether you beat people or you're getting beaten. <laughs> fresh. Wait, 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 wait. This one we Did just watched has like this one we just watched history. Hold on. This one we watched just as violent like protest shit in the middle of it. I yeah. didn't see this one. Is that is that the? Did I fuck it is up? Is bad montage guy not the real I think commercial? The montage thing was not the actual. I don't know. <laughs> no, it, it is not. Like it is not the actual commercial because that yeah, would be I, wild. I love that I thought it was. That's funnier than the commercial. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I was, I was, I was real quick. What do you thought that the Pepsi commercial was? Uh, was Caitlyn was whichever fucking Jenner this is walking around <laughs> with her Pepsi, and then it just she's about to take a sip, and it's a quick cut to a black woman. And a police officer screaming at each other, and the police officer decking her in the side of the head, and then it, and then it, and then it, pan, it yeah, just a wipe cut, you know, as you do in Pepsi commercials, to her walking, you know, panning up from her leg and her long, luxurious leg or whatever, like this. This is definitely not commercial. I uh, I have the real one here. What the oh. fuck are we doing? What do we just watch? I don't know. That was a, that I was think we want some well, montage guys, of bullshit. Do you guys remember? Hold on. You guys remember the video that I made where where I uh, I changed. The weather thing to make it look like the day after tomorrow. Yeah. That's what just happened to. Him. That's what just happened. That's totally what just you, happened. You said you right. found yeah, it. You have it. There, it is. So, <laughs> so there you go. Here's the real one. I just watch. That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's really funny. That couldn't have gone better, actually. <laughs> yeah, I agree entirely. That was great. All right, are we queued up at zero? Yeah. Three, two, one, play. This has no audio. Do you have audio? Oh, oh, oh yeah, it's kicked on. Oh. I didn't watch this two-minute one. Yeah, I thought the two-and-a-half-minute commercial was augmented with all this commentary. Which, I was like, 30 seconds, that's the real one. Yeah, the one I saw on oh. Twitter was just, a, I guess, a 30-second clip of this. Yeah, no, this is actually... Oh, shit. Oh, this is awful. I hate this so much. Are they going to say anything? Notice, not with words, notice, Woody. Not with words. As it's going on, notice how painfully enforced the diversity is. Yes, indeed. How ham-hammed it. The peace signs and the Muslim girl. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't look peaceful. She doesn't oh, look peaceful got, at all. She just got angry. She just started wrecking. She's like, "Fuck photography. I'm gonna, I'm gonna enact some change." Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling thirsty too, though. Oh, I see. She didn't like the pictures in front of her, so she's gonna go take some real pictures. Yeah, because that's what this girl does. She goes and takes pictures of her diverse friends dancing in the street with cops. It's the middle of the day. Where are, where are these people have jobs? <laughs> yeah, none of these people have jobs. Actually, Nobody has time for a midday parade. I don't find this commercial offensive at all. Like, it's if anything, offensive. it's kind That's of offensively non-offensive. Like with the diversity and the smiles and the the well-dressed people, and it it's. To be honest, I don't know why why are people mad about this. It's a very dumb commercial, but I don't see any controversy. Oh, oh. takes that wig off. 
Muslims are mad I about it. Someone in was forcing her to wear. Cool, a lot of points. The Muslim man. Yeah, put the Muslim girl again. Put her up. Put her like the black guy. The blonde wig. Kyle, I'm not getting what you're saying. Can yeah, you're breaking up. Oh, now here she is, giving the giving the Pepsi to the cop. Oh. And the Muslim girls all all too happy to take a picture. He just he just drinks from this open can handed to him by a protester. Actually, pretty terrible policing. <laughs> I, I wouldn't yeah, do that. This is like, I think it's it's funny. This commercial yeah. at, at like the response, like it's uncomfortable to watch because it's so ham-handed and how much it's pandering, you know. Yeah. Like it's it, 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 but it's funny to watch because it, the people at Pepsi, they had a whole marketing meeting and everything set up, and they were like, we need to make this so that not a single person can be offended. <laughs> we need to bring up. The diversity matrix. All right, what do we need to do? We need black guy. We need Muslim girl. We need Asian guy. We need white guy. No, 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 no white guy there. Get that fuck out. We've got all no white cops. No more white guys. How do we cast the cops? Uh, get seven mean-looking white guys. All right, there you go. Perfect. And then we get uh, put this dancing hippie white guy in there, and then another black guy, black guy, Muslim girl. This and it like it was so I, intentionally there, and ham-handedly. Enforced in there that they the person making that had to think that everybody watching it is just a complete dunce He's gonna be like well this I guess everybody likes Pepsi I guess we may disagree on a lot of things but at the end of the day have a Pepsi am I right when we like, watched no. the first one with the Ugh. police beatings and such, yeah, yeah. I was like this is edgier than I expected actually yeah, yeah. I thought it was gonna be much ado about nothing and, I was going yeah. to say like that was ridiculous I was <laughs> I was really shocked and surprised. People were, were like being lightened up and pepper sprayed in the face. And I'm like, oh my god! At the end of, the, at the, end of the commercial, it's just a guy pouring Pepsi into his pepper sprayed eyes <laughs> and then holding a cold can of Pepsi against his, you know, beanbag bruised face. <laughs> uh, imagine oh, the millions, I, oh. the millions that they spend on this uh, commercial, and oh. now it's and now it's being pulled. But wait, at a minute is it 45, you've got the uh, the transsexual group. <laughs> Oh yeah, notice that there people was so much are acting like this. I miss something. This commercial is some days. sort of notice big that failure. they spend less time on the two transsexuals than on any other group. But the think about how much attention this commercial is getting. Right? Are they not getting a billion in free press? Nobody Could, likes Pepsi. Dude, Pepsi. Yeah. You I mean, live I like in Coke country. I'm, I'm drinking a diet Pepsi right now, but yeah. I have no idea how Pepsi percent of the soda market. Like Coca-Cola yeah. dominates. Pepsi, yeah. you know why new Coke got invented? Because Coke kept getting beat in the taste tests. People actually but, like I mean, Pepsi far, more. Like, I, I don't know. As far as the name goes, and the brand uh, recognition, it's a lot bigger for cola. Even in, like in the Middle East, where I live, and in Europe here as well, and America as well. So, I mean, cola is, is the king, no, no doubt. Yeah, I think I it is globally. Definitely, everybody. Like, there's more Coke drink globally than water. I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's true. So the follow-up to this story is that uh, seems MP like it wouldn't be. <laughs> that is what a requirement examination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't know these things. Uh, okay, then more beverages drank by the Coca-Cola product. Or, or no, goddamn it, because they make water. Keep going with it. Keep going. Be like, yeah. Even if you include the Animal Kingdom, Coke still wins. No, I'm doubling down. Lots of <laughs> Go Trump. Uh, this this ridiculous commercial, like it's it's funny because it's a commercial that tried so hard to pander to eat every one of these little 
groups that they perceive as like little special interest groups that these aren't individuals that just like soda. These are all people who are defined by this color of their skin and their genitals. And so we'll market to them as such. That's what everybody likes. And th those same people are all the same, like the SJW crowd that they were trying to appease so hard as the okay. same one that got that hated on it. Yeah, the you I, know? uh, the, not SJW, that's too extreme. It, the people they were trying to pander to ended up hating it. Well, the and people that they're trying to pander to like to be offended. So, shockingly, they got offended. That's true as well. But, I mean, I don't, it's just, even I, I, have, I don't care about it, but I think it's a bad commercial. You know, it's just a stupid commercial. I can't believe they aired that. Like, why would you think, like, oh, yeah, we're going to co-opt this thing about protests, which is really edgy right now, and, and people have stances on it, and we're going to make it about our sugary soft drink. Like, like there's most no, commercials there's no are bad, and this one doesn't stand out to me at all. This is a commercial I ignore, like most of the others. It stands out to me as uncomfortable because anytime I don't like any commercial where a regular commodity makes people start dancing around because I feel like it, it's insulting to me. Like, like when people dance around with a Swiffer wet jet, I want to vomit. <laughs> I like a good musical in my commercials, though. Like, I'm, no, I'm on the other team on this one. <laughs> you're getting yeah. fingernails and dog hair out from under your, your goddamn fridge. Stop dancing around uh, like it's so easy on your back. Not you me. Not me. Are you selling some, like, you know, sponges for your oven top? Get the cast of Glee in here. You know? <laughs> I don't like that at all. <laughs> I, I, like a for, like, I need a sponge. <laughs> I like a musical bug spray commercial, because I enjoy that. You know, if I get, yeah, to, I get right? to kill a bunch of stuff with the bug spray. That's, that's always fun when, when there's, like, you find the problem, right? Whatever it is. Maybe it's a whole nest of spiders that just have hatched out, and there's, like, a web that's, like, full of little baby spiders everywhere. right out of my yeah. hair. I'm gonna You'll see, like, a me. big wasp nest or whatever it is, and you're like, uh-huh, I have a can with your fucking picture on it. Mm -hmm. I'll be right back. <laughs> if you've got that can with his picture on it, it's the, it's the end of the fucking Remarkably day. effective. Oh, so good. I like you it when you just work. wound them. Like, like maybe I miss them. I hit the window, and then they yeah. touch the window that I sprayed. Now all of a sudden, they're like, "Oh my god, I'm half the yeah. bug I used to they're be." All fucked up. Yeah, I like yeah. that part. Uh, I think you can also use like just soap and water mixed together and spray their nest, and ah, somehow it creates like a soapy geez. coat on them. Oh, bees! The wasp. Ah, uh, you can't fuck with the wasp. Well, you're not supposed to kill it. bees, are you? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you're not supposed to. <laughs> they make the honey and they pollinate the crops and such. But, but you know, the wasps, those are the problem. And there's plenty of other cooler things they use against them. Uh, they probably make something else that's really good. <laughs> they probably make something <laughs> shitty. It seems like wasps would make, like, black peppers or something. <laughs> no, I'm the person <laughs> I find out. Yeah, I mean, I'm no farmer, but I bet wasps make pepper. <laughs> I mean, I know, Ahmed, probably you have, you've probably killed some of those camel spiders that everybody on the internet seems to think are giant, and I had my whole world shattered when my friend who was a soldier told me, like, oh, not at all. That's forced perspective. It's not that I big. Have, and I'm like, don't you lie to me. I have like, not killed a spider, but I have killed a snake. I was hoping you were going to say a camel. <laughs> <laughs> I have not killed yeah. a camel yeah. spider, but they killed a camel. I have rode a camel and an elephant. Kyle, but, have you uh, ridden a camel? I've ridden what? a camel and elephant. When, yeah. when did you kill a snake? Was it in? Was it just like was it attacking yeah. you? It was around the time where the earlier stories took place, so in 2005 mm -hmm. or something. Uh, a snake was just uh, uh, lurking around in our garden, and uh, and my mother saw it once, and she was like really afraid. Ran inside, and she told us about it. No one saw it. So two days later, same snake sneaks up uh, in in our kitchen, which uh, our house was a house let's just put it that way and 
so it was pretty open and it like uh, these kind of things would easily could sneak in from underneath the doors so uh, that was uh, that was a problem from small little insects and stuff but when a snake snuck in that was a real big deal in our house so everyone's panicking and stuff and i'm like oh my god i'm really scared shitless right now because we have no idea what kind of snake it is we don't know anything about snakes so uh i just uh, pick up my uh, shoe that i was wearing and I start throwing it at it and she, it was it would move like one feet one meter away and then uh, it would just come back and start uh, doing her thing uh, in the corner so eventually i pick up a knife from the kitchen and my mother starts giving me not that knife not that knife <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite knife so anyway i just throw the same knife at the at the at the at the snake, snake and i hit it right in the middle of its body so uh yeah wow. it was really well well throw it's, it, <laughs> i was really surprised by my throw <laughs> anyway so i injure it and uh, and it start like doing her thing and moving really fast here and there and eventually it just panicking dies. yeah for a yeah, split I, second when you threw that knife and it instantly like killed the fucking snake did you did you consider maybe i Am I a goddamn superhero? Should I be walking the streets of Iraq every night with like a bandolier I, of blades attached? Am, I, just... am <laughs> I Steven Seagal? That's, that was exactly. what I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, at the moment I was like, oh my god, that was badass. And the snake started moving still. Uh, it still was moving. So I was like, oh my god, that, that was fail. And uh, I threw another shoe at it. It was still moving, but after a few minutes, it just died. We had a I snake in my backyard. Kind of and it, it was pretty. <laughs> Sorry? What kind of snake did it end up being? Like, would it have messed you up if you, you bit you, or did you just throw it away? An ass. I, I have no idea. What color? Just, Let me tell my snake story. It was black, but I no, not black, but a bit gray to black. So I put a few uh, garbage bags on my hand, like 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 gloves, and then picked it up and threw it uh, in the streets in the middle of uh, the mud and water that was dominating <laughs> our streets. <laughs> that was, that was man. It seems like snake proofing your doors is like that, that would be high on my list. Yeah, like, not in Iraq's engineers list. Uh, they uh, <laughs> they didn't think about these kind of they, things. They don't mind snakes. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're no. in my backyard building like a swing set for my kids. And I've got like a, a friend or two over, you know, constructing it. And uh, the snake in the backyard is black and it's like, I don't know, four or five feet long. Like it was a good sized snake. And someone points it out. And I don't know snakes. Like I don't know anything about them. But I'm like, you know, what do we do here? Like, you know, should I kill it? Should I not kill it? Like, is it, is it keeping the mice away? And he's like, well, if my kids were playing in this backyard, I'd kill the snake. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. And I had a shovel nearby, and I kind of used it as a spear. Instantly, I cut off its head. Like, it, you know, it just went right through it. It was no trouble. It wiggled around a bit, but clearly it had been decapitated. And the same guy, like, he gets up and takes a closer look at the snake and goes, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, no, no, that one was fine. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, yeah. now I'm a murderer. So. Yeah. My uh, my grandpa, he was walking with my my younger brother in the woods. This is when we were both much much younger. Like he was probably seven or something, and you, they're walking through the woods at my grandparents' farm, and there was a coiled up rattlesnake there. And my grandpa saw it and was like, "Hey, look at that snake right there! Look at that snake!" And as my brother was looking at it, just kind of it's not not like getting closer, being stupid or something, just kind of like doing that child inquisitive, like what is this new creature? Like I've never seen this before, like 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 filling in paradigms and archetypes. And then right as he was doing that, my grandpa had quietly like lifted his shotgun up, and he just boom, just blew the entire center of where the snake was coiled oh, into oblivion. And, yeah. Like and my brother just started crying and crying. <laughs> 
my grandpa was like, well, shit, it would have bit you before, as soon as you walked over there. Like, just, <laughs> like yeah, it would have. Like, that's a good thing. He did a, he, that's not even the last time he killed an animal in front of us. He, uh, he skinned but, a raccoon in front of us once. Uh, he tied, uh, there was a tree in the backyard and he caught a raccoon. And I don't know why he skinned it, but he tied it by its tail up to like the, uh, the branch. You know, I'm sure Kyle's seen this done. And then basically you take, your knife and you cut around the skin of the the tail and then you reach in with your fingers and like you're pulling the plastic off of a new piece of electronics you just all the way down and i can say it's still the image is still in my head sitting on the porch looking at that totally skinned raccoon with its entire body of skin just hanging like a coat that it almost took off just from its arms and being like man this is this is real shit right here (laughs) see the raccoon i'm kind of on board with but the snake that's just not good grandparenting right definitely what a good grandparent no okay a good thing to say would be oh there's a rattlesnake stand behind me right and then you kill the rattlesnake and and the kids are like i remember that time grandpa saved me not hey taylor's brother go check out that snake and like off guard kill it (laughs) Go go make friends and then like sniped it out from under him. It's like yeah. it was to the side and behind him, so it was safe. It was just or to the side at least. But it was <laughs> I don't know. It's it it was funny. That raccoon though, man, I can still picture that. I thought we were gonna eat it and that creeped me out. And then I was like, oh, oh thank God raccoon isn't a meat that you eat. It's probably lean people, and no, no no people eat it. They 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 definitely fucking eat it. Richard Christie tells the story about his he, he's a, he's a stern writer. Uh, he tells the story about his dad back in Kansas and, and like he like he eats roadkill for one thing if it's fresh, but but one of the things that he used to always do is I guess the black people in that area ate raccoon, and so he would go and get raccoon and then and sell the raccoon meat to them. And they were like, so he skins the raccoons and he just shows up with like a cooler full of raccoon meat and they buy it. He's like, well, no, but it, you leave the skin on that way they know it's a real raccoon and not a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. So that's a problem in their lives? Counterfeit raccoon meat? <laughs> <laughs> so, I just imagine like a black eye or God damn it, Maisie, you got tricked again. That's a cat. That ain't no coon. Like, I'm not like, eating cat meat and tacos again. <laughs> <laughs> I won't pretend it's the same. I've lowered myself to raccoon meat. I'll go not a step lower. <laughs> what if it actually is really good? No, like, it's, what if it's not. He said it tasted okay. He said it tasted like uh, barbecue. He he, described, he told another story where like his mom prepared like this barbecued raccoon, and then this other lady's over there like, oh, this rac- this this barbecue is so good. She's like munching this big sandwich of it up, and she's like, like, what is it? You know, she thinks it's pork or is it beef or what is this? It's chicken. He's like, it's raccoon, and everybody's just ah ah because nobody wants to eat raccoon. Like they, I wouldn't want to. Ahmed, would you eat a raccoon? I would not. I would not. I have I no idea. I, all I the animals really are the same to me. About eating. Like, I don't eat anything. I'm not. Sorry? Are you familiar with the raccoon? I don't know if they exist. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what a raccoon is, but uh, I've never seen one uh, outside of a zoo. If that's my, my friend Kitty, she didn't know what a skunk was. Oh, um, my God. She didn't know. Like, 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 so, did like, no. And she, and she certainly didn't know like what a skunk did. She, did, she didn't associate the smell of skunk with skunks. So yeah. when her dog gets sprayed with a skunk, she's like, oh, no, what's happened to Moppy? She's foaming at the mouth. <laughs> I'm like, hang on, I'll be right there. And she opens my bedroom door without me, like, and the dog just runs into my room and jumps in bed with me, foaming at the mouth and covered in skunk spray. And she's like, 
fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next couple. Oh, they're all gone. And scrubbing. That coats the goddamn walls. You've got to take like soapy towels and scrub your goddamn walls after um, that happens. Oh, I've shit. never, I've never smelled that, but uh, I've always heard about it. But uh, I don't know. That sounds brutal. You can smell them on it's the road just driving by. Like if if uh, there was a skunk that sprayed anywhere near a road, it, and it's not just like a two second like oh, no. it's like for a while you're like, like did somebody miles. fart. And then it becomes like, not did two someone miles. fart? It's like this is way too intense yeah. for a fart. Like, oh goddamn, fucking skunk! Two miles is oh. not an exaggeration. Like, if there's a roadkill skunk, yeah, like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Holy shit! I never knew. If you get sprayed by a skunk, it's not like well, I guess we're taking another shower this morning. It's like, <laughs> hey, yeah, you know those meetings scheduled next Friday? No, not gonna make it. I smell like shit. No, just trust me. Like, I'm not. <laughs> and there's make stuff it. to do. I don't like. You're supposed to bathe in. Um, Tomato, um, tomato, tomato juice. I was going to say V8. I knew it was wrong. But yeah, he's supposed to bathe in tomato juice. I guess that somehow neutralizes it. But I, I met a dog that had been bathed in tomato juice. Not totally neutralized. No, Very you don't totally though. neutralize it. I've, I've had it a bunch of times where our dogs would get sprayed. Uh, one, one time when I was like maybe 15 or so, my dad's dog is fighting with a skunk in some bushes. Like, like they're in a, they just, I don't know what they're doing, but you can hear them like the dogs going ape shit and this weasel is, is making noises and then, and, and you can smell it. So like I go into the, the, the bushes with a stick. It's a steel, a steel rod actually. And I get there, and they're, like, facing off against each other. And the dog's got, like, slobber and drool all over its face because I think the spray makes them foam with the mouth. And he's been shaking the thing. And the skunk's a little shaky. You can tell he's been shaking a few times. They're about the same size. And I was like, that skunk's not even not even looking at, at me. <laughs> and just fucking ended his ass, like, immediately before he could, like, spray me at all. But he had sprayed the dog, like, I don't know how many consecutive times, like, for five minutes or something I don't like even yeah, know how that. Yeah, he was like shooting blanks. Just <laughs> yeah, uh, like multiple sprays. It's, Is there it's, like it's a awful. refractory period? Like at, you know, after the second? No, spray it's or... like a, no. They're like women. They're just, <clears throat> just squirting all that like constantly. But at a certain it's point, shocking. There, there is that refractory period of it has to remake its skunk gland juice. You know? Yeah, and I so it, it, run like. Out. Maybe sure. like after five minutes of continuous spray, it's gotta be like, all right, this is unbelievable, but you're gonna smell like shit forever. <laughs> but uh, man, stink a long time. Did ah. you see that news story about the fake Miami Dolphins player? No, no. Ooh. Well, what allow me it? to share you with. Share is that hockey, Miami Dolphins? Uh, yeah, no, it's Miami Dolphins is football. American NFL. football. Oh, football, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> So this guy, and I'll and I'll share it with the, uh, with the stream. <laughs> oh, that is fucking hilarious! <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know how I felt about this. So look, fake Miami Dolphins players scams women into sleeping with him for three years. Dude, comma gets caught. Is look the, is look at this. I made history by running a 3-0 in the 20-yard shovel, fastest NFL t combine ever. Whatever this pictures, it's like just deliberately like. Blurred. Thick masks and blurs and things like that. It, it, oh, he never shows his number, right? He's just like, hey, this is me playing for the for the Dolphins this weekend. It looks but, like there's three numbers on the back of that guy who's running, if you look. Um, there's which three numbers. are you looking at? On oh, the yeah. First one, for a combine, down. though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for a combine. Yeah, that... Yeah, oh, go down is... a bit. Look at picture number four. It, it says Maserati. Rick oh, he's got a, a special filter on there to make it like the contract. And, and the totally... angle, like there's no number on it. I think they typically no, maybe not. I was gonna say they had 
numbers in the deltoid. But yeah, these like group photos. You don't know which one is him. This guy's just been brilliantly <laughs> faking playing for Miami for like three years. And he got all these women to fuck him for it. All this late? Yeah. But and at first I was like, oh, what an asshole. But then I was like, wait a minute. His only victims were gold digging whores. <laughs> and right? they look it. This, they look it. Throw it to the women. Yeah, 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 I see it. Oh my this god. This one is brilliant. It's just a picture that's probably from like Getty Images or something. Which number is it? Their number. A, it's the one of the Dolphins Huddle. Uh, if there's a, a number, just of, look right above it. Uh, number six, probably. Uh, six, six. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, number six. It's just a big Getty Images photo of <laughs> a bunch of Dolphins players. It, these could, this could be a huddle from years ago. <laughs> could be. Years, years, years ago. And he just says. In the huddle with, you know, go fins in the most ridiculous thing. And it's like, this is this a perfect picture of the post. Because it's like, which one is he? Most of their <laughs> names aren't showing. And and they got, like, visors on, so you can't see their face. Wow, what, I'm sure he's there. Like, <laughs> yeah. That guy ran the best trick. fucking scam. And the fact that it wasn't, like, constantly getting called out meant that he was doing it well. He was doing it well. And you know what he's going to do now, now that the Chive or whoever's called him out, whatever's happened to him, he's going into free agency. <laughs> <laughs> he's, moving, he's moving to a city near you folks. The <laughs> Buffalo <laughs> might pick him up. The <laughs> Niners, perhaps. They just had a down year. Hey, maybe the Falcons could use some help in their secondary. This man can help. <laughs> <laughs> so excited to be a member of one of the first new squads for the hashtag LA Rams. <laughs> Starting off on the practice squad, but I know I can work my way up. Hashtag hard work. Look at you picture know, number three. Like the, he's posing that as him signing his contract with the Dolphins, right? <laughs> it's just like yeah. there's a strong black guy. It could be me. Filter the hell out of it. You don't know. And he's like, hey, put, put the filter on that makes the black guy in the photo look like he's just a couple stripes of red ink and the rest is just background. Yeah, make like, me look pick, like pick the background filter that makes it as difficult as possible to see everyone in the picture. I want to appear like dark energy appears on radio <laughs> telescopes. <laughs> I want to, this is me signing my contract in UV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a <laughs> infrared one later. So, so more is he a bad guy Hashtag for pulling this scam? Or is he kind of like the predator where his only victims are bad people? Um, uh, he, he's, a, he's a bad person. He's a bad person and the people he's scamming are probably not great people, but they should know better than to... They, like, if, you're, if you think you're going out with a professional athlete, like you think you'd ask a couple qualifying questions, right? Like, man, what's it like being on the Washington Capitals or the Miami Dolphins? Oh, it's great, you know, not a lot of free time. Yeah, I noticed that. It's in the middle of the week, and, and there's a game on, on Sunday, and you're having dinner with me on Friday. I, are, you're not a Dolphins player, are you? I am not. Okay. Just to like, no, no I, I don't think chicks, chicks don't ask questions like that. I feel like, like it would just be established. It would be a thing, and like you, they, they just they believe want, it. They want to believe it, of course. And there's, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And, and, and there's just, you know, you'd need something – Really, like they're unfamiliar with the ins and outs of the NFL and what an NFL player would do and, and should do and, and all that stuff. Like, we could spot this forgery, I think, because we've all watched a couple of NFL games at least and we know a little bit about the NFL and like, and, and about social media. And we can all look at this guy and he doesn't look like an NFL player, from being like 100% honest. Like, he looks a little chunky. And he certainly didn't run in a 3-0 in the 40, but, right? Or, is that what he said? NFL he players said can look like that. I just feel like I get his name and then Google it. 
And it wouldn't take long before he was like, oh, my name is, you know, Johnny Williams. Even the smallest AAA ball players, like, you, you know, like when you get followed by somebody on Twitter, like, like notifies you. And like some guy like Pete Jimmy John will follow me and I'll be like, who the fuck is that? And I'll Google it real quick and I'll be like, oh, OK. He plays like AAA ball for like the Yankees or something like that. Like, hmm. like it's easy to Google these people down. But yeah. They do it. I mean, I don't know. Three years is a long time. He did it for three years. That's pretty amazing. Oh, he's that still going to do it. It's not over. It's not like he got called out on <laughs> CNN. He got called out on the yeah. fucking chai. Which, yeah, I, well, I found it on Reddit, too. but I, I just feel like he's, the, the stroke of brilliance here was targeting the bimbo market. You can fool them for years and years and years, and they'll never catch yeah. on. They're playing the same <laughs> game, too. You'd think they'd catch on. Mm. <laughs> he plays it true. better. Man, that is pretty funny, though. Oh. Like, why would you not just Google him? Or at least like look it up on ESPN.com. Right, that's like, the thing. All God, you need is his God, name. Come on. Girls are not going to do that. Don't come care on. about how many blocks he got last year. Yeah. About how much paid. Who cares about that? Yeah. That's probably Googleable as well. Yeah. Now that's yeah. what I do. If I if let's just say sports cap whatever. You know, if, if a female athlete were going to potentially fucking date me, I'd be like, how much does bitch make? Oh, shit, yes. All right, we've done it. <laughs> okay, well, if it's a female athlete, Jackpot. you're going to be like, wow, how much does it pay to be in the WNBA? You owe them money. That's, <laughs> that's unreal. You have to pay for your own jerseys. That's ridiculous. I'm which, so sorry. And the electrical? <laughs> which female sports Bring your do you own actually ball? like BYOB watching? In the WNBA? Oh, watching? Uh, well, MMA. MMA, I, tennis. MMA, is that the tennis. whole list? I, I don't like watching tennis. I was going to say, though, if you're going to pick a chick from a sport to like hook up with or marry or whatever. Well, or even like where, where are female sport. sports maybe on the same tier as the men? We're I mean, close to None it. of them at all. None of well, them. I don't mean in competition, I don't, but I don't, in interest. I don't like watching men play tennis at either. Yeah, chess. I think chess. You can argue chess. Uh, chess, they have separate women's divisions too, which is... Yeah, I know. Well, I'm uh, not trying to say they're uh, even it would in be talent. Arguable that women could hang out with the... Uh, yeah. I, I, what I'm yeah. saying is where, where is there a sport where the interest in the women's sport is in the same general None. vicinity as the man. MMA. Oh. Among us or among among the planet? You know, if, if it's me, the I'm, planet. I'm mildly interested in in women's uh, beach volleyball whenever that comes Ooh, on. That's a yeah. good one. Yep, yep. No, no, no. But let's be let's be real. You like that? Like if they were wearing full suits and like I'd a top it. hat out there, like you wouldn't watch it. Like no. you're not watching, being like, man, look at that play. You're watching, going, look at that ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On a strong point, Kyle. I'll also add women's pole vault to the list. All of the sports where they don't have to wear much. Well, I mean, I don't know. Women's running. I, I like women's swimming. Oh, women's running is great when they stretch out before and their oh, fucking that's... hamstrings look like... <laughs> no, no, that's we're not missing running. the point. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I want massage those hamstrings so bad like it's a coconut oil and just I want to be your grease boy. That's what I want. Honestly, like, I want to be I want to be an Olympic runner's <laughs> grease boy. <laughs> I want I want her to be like, Grease boy, I'm getting dry. And I want to fucking be running with that bucket of lard or whatever I've put in it and just fucking... Coconut oil. Yeah, I that can't eat it, so rub it on me. Listening in the sun. <sighs> yeah, I, yeah all, I think of all the sports that women play, as far as the uh, interest level being highest, it has to be MMA, at least if we're talking just about a US-centric thing. Because maybe in... I mean, I don't know... It, you being of the world, Ahmed, you follow soccer more, I'm sure. Is there, do people watch women's soccer? People, In, do, yeah, people do watch women's soccer. It's pretty popular, but uh, uh, I am not a very big soccer fan. 
I'm more of an NBA guy. Oh, I like okay. uh, I like basketball and I watch tennis sometimes, but soccer is like low on my list. Because I'm thinking is basketball about it. like the really popular sport there right now. Because basketball is growing like crazy in China too. In China, yeah, but in Iraq it never like uh, got more popular than it ever was. But it's always been there, you know. It's always one of the activities at school. So I was in a team and we won a championship uh, on the city level. That's awesome. So that- that was fun. It goes yeah. without saying, I assume, but not a lot of hockey in in the Middle East. No. <laughs> yeah. No. I've uh, I've never even heard about hockey before I moved to to Europe. So good. I didn't even know what <laughs> hockey was. <laughs> good. I think all women's sports are popular because the women are hot. Like I'm thinking about this. People don't watch women's tennis because the tennis itself is good. The, the man, the, the hundredth ranked man, would beat the top ranked woman, right? I think an interesting hundredth ranked one did but uh i think you got to look at if you look at gymnastics for example then you find a sport Mm, where where women have are talented in different areas and they're shaped in different ways and their strength is in lies in different places and so they compete in a very different way than men the men's gymnasts are, are sometimes showing off incredible strength especially core strength they throw in the rings and stuff like that but some of those female gymnasts are doing incredible things that I don't know if the men can do. And if they can do it, it won't look as good. And, and oftentimes that's part of the competition is how it looks. Um, so in, gym, in women's gymnastics, and I love women's gymnastics because they wear those fucking onesies and their ass are fucking hanging out. And, and the photographer, when they do the floor thing where they start on one corner of the floor and they like, take like four big steps and they start tumbling to the other corner, those photographers, every time the crotch – Axis rotates <laughs> toward them. They're like, <laughs> fucking camera off, fucking AK forty-seven. Got it. There's just, just camel toe and and just, just these are the most. Does it bother you that they're fourteen? I would say it doesn't. <laughs> just based on the way this Damn. is going, oh they're not God. all fourteen. There are some no, young ones, I'm sure. They're but not going to stay fourteen. Many, many, many. Uh, they, now the Chinese send in like those eight-year-old little kids and claim they're they're fucking adults and shit. But as far as the United States and most of the other countries go, they're just, just fucking hot. And they're like eighteen to twenty-four. That's kind of, seems like a real a good range that they're in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that really is the best example I mean, you could get have come up with. Drink. I, I, yeah, I want to say gymnastics. Like, if it comes to how good they are at the sport, I like women's MMA too. And you know, because I, I won't say they're as good as the guys, but they're so much better than regular people. That but it's entertaining. I, I would say this: yeah. a lot of the people watching M- MMA can't tell the talent difference between the women and the men, right? You know, yeah, like, that's true. Because <clears throat> you don't know what you're looking for really unless you know what you're looking for yeah, like if you're not familiar you... with the sport you're like okay this is two women beating the shit out of each other and after this i'm gonna watch two guys beat the shit out of each yeah, other yeah and the yeah. women match the men in heart typically they do. yeah yeah and women's mixed martial art arts just works in a way that i think women's boxing doesn't even work because of the nature of boxing there's a lot of padding there and it's just like hmm. the the caliber of woman it takes to use i think they use eight ounce gloves to hit another woman with eight ounce gloves and actually fucking knock her unconscious like that just doesn't really exist at least it doesn't exist in like high enough numbers that you can build a sport around it. But in MMA, there's several girls who, with those four ounce gloves, I presume. In, the, in the, MMA, yeah. What the women also wear four ounce gloves because you know in women's NBA, so. for example, fall smaller and such. I hear you. All right. Yeah. I, but but <laughs> in any case, in MMA, they knock each other the fuck out. They they break arms. They break they cut noses. Each they other. Beat they beat buddy. Yeah. yeah it, it's the competition is at the same level, whether the talent is or not. 
um, and, and in the WNBA, like you're just not seeing the same level of, of athleticism because it's against not only other players of the same caliber, but you know they got the, they got a fucking rim and they need a ball to lower the shit. rim or something, make it more look like the guys' game. Get them in there dunking or something. Give yeah. them a trampoline, whatever it takes. A trampoline. A trampoline. Remember idea that is sport? I do. do. You remember that sport? I think it might have been on Spike TV. It where it slam, slam ball. ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the most <laughs> ridiculous sport. It was a basketball court, folks that was littered with trampolines built into the floor with padding around them. And occasionally, yes, players would fall between the trampoline and the padding and either get injured or stuck. Don't forget like the boards. Just, there were hockey-like boards around the side and checking is legal. They are fucking getting elevated, all right? Like, like these guys are all like college athletes or something. Like they're not NBA talent, but these guys can play ball and they are just flying through the air. It, it, was, it was fun to watch. I'm going to get a slam ball video. All right, I got one. Did so aren't women better than men in figure skating and ice skating and that kind of stuff? I don't know. Uh, no. 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 Oh, really? Not no. at all. Uh, ice skating, definitely not. Like, oh. Women far, aren't the well, best. Like, like, uh, who's the best ballet dancer of all time? Think, right? It's going to be a one. You, you can only think of one name. Who's the only ballet dancer whose name you can even think of, right? Bar is, it, is it Barishnikov? Is that, is that the guy's name? Apparently not even one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Vershimnipov? <laughs> yeah, Vershimnikov. Alevnibev? Just throw a bunch of V's and O's. Vershimnikov. I've got Slam Ball on for the people. I just watched a huge check. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching some oh. Slam Ball right now with that I just linked to you guys. This is a sport yeah, that should have same. taken off. That This should be what the NBA is. <laughs> Oh my God! This is <laughs> no, it shouldn't. <laughs> it takes regular people and it makes them superheroes. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but imagine how dangerous this would be if it was a real professional sport where oh my they God. were getting the best of the best people. Because a couple of these guys just look like they're just here for fun. Like yeah. they they wouldn't make the cut if they started getting paid for this nonsense. Would, Not a lot of dribbling, I've noticed. <laughs> no, but when you described it, I thought like it was some kind of a joke or a game show. But this this looked like uh, sport, looks like bro. a real sport. This is yeah. amazing, <laughs> this dude! Is I want to watch more slam ball. Look at those layups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like how you can yeah, lay it up to yourself. <clears throat> Twenty feet dunk the dam. Uh, how, how, <laughs> how high is the rim? I think it's the same height. Oh, it must be. But, yeah, because they're 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 getting the ball up to like the top of the backboard. It's, yeah. it's a pretty silly sport. They're yeah. putting the ball like down into the uh, hoop when they. Oh, that was wow. a good check. I was yeah. I was going to say there there wouldn't be any defense played in this game, and then right at the right at that point, someone blocks out a shot. That was pretty yeah. nice. <laughs> I like all these sports like this. Whenever they try to come up with a new thing, you know, like, 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 do you remember like BattleBots? I liked fucking BattleBots. They go in there with the RC uh, robots and fight to the death. Oh, I was always so annoyed by that because there was a trend where the BattleBots basically, I, there was another show where they did it too on like the Science Channel or something where they put in all these robots that people like usually dads and their sons or something in some team makes and they have a weapon and all the ones that I'd want to win would have like cool ass pincers on the front to like grab you and then some saw would come out like right, 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 right at it or the cool one would like explode to like flip you over a bunch and always always the ones that won was some boring piece of shit just circular 
you know, clock shaped thing that had a couple of nubs and spun obscenely fast. <laughs> That's yeah. always what won because it's like, oh, what's, it gonna, what's the big pincer gonna do when he comes in against the the uh, top of Imhotep and he goes to squeeze and it's like, oh, oh, what do you think? What do you know? All the little frail appendages fell right apart <laughs> as soon as they touched it, almost like it was made in the garage and soldered by a 12-year-old. Like, oh my God, this is crazy. It's like, yeah, of course you just fucking won. Like, it was annoying. I didn't, did you agree, Kyle? You know what I mean? I liked it. I liked it. Um, but you you did get into like there were some stylistic matchups that just didn't work. Um, I always felt like the uh, the obstacle the the hazards on the course they had these hazards built in. Like there were some hammers that would come down and just continuously flaming and stuff. And there were flames. There were there were like lots of stuff. Like hazards, rollers saw blades that, that would went just really come quick. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw blades would just come up from the floor. I felt like those were not dangerous enough. I, mm. It didn't seem that like putting your opponent into one of those was really anything other than the crowd. It's never got a go, knockout Ooh. blow. Yeah. Nah, if, it, it wasn't. Much I too. made a like a robot. And someone and on the field that started getting sprayed by fire, you just be like, I made this out of metal. Like you told me I had to make this out of metal to enter the contest. Like I'm not worried about your fire. But the pit one, I remember being annoying sometimes because they would open the pit when it was behind one of them instead of just having it open. And then it's like, oh, well, you've opened a real Sarlacc pit for the pincer machine now <laughs> and for this top to, to knock him in. That was I, man, that was a fun show. I don't know exactly what they do, but I feel like we need the minds behind Slam Ball to hold a golf tournament and just see what happens. Did you hear the best golfer in the world uh, fell down the stairs today and might be out for the Masters? Oh no. I don't, I don't know who <laughs> I don't know who the best golfer in the world is. <laughs> I, don't I, don't, know. I don't I don't know shit about golf. I just saw it on Twitter earlier today and a bunch of people were freaking out because they like bet money on him, I guess. Like oh, he's the number no. one golfer in the world. <laughs> and it's so close to the masters being started and he fell downstairs at his own house apparently and might have injured himself. And it's like It's good funny because like, I couldn't care any less if it was if the Jimmy best. Fallon falls, let me know. If, okay, if it was I'll a women's interested. if it was the sixteenth best women's curler. I would care more. Oh, she <laughs> you know? cannot sweep tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, something about golf is phenomenally uninteresting to me. I just want to cruise golf. around golf courses on my paramotor and fuck with people. That's what I want. Yeah, they're gonna hit go balls well. at you. Ah, uh, they have to get some real elevation to make that work. I uh, yeah, it's it seems like I'm at a real disadvantage since all I want to do is give me a nine. Is... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it would seem like things could go terribly for me, but in my dreams, it goes great. If you got, if you had to golf right now, would you be able to go out there and be like, all right, I can, like, let's say, you know, Elon Musk calls you up and he's like, the way you've been steering that your paramotor videos, the way you're controlling that centripetal motion, it's giving me some good ideas for my tunnels or whatever the fuck you would say. <laughs> and then he's like, let's talk about it on a on a round of golf. And then, my tunnels. <laughs> my tunnels or whatever you would do. gotta have moving like, tunnels. Go on. <laughs> he sounds... takes you on a, uh, on a on a golf run, and you know you're gonna talk about it the whole time, like like presidents do. It's a nice golf course. You're gonna go out there mm -hmm. and do it. Would you be like, all right, I can bullshit through this, or would you about to take the first swing? And be like, oh my god, I I'm sorry, Mr. Musk. I'm actually too busy today. I gotta go. Like, dude, I so I've been to the drive. I've never played golf. I've been to the driving range and I've played mini golf. So I have like, like yeah. I know how bad I am. Um, when I watch people drive, I feel like I could do the motion. You know, like if I swing a baseball bat, right? People who play baseball will recognize me as someone who sucks at swinging. But people who don't will say, yeah. He swings a bat like everybody else, you know, like it, it's kind of a thing. 
somehow in golfing, I didn't do that. Like my follow through wasn't coming back up over my shoulder. It was kind of low. I, like, I was like somehow like a baseball that hit the ground and didn't finish right. And it would hook or loop or whatever the fuck it did. Keeping your left arm straight. We, uh, we got yeah. into, we started driving balls and then we got someone to help us drive the balls. And by the end, the only, I got pretty good at hitting them Ooh. straight and pretty fucking far, like, like, couple hundred yards or something mm -hmm. but the thing was that uh, that helped me was not trying to hit it hard at all like trying to hit yeah. it like 60 percent 70 percent just really focusing on on keeping the club face uh, uh closed and not not opening up and not not slicing it and just just hitting it straight and square and the club and the ball are so fucking advanced that like they kind of do the rest that's or at least most of it, it seems like golf that i don't it, it, apparently good golfers make good decisions and they often do things at 60%. They lay up and then make it in two shots rather than trying to make it in one and turn it into four or something like that. And, uh, but in every other sport, it's like, well, shit, if you don't push yourself, you'll never get to that level. But apparently in golf, you just make conservative decisions all the time. I'm told in golf, I would think it's more like, all right, this is a 500 yard hole and I can hit it. 400 yards because they're pros I, I guess that's that's probably a super super long drive i have no idea i, I can I, hit it 400 yards and maybe hit that sand trap that's right there or i think i'm gonna hit it 370 yards land it right there on the fairway and then knock it up i think that's what you kyle was describing more right yeah what, what i had I, I think like three the, the low 300s is pretty fucking far right like, like that's that's what the pros do isn't it? i, I yeah. don't know i i, I, I can Google. golf like enough that i won't be embarrassed when i go out but I'm not good. But I, I do the same thing you do, Kyle. Like, just go at like 50, 60 percent and try and get it to go straight instead of just trying to smash it and then having it hook. Most into pros some 280 other off the fairway. tee. 280. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, maybe I'm thinking of like what I was smashing yeah. in like Mario Golf. Then <laughs> sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I could make it through Wii Golf. Crushers. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> 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 I played Wii bowling. <laughs> there was a point where the Wii was like really interesting, right? Like everyone was excited about it. the Wii was the biggest selling console, all that stuff. And I went over to a friend's house and he had a Wii and we were doing Wii bowling, right? So I'm not a great bowler or anything, but I'm trying to be and I'm going and I'm switched, you know, turling the wrist, I'm doing the hook and, and it looks like I can bowl. And my friend would just take it, take the controller, bop it in his palm and take what he got. And like... I don't know. He finished like second out of four or something. Like, like he didn't give a fuck. He was just like, bap, eh, your turn. That that bothers me in games like Wii <laughs> stuff when people are like too cool for school and they're like, I'm not going to stand up and pretend I'm bowling for this bowling simulator game. I'm going to sit here smugly and wrap it against my wrist to show I'm above your games, people. <laughs> like, I don't like that. Like, when you're playing Wii Tennis and somebody's sitting down, I haven't played in so long, but that bothered me back when I did play it some when we first got a Wii in high school like just doing the ten i don't know i saw kyle your face turned a little bit too you that bothers you too right yeah People don't participate yeah i haven't done a lot of that when wings was here we got him that uh that fit we maybe as a wee fitness or something like that that's okay. one of the things that we uh spent spent that money on and uh i liked that thing uh and we all got up and did the thing you know you, it was i think there was a dancing thing and I don't know. We were. I don't even remember all the different games. But but now that I've got the the vibe, it's like that seems so old school. That seems so rudimentary when you can actually go into the world and and do all that stuff. I've got a game that. Um, yeah. 
you basically you listen to songs like you pick the song and the song starts playing and to the beat of the song and at the speed of the song these orange or blue orbs are flying at you faster and faster and you have to punch them and you have an orange hand and a blue hand you have to hit them you have to hit the right one with the right hand and so you're throwing like combinations and stuff it's i after a three or four minute song you're just <laughs> right yeah it's good though right you're getting your heart rate up it's oh, like yeah. when i got a ddr pad dance dance revolution for anybody who doesn't know when i was like i don't know 15 <coughs> and i started doing that every day just having fun with it like i, I started losing weight like Dude. just because i was having so much fun dancing on that goddamn machine and it was always one of those hobbies where it was like you're doing it to like some ridiculous song and it's like keep it up Step on or whatever fucking nonsense it would say as you're dancing. And it was in this like we had it in a room in our basement where like you couldn't hear people coming. And every time like a friend or a, like someone was coming over unexpectedly and they didn't know about the DDR room and they open the door, you have to do the same thing as like when you're masturbating. You're like, oh, oh who, who left this on? <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who could have been dancing in here? What, a, what, a, what an idiot. I'm not sweaty. You're sweaty. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're sweaty. <laughs> I did this. Oh, that was so much fun though. Team building event for Woodycraft where we like race go-karts or whatever. I've talked about it before. But one of the things I, we did, I took them to, it wasn't a day. David Busters. There's, I don't think there's a David Busters in Raleigh. It was like a cheesy version of it. And they had a DDR machine. And we're all going out there and we all suck and it's whatever. Somebody on my staff, I forget who it might have been Chiz, but I'm not positive, was actually good at it. And he was just shredding everybody else at DDR. It's like, ah, you, you've got talent. You know, doing the freaking double See, jumps. That's and when you go the endurance approach and you go, Chiz, I challenge you to DDR Seven songs from now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you did. <laughs> Maybe, uh, yeah. But it was just like, wait, like it was almost like he cheated. Like, no, no, no this is the not good at people league. What are you doing? You're not good at the, DD, the game league. But, I yeah. had a friend who was so into DDR that he built his own pad. <laughs> and built he, his own like, what? His own pad, like his oh. own dance pad. Like he saw that we had one and ours wasn't even like nice it was like not that much to, to get one at the time and he was like i don't i don't want to do that and now he's a computer programmer and so he went to home depot in a like circuit city and got ordered like printed out some like paper pads for the aero directionals and he made his own pad with like sensors to do we're like 15 at the time so it was really impressive that he did this and he got so into it he went from being 40 pounds overweight to maybe five pounds overweight over the course of a summer as like a 15 year old from doing that. Cause he had that bar on the back. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. yeah. Where, like, I never got to the bar level. Like I never danced so fucking hard that my body was a bus. <laughs> like, restricting they, you. Like, you have to like, become a marionette to dance as fast as is yeah. required. If you don't know anything about DDR, some of the songs are so impossibly fast that gravity isn't fast enough for when you lift your foot up to have to like put it back down exactly. again. Like you have to be able to like, forcing your feet down to like hit it and so you get to hold on to a bar behind you and then just go up with your feet moving around like a like a wizard and at like that an point irish it's more dancer. just like, exactly like a, like your irish dancing and he would do that and it would always draw a crowd at every arcade we would go to and i would never went to any arcades but i'd go to movies with them and their movie theater always hadn't like an arcade and so he'd always like bamboozle me into getting to movies like 40 minutes early so i could sit there and like basically watch him as a huge crowd of people <laughs> congregate. and it was funny to, be, to watch people be like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like like at some like the, the younger people like our age would be like 
man, that's like someone would be like, that's really cool. Like, oh, I've, I've played this. But like any anyone who's a little bit older and adult, would be like, oh, what, what's happening? What's <laughs> happening to the This isn't music. And that's not dancing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> guitar Hero does that too. Like if, if you see someone who's good at Guitar Hero and like the, the things come so fast, it's all going, like you can hardly comprehend it. And I got, let, let's say there's a level above good, right? So you can be great at Guitar Hero. I got good at it. You know, I could beat this, I think every song on hard, but only some of them on expert. And, uh, but people who could really rock it and finish like the hardest fire and flames, that like, I remember, I think I saw it on Reddit or Dig or something. It's like parents are finally impressed by our video game skills because that game looks impossible to the uninitiated. It really does. Like, it gets so stressful so quick because you get like one like, and you're just like, ah, well, all is lost. Like, I just, I just <laughs> yeah. Oh, or, or like you're crushing it and then somehow you lost your momentum and like you know, six or 12 things fall apart until you get back in the groove and now you're now you're just you know, battling whatever, the crowd booing you off the stage. Anyway, ad time? It is indeed. It is. I'm going to tell, tell everyone a bit about Dollar Shave Club. <clears throat> buying a razor is a lot like buying a car. To get smooth luxury quality, you have to pay a huge price, and you're mostly paying for splashy marketing and features you don't actually need. That's why I shave with dollarshaveclub.com. It's the smarter choice, luxury quality, at an economy price dollar shave clubs razors are amazing quality and uh they've got the shave tuck tech i actually need and none of the overpriced gimmicks that i never do i just saw an ad with a, from a razor uh, monopoly's newest razor have you seen this thing it's got 24 blades swivel pivot robo razor with a laser pointer ridiculous <laughs> every year they make a tiny change to the razor and then they try to convince us that it's a totally new razor and it's something we need to spend more money on but i'm done with it I'm done with it all thanks to dollar shave club 24 blades do they put some in sideways and shit? <laughs> like some like, of them are and they're yeah. sideways <laughs> carry on it's a phalanx of blades <laughs> if you haven't tried dollar shave club yet you're missing out and that and there's never been a better time to get them to give them a shot right now you can get your first month of any of their amazing razors for only a buck including free shipping and after that at just a few more bucks a month uh there's no long-term commitments no hidden fees and you can cancel anytime you want so Get your first month for just a buck at dollarshaveclub.com slash PKA. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash PKA. Yeah, those blades really are awesome um, because of, like, our sponsorship with the with them and because I, like, signed up for the blades a while back. And then my girlfriend signed up for the blades. So there's just a never-ending supply of those blades. I know every time I open the drawer, there's going to be a fresh new blade. And I uh, I really do like them. They're yeah, we're, we're genuine customers, too. Uh, that's what we use. Yeah. yeah, I remember when you guys had the the CEO of the Dollar Shave Club on the show. That was that was a good show. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was interesting. I, we had him on. I had a whole bunch of like prepared questions about business and stuff, and he yeah. it seemed like he pled the fifth the whole time. And then we went to like, "Am I an asshole?" And suddenly that was his wheelhouse. Like that's where he really <laughs> wanted to join in. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool episode. And uh, now a bit from Bowling Branch, who uh, Ooh, I've been sleeping on. Oh, they make the most uh, wonderful sheets in the world. Uh, I got these sheets, what has it been? I mean, it's been at least a week. Maybe, I have no, it's their been, sheets. It, yeah, we all do. I think it's been like two weeks maybe now that I'm sleeping on them. I love them. They are excellent. Uh, so let, let me tell you a bit about them. If you've ever stayed at a luxury suite or a five-star hotel and uh, you feel like you slept, excuse me, you feel like you could sleep forever. 
You know how good you feel in those sheets. I want to tell you about a great brand, Bowling Branch. Their sheets turn your bedroom into a luxury suite. You're never going to want to get out of bed again. Uh, what makes these sheets unique is that each one is fabricated from 100% organic cotton. That means Bowling Branch sheets not only feel incredible, but also look amazing. You're getting twice the comfort and style at half the price. You'll love these sheets. Try them for 30 nights and see for yourself. If you're not impressed, return them for a full refund. Anyone who sleeps on Bowling Branch sheets loves them. That's why they have, uh, <clears throat> they have thousands of five-star reviews. The New York Times, Forbes, and the Wall Street Journal rave about them. And even three U.S. presidents use uh, Bowling Branch sheets. Go to BowlingBranch.com today and you'll get $50 off your first set of sheets plus free shipping when you use promo code PKA. That's $50 off plus free shipping right now at B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Spelled, uh, yeah, B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Promo code PKA. $50 yeah, off is a serious coupon. It absolutely is when we're talking about these, uh, these wonderful sheets. I thought I had nice sheets before uh, I got my cool package from Bowling Branch. I did. I did have nice sheets, but now oh, we're on a new level. This is wonderful. <laughs> I've got my super fancy pillow. I've got my super fancy mattress. And now I've got these top quality five-star luxury linens just lacing everything. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. cool being a PKA host because like shit shows up at your door and it's like, did my wife order this or did Dr. Chiz order this? Like, I never know. Dr. Chiz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like sometimes stuff rolls in and, and I don't know everything I buy, but it, sometimes it's, you know, it's a... Uh, it sponsors stuff and it's cool. We had a terrible storm here like the last two days. Like it really, I wish I had a rain meter so I knew what had, what had fallen, but it felt like six inches in two days or something. Like, like there was a river running through my fucking yard and like down my driveway and then into an actual creek and then stuff's washed away. There's trees down. The internet went out for like a whole fucking day at one point. And then last night um, it started getting crazy and the, the lightning it's sort of like an explosion in my backyard, but the lightning was so close. And then I heard that tell-tell sound of of uh, hail falling. Tick, 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 tick. I was like, oh, fuck my car. And I'm like, <laughs> I, run out, I run outside, and I look, and, and it's just white, dime-sized balls of hail just falling oh, everywhere and bouncing. They're, they're hitting and bouncing, and some of them are, real, or some of them are smaller, but the big ones are dime-sized, and, and they're falling fast, so fast. It looks like they're just, they're just being dumped on us in buckets, and I'm just like... My garage has like cardboard boxes all in it that need to be thrown in the dumpster that I haven't, I need to flatten them all out, put them in the dumpster, but I haven't. So I'm out there like a human tornado, ripping boxes and throwing <laughs> them in every direction, making room for my car. And like I make just almost enough room. And then I just <laughs> fucking drive in there anyway, just push everything out of the way. And uh, none of the cars were hurt, it turned out. So it was all for naught, but it was really serious. I hadn't seen a storm like that in a while. Yeah, we got hail couple days ago as well not dime size though that's yeah rough really big hail I, sucks hail's really cool probably my favorite favorite form of, of precipitation, uh, precipitation hmm. when i'm inside and i'm home but when i'm not inside and home it's just stressful even it's though it's probably less dangerous than snow stones, stones coming out of the sky man yeah if, uh, you Last have seen hail, hail in iraq are pretty rough sometimes we get in the winter pretty rough you get hail in the winter i didn't even oh, know oh yeah oh yeah we don't get i think those so are mortar strikes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are be, rough they but we <laughs> yeah, get your hair of made of metal and very hot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the funny thing is we at the, in winter we get uh, we get a lot of hail and rain and in the summer we get a shit ton of uh, sandstorms which are ridiculous like uh, really hard to live through how long do they last and, 
Uh, the longest sandstorm I've experienced was about two weeks. Two weeks. So two what, weeks is that, what does that entail? Like blackout, like sandstorm. Yeah, it, it, it entails that basically there is no life outside of your house. There's no one outside. If uh, not for two weeks, uh, but maybe for for three or four days where, when it's heaviest. So there's basically nothing outside. No life. No shops. Nothing open. Because if you go outside, your your skin will be pierced by sand. I mean, it's that hardcore. You just oh, get yeah, sandblasted. Oh, yeah, you can look it up. The Negev sandstorms are ridiculous, like where I lived, because it's basically adjacent to the desert in Saudi Arabia, because that's the south of Iraq. So if you type Negev sandstorms, they are ridiculous. And uh, so, yeah, I've been through a few of those. Man, that sucks. That's a natural event I didn't even consider, sandstorms. Yeah, sandstorms are ridiculous there, because of the desert, and there's a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of wind in, at the time of the year, so basically it translates to a lot of sandstorms. Do they come in just unexpectedly? Like, oh, I guess it's a sandstorm time. Yeah, it, it, really, out of nowhere. You mentioned that you learned a lot of English off the start from watching TV shows and movies and stuff. Was yeah. there anything that was lost in translation that you figured out later where you're like, oh, I shouldn't be saying things like that, or oh, that doesn't mean at all what I thought it did. Because it seems like, like I imagine if I had to learn French from French movies, <laughs> I would say things at, off the start, at least, in very odd ways that French people would be like, what when God's, it's, this isn't just a screenplay. Just be quoting Pepe Le Pew all the time. I've had that a lot, especially with English, because uh, as you said, I learned it from movies and TV shows and stuff. But later on, I started picking up books that were translated or maybe had a side of English or something. And I started after accessing the internet in 2007 for the first time. Well, that was a whole nother world to explore. So I started reading that, uh, a lot there, posting on forums and stuff in English and Arabic. So that helped a lot as well. I like to think but you yeah. use stuff like yippee kaye motherfucker in everyday language. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, you know, <laughs> you guys, guys want to exactly go to that? Chipotle? yippee kaye yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From my teenage days, uh, like uh, 2003, 2004, I had a PlayStation 2, and I used to play uh, Grand Theft Auto and uh, Mortal Kombat and that kind of games. I uh, also used to play a siphon filter game. Maybe you've heard of it. PlayStation 2 game, fantastic game. Anyway, so uh, I was uh, at a level where there was something going on in a closed room. And there was a whole thing going on. I basically couldn't progress in the level because I couldn't understand uh, much of the, what say or what the mission was. So I just go around, go around. Uh, apparently, I found a few Easter eggs about two people having sex in a room. And I had no idea what was going on. So 10 years later, <laughs> I, I don't know how in the hell I came across it. But I was on the internet looking up Siphon Filter. And I see some video on YouTube about that exact scene. And it hits me immediately. I'm like, oh, my God, this is it. So I click on it, and it's apparently two people having sex and saying some ridiculous uh, things. Basically, some S&M shit going on. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous because I was, like, 13, and I had no idea what was going on. My mother was sitting next to me. That is a lot of patience to be like, oh, man, I want to play this game, but I can't read all of the instructions they're giving me. I guess I'll just figure it out. Like, I, if so much of games are in English and they're like, oh, you need to go find the Ruby of Mystery if you're looking yep. to find this side quest chest of treasure. And I'm like, ah, no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't have to do that. Off like, the, oh, off that the top tough. of my head, like, I remember Siphon Filter. Uh, 
I remember, uh, what was it? Well, Grand Theft Auto, I mean, you just could go on a rampage. But a few games, oh, Hitman, I wouldn't say Hitman 1 and 2. I remember uh, specifically getting stuck on the first level because I had no idea how, what, I was go uh, what I had to do. I had to assassinate someone in a particular way and basically couldn't read English, so that was that. So basically every time I boot up the game, wait half an hour for the game to boot up on the PlayStation 1 or 2 and then uh, just uh, do the same thing, kill a few guys in the same level and then turn off the game. That's why Crash Bandicoot was my favorite game because it was so uh, easy. You don't, you didn't need to do anything. You just run, crash stuff, and finish the level. That was fun. That was a great game. Yeah. When uh, so when you were when you first started watching American movies and TV shows and such, had you been watching American media for a long time at that point, or was that more when you first started? And before that, you'd watch just more regional entertainment and such. I'm just trying to get a peg of like you really. That's right where you started learning English, and you didn't have any exposure to American media before you started buying those DVDs, because you didn't have internet, I guess. Yeah, because uh, DVDs was was my gateway, and I remember like uh, uh, I used to buy Lost and Prison Break, and uh, all every season that comes out, they would immediately download it via torrent and burn it on thousand CDs or DVDs, and then they start selling them really cheap. So I would always, uh, I actually have like a thousand DVD behind me in a, in a closet. I brought them with me to the Netherlands, so I have them here. It's ridiculous. Wow. Like if I show you my collection, you'll be impressed. Like it's, it's a shit ton of DVDs. Anyway, so yeah, that's uh, the beginning of my learning English. That was my gateway. Like, Is it something, shows? was watching the American shows, is that something that was totally fine? at the time where everybody's like, oh, yeah, I, I like 24, too. Or was it something where some people would be <laughs> like, oh, what are you doing watching a, an American show, asshole? Or was there any of that or more just, yeah, no, watch I what mean, you like? Uh, yeah, you're mistaking Iran because in Iran that you would get that look. In Iraq, they would be sold in shops just normally. Uh, no one, even like the militia, the insurgents, they didn't care about it. Like TV I've heard shows the Simpsons. The Simpsons is how a lot of people around the world apparently learn English. I think that's recently been overtaken uh, by Friends as, you know, the sitcom or the, the, is the program of, people yeah. use to learn. I also watch Friends, yes. I, that, oh, was, that was also one wanna... of the things that they taught me. <laughs> what, if, what if you pick Seinfeld instead and you just become a total narcissistic I, 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 I also picked up uh, Seinfeld. I was also, <laughs> I, I've watched pretty much everything. Like, uh, at that time, I always bought, like, I still have Seinfeld and Friends. So, of course, uh, things are classics. I, I wish everybody was learning English with Seinfeld instead me. of Friends. It doesn't impact me at all, <laughs> but I wish I knew that was the fact out there, you know, because it's just so yeah. much funnier. Yeah. I have AMA yeah. questions, and I like this Ooh. one because it, it's it's kind of it works for everybody, I guess. It says, "What are you currently fixated on? What is the what is the current thing you were fixated on?" That's the question. Good um, question. Right now. Besides the uh, like the ancient civilization stuff with that Graham Hancock guy, because I'm still reading uh, Magicians of the Gods. I'm most of the way through it now. I'm super fucking fascinated by that, and I, I buy into that completely. With the you know, the <laughs> civil civilization just has rebooted. I, I just believe it now because there's so much goddamn evidence. And I think that if anyone listening like looks into Graham Hancock and his and his books and his theories and his speeches on Rogan, you'll you'll probably agree. It it, it just seems seems like it happened. So I'm Can really I ask fixated. A question that. about it? Yeah. Uh, how advanced was the civilization that got rebooted, right? Like, we're not claiming they also landed on the moon. Like, how far did they no. get? No, nobody's claiming that. What they, what they always do is um, they, they say these they, they were definitely capable of those megalithic structures because that's all that's left behind. So that's all that we know 
that they were capable of. If they made anything out of aluminum, for example, it would have just returned to the earth by this amount of time. It would have, if they made anything out of steel, it'd been gone too. Um, but but, but it's evidence, not, right? Like like if, if New York City was just, let's say you give it 6,000 years to just deteriorate and turn down to earth and get overgrown with forest or whatever, I think there'd still be a lot of easily found they're like Ooh, there, there, was a there city would still here. be a ton of stuff i think Lots the point of, of the guy that that kyle's talking about is more like we get up to a point of like still very low tech like stone working and shit and then it's wiped off like we've never made it to like uh you know combining Cars. metal types and making you know no uh, they there doesn't seem to be any Big evidence for that in, the, in, in any of that stuff, that it went that far. And I, don't, I certainly don't believe that. But what is interesting, and it's something that I don't know very much about, it's, um, it's with their, uh, their, their astronomy. They can definitely tell how advanced their astronomy got based on the way they built things and things that they took into account when making their calendars. And because there's this thing that happens. Um, shit, what's the name? What's it called? It's something about um, Full every... Moon? Nah, nah. It's it's something that happens <laughs> over the course of there's this thing that happens over the course of thousands of years that changes the tilt of the Earth, and they knew about it. And the only okay. way they could know about it is if they had a very high understanding of astronomy. It's clear that they knew about it, um, and, and I just can't recite to you why it was clear. But but they they definitely know that they got to a very high level of mathematics, astronomy, and and these gigantic structures, and also the stone cutting. They some of the stones that they showed and the way they're cut. They're just cut fucking straight. It looks like mm -hmm. a saw blade cut them and then like went too far. There's one stone where there's like, it looks like they made a little bit of a mistake and like the blade went in too far or something like that. And the archaeologist, when it, where it really, like where I really start buying in is when they say, now let me tell you what the established people say did this. And you tell me, which sounds more ridiculous, that some guys did that with bronze chisels and stone hammers which is their only tools, and what they say that the Egyptians and all those ancient cultures used was a bronze chisel and a stone hammer. They're like, do it. Do it. Make one of those fucking blocks with a bronze chisel and a stone hammer and have it be that perfect and that big, and then, and then start working on moving it. I don't know. I, I bought into that completely, so I, mm -hmm. I invite anyone else to look into it. I'm going to sound like a raving lunatic or anything. I'm not going to start talking to you to about me. ayahuasca or anything like yeah. that, but it really is fascinating. Um, but the other thing that I got into recently is Daniel Day-Lewis. I guess today I went down a whole rabbit hole of Daniel Day-Lewis stuff and started watching. I watched Lincoln two nights ago, mm -hmm. and uh, that was incredible. I had, I had never seen it before. I've been saving it like a fine wine until I really wanted to watch something uh, amazing. And it, it lived up to it, I thought. And then I started I watched The Boxer, which is when he plays a boxer. And I watched it because I'd heard Joe Rogan talk about it and how, like, Watch when Daniel Day-Lewis plays a boxer, because he's not Rocky Balboa. The shots aren't one guy tees off on the other, and then the other guy tees off back. No, it's boxing. He's like, watch how he covers up. Watch how he moves. And then I started watching it, and then I like watched him jump rope. There's this scene of Daniel Day-Lewis jumping rope, and he looks like Ali or something. It's going... Like, you can hear a jump rope. There's just a different noise it makes when somebody who knows what they're fucking doing is doing, mm -hmm. and it's making that noise. Uh, really impressed by Daniel Day-Lewis. So those two things are kind of taking up all my time right now is like being really fascinated by all that Gebleki Tepe stuff and, and ancient civilization stuff and also like watching Daniel Day-Lewis movies. I am. Um, mine won't come as a surprise to many people, but one thing I've been watching Sopranos. That's my entertainment of choice right yeah. now. And uh, I'm almost excited to talk to Kyle about Sopranos. I have some some issues and some questions and such that, that and if people don't know, 
Kyle has seen Sopranos many times. He's like a leading authority on it. I've heard him come up with like <laughs> fan fiction off the top of his head about how the movie should kick off after the after what seems like a a, a closing scene in the series finale that that has no uh, no Loose next ends. step. Yeah, like it. Like what do you oh, do? Oh no, next Tony's money's over there in Russia, and we mm-hmm. got that guy from the Pine Barrens episode just floating around. That Russian commando. Ah, oh, there's all kinds of. Do things you see to what do. I'm talking about? So but, so yeah. Anyway, so I've been watching The Sopranos again. Uh, that's a thing. And then in paramotoring, uh, of course, you know, paramotor talk, but I, uh, I did this Icarus race in Florida, and it kind of opened the door to a few new things in paramoting. First, it was just getting up in the sky and existing in the sky, and that was, like, amazing to me. And then I started doing some acro stuff, which is, like, a branch of it, and now I'm going down two, where I'm, one, learning acrobatics, and two, getting into cross-country. I have a friend who lives... It's only, as the crow flies, it's like 30 miles. Now, I'd have to fly a little longer to get around an airport and such, but the thing is the drive to his place sucks, and it's like an hour, you know, because there's either traffic on one side of this big lake or indirect roads on the other, and I'm like, dude, I should fly to his house, fly with him, and then fly home. That would be like an adventure for me, and uh, I'm, I'm aspiring to do it Sunday. We'll see how it goes down. That'd be um, cool. Yeah, so so my paramotoring is kind of, you know, going on two parallel branches to the next level, and Sopranos is my entertainment. Yeah, that's so interesting because uh, I was introduced to uh, paramotoring. I had no idea what it was through you and your channel. I think your uh, vlogs about some of your vlogs uh, that I've watched are really fascinating about uh, the whole paramotoring. But I was I thought you were joking at the beginning when you started talking about it on PKA. Like for weeks, I thought. So did we. Yeah, I was like, this guy is ridiculous. He's gonna strap a fan on his back and he's gonna fly. Oh my god! And then to see you actually do it and like go through the, the training, like every other week, I catch a vlog, uh, vlog mm-hmm. from you, and uh, it's been fascinating. So how was the race last week? I uh, didn't talk about it. Yeah, we talked about it on PKN, and. Uh, oh. Yeah, it was it was a little mixed. Uh, there were part the parts of it we had the drive that I hoped we'd fly, but overall, like the big thing is it stretched me. You know, I flew in weather that was probably worse than I've ever flown before. I flew in midday, and um, you know, it, at, at the end of it, and you fly across the finish line. It was it was like yeah, this is it was a really cool thing for me. Uh, I, and now I'm like, well, shit, you know, I didn't know that I could do that, and then. Things I would pass up because there's no rush, there's no mission, now are, like, in my wheelhouse. Like, ooh, I can do this. So, uh, you know, good example is Sunday. I think I'm going to fly a little farther and, you know, launch a little sooner than I otherwise would. So, uh, they, uh, The U.S. has launched a missile strike on a Syrian military airfield where the gas attack is believed to have originated. I guess they, uh, they fired Tomahawk cruise missiles from a couple of boats. And, uh, yeah. Huh. Well, that's that's fucking great. Good. I'm sure this will lead. I'm sure this won't escalate out of control. Kyle, <laughs> name five other times it has. <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> Vietnam. Go back three years. Ah, oh, we fucking. Oh, well, Vietnam God, was again? a proxy war with the again? Russians, and this could be yeah. a proxy war with the Russians. Yeah, so oh, they're all proxy wars with the Russians. Because of. <laughs> Because of the Russian involvement with Syria, it's going to be Fuck. a complex situation that I'm. What's entirely... going to happen? If we fucking. What if there was a Russian advisor at that fucking plant? We just fucking blew him up. What? Are... Let me lay it out there, and someone tell me if I'm doing it incompletely or incorrectly. So yeah. one of the fears with Syria is uh, 
like both people, ISIS is in Syria, and both Russia and America dislike ISIS. The thing is, America would rather have some, you know, currently small or unknown player. I don't know who emerges the victor in this thing. And Russia would rather have, I think his name is Assad, uh, emerge yeah. as the leader. And he's currently the government leader in Syria, but the government doesn't control everything because they're battling with ISIS. So if the U.S. goes in there and tries to install some like democratic government that's you know, new, then that is against what Russia would like to happen, which is to take Assad and make his uh, power unquestioned. And that's how you get a proxy war. Yeah, and then you've also got it's not just ISIS that Russia and, and us and the Iranians who are also there and have in large numbers are fighting. There's also like a, a, a lot of militia groups who may or may not owe their allegiance to either ISIS or the United States or Iran or fucking Pakistan or who knows where who are also fighting for an independent state away from Assad. They, it's not that they are terrorists or they're ISIS or they're this or that. They just don't like fucking Bashir al-Assad and they want him who out. They like, want him uh, Bashir al-Assad, Iran. I, I, I'm, I, so I, read, I read and Russia are the biggest supporter of uh, Assad at the moment. Yes, I read I know. are the ones that are funding him. Yeah, which yes, is I actually know. a problem. This... Do you guys think that uh, Trump could actually deal with such a complex situation? Because no, no. I mean, it's gonna be a show. Definitely not. I believe <laughs> Trump has a hard time with Thanksgiving. <laughs> I don't think Trump understands the situation at all. What What Trump heard was that there were children who got gas, and he was like. Well, that's bad. I don't like that. If we could bring George Washington back or your favorite president to handle this, they wouldn't be able to solve it. Like, they would hopefully yeah. look at it of and be like, not. They yeah, never we're not going to be able to do that. <laughs> well, they would, they they would have so like. many hurdles to overcome first, from indoor plumbing <laughs> to cell phones to touch What's screens. What's that Negro doing in the room? <laughs> like, <laughs> Mr. Mr. President, I know wooden teeth were popular then. Ah, yeah. Shut up, you whore! Get this <laughs> woman out of the office! That's still how like, Trump does it. That <laughs> would go very poorly, as they, they like, misunderstood how many people were like watching their speeches where they're like, wow, DC really has grown since <laughs> I've been here last. It's like, no, this is just people here right now. There's, there's more people than you knew existed in this country. Like, yeah, but that would make a great movie, have... like a previous president coming into the future and becoming a president right now at the moment. The, the that Trump would be, like, fun. I'd watch that would be it. hilarious. I worry about Trump in, in a couple oh, ways. It's such an easy way to do it, make it cool. You have your current president in like some unfathomable, difficult situation, some real tight spot. And he, if, however, they're like, sir, we have a uh, <clears throat> interdimensional portal. And he's like, well. Oh. I think we could get a Kennedy in here to like weigh in on this, and then they start doing that. Maybe he starts bringing all the he gets like a like all the presidents in there, and then Nixon at the he like. Well, I mean, South Park did it. that a bit uh, last season. Did you uh, did you guys uh, watch South Park last season? Yeah, yeah, yeah that that was great. That, they did that a bit with uh, the whole Trump thing, and yeah, that was mm. funny. I'm excited for the new season. Hopefully. Oh so yeah, Trump. My issue with Trump on, on matters like this is he doesn't seem to be like intellectually curious or whatever enough to get schooled on a situation, right? Most presidents, whether it be W or Clinton or Obama or whatever, would come up to speed. 
Trump just seems to be like, ah, you handle that, report back to me. So the real question is like, hey, do you like the way Mathis would handle this? You know, Mad Dog. Do you like the way that, you know, whoever would handle this? And because uh, I think Trump is likely to just sort of listen to him, accept either like, any conclusion he comes to and go with it. And if we look at what he did, um, maybe we could figure out where he got the idea to do it. He didn't send warplanes, right? That puts us in danger. Al-Assad has, has anti-air. He's got some pretty sophisticated systems that he got from his Russian friends. We yep. can't really be just flying planes over and dropping bombs, even our stealth shit necessary. $2 billion airplane. But So they shot these Tomahawk cruise missiles, which are extremely long range. If you remember, you know, every other war we've ever fucking fought where we just <laughs> launched those bitches off. like You know how like Roman candles go... <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's how we shoot those three million dollar Thomas. Thirty million. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely didn't want to risk like you know a U.S. pilot being shot down, an international incident. So so they went with those long range missiles. So that is a good sign. But the next thing we'll be hearing is advisors on the ground, and then it'll be money and materiel, and then some advisors will get hurt, or a school will blow up, or somebody, some person from some group that we care about more than the average Syrian, apparently, like a child, will be gassed, as if it matters if you're gassed or blown the fuck up or burnt alive, which is how they normally get uh, shit done over speaking there. Speaking of that gas thing, is, was, that was Assad, or we still don't know who did it? So the U.S. military is saying that a Syrian warplane uh, did that. That's what oh. our military is saying, our military it's, intelligence. It's Assad. Who, who Assad, claims, Assad claims that there was an al-Qaeda chemical weapons plant that was hit by an American munition, and it blew up and caused all that damage. That was That's a very convenient excuse. Yeah, not he got greedy with that excuse. <laughs> You're right. He got, got Al-Qaeda yeah, and America with that one. Like, yeah. that, that, that was too much. You know, he should have been like, uh, when he was like planning it out, his lie and being like, oh, I'll say that it was an American shell. Someone, he has too many yes men, guaranteed, because <laughs> anyone who wasn't a yes man would have been like, are you, are you high? No. <laughs> no, nobody's going to believe that it's that perfect for you. Like, just say that, like, one of your soldiers did something crazy. Like, like give a little so that this lie is believable. No, right. I mean, off of this I don't head. know, maybe. Like, maybe, maybe it was this. Because what, what did we have just last week? We had a scenario where apparently a lot of civilians were yeah. herded into a building, and then there was a U.S. strike, and all the people died. It seemed that someone was trying to frame the United States for some mass murder, some, some, some uh, collateral damage incident. And here this week now... We've got a gas attack. And oh, oh, well, this is kind of like what happened last time. It was the U.S. They, they dropped the bomb and hit an al-Qaeda chemical weapons. Uh, my point is, like, we, we don't know what fucking happened. We just don't. We could be being lied to and manipulated. And it could be yeah. a big, uh, a big we, we could all be getting trumped right now. Maybe there were no chemical. Maybe we dropped maybe some Maybe we're getting gas. Gulf of Tonkin. Yeah, maybe we're getting yeah. Gulf of Tonkin here. Uh, or Lusitania. What's the Gulf of Tonkin for people that don't know? Um, that's the manufactured incident that sparked off the escalation in Vietnam, uh, where the, that happened off the Gulf of Tonkin, where supposedly that warship was attacked and people, uh, but but they just weren't. We just manufactured a that little incident. That blows my mind. It blows my mind that they literally just pretended a U.S. warship was attacked and started a war over it. And I don't know why, because it's not that much different than W, who like said there were widespread mass weapons of mass destruction when there was no proof. And I know there's no proof because there were no weapons, so you know that's how that how that goes. And uh, like, th th there's a lot of big wars where U.S. leaders just totally fake their reasoning. It makes you wonder, like these—that's the one we found out about. You know, mm -hmm. there's so much shit from way back in the day 
that like time has just passed, you know, like where it's it's never going to get you uncovered. The it's never going to be revealed. Like there's so the... much stuff like that. I do, but I don't know. The whole yeah, I don't know the, premise, the reason the princess get kidnapped at the beginning is because Finnick is going to frame another country for her kidnapping and murder. He is right. doing a false flag for Prince Humperdinck. False flags are <laughs> There's another as example. <laughs> We've got we've got the Gulf War, uh, Vietnam, so and Princess Bride. <laughs> we need two more. You've got, you've got so many. You've got so many movies on your once a month regimen. <laughs> I watch so, like you tons always stay up on movies. marriage. <laughs> I don't know. It makes me nervous. Today, I, I'm so nervous to have up. Trump in charge on this. Um, it could get very complicated, and it requires a sophisticated person to understand all the players. Yeah. And we don't he have doesn't seem to have any understanding of the serious situation at all. It's a three-dimensional situation. He is going to play one-dimensional warfare against it. He'll play checkers. Bet it. You, you just have to hope that he listens to the more knowledgeable people around him and not and his it, gut. They say that his attention span is low, so. that he has a hard time absorbing the, the documents, that when they brief him before a call, you know, if you're about to talk to, like, whoever the fuck from Australia or Japan or whatever... They, they say, all right, Mr. President, we've got these documents here for you. And, and then there's a guy that's going to brief you. He's going he's gonna, to, just like if any of us were about to like, like before we started with Ahmed here, yeah. we had a little conversation about Ahmed. And, and I was like, well, this is what he's done. This is where he's been. This is what we'll talk to him about. These are key things that we should, we should hit on. I, I wish Someone that does he would. Trump for, for each of these world leaders, but he's just like, eh, eh, they hit the high points. I wish that whenever he was doing his press conferences, he would stand like, 10 feet back from the podium like he was a Pokemon trainer and he'd have his entire staff <laughs> there with him and they'd be like, Mr. President, uh, uh, the current economic situation, it's incredibly complex. What are you going to do to get our jobs back up? So he'd be like, uh, I made economics, not my, my strong suit. <laughs> Rick Perry, I choose you. Defend <laughs> <laughs> it. And then Rick Perry has to go out there and defend it, or whoever he would pick for that. He'd be like, no, military situations, you have no experience with this. What are you going to do in Syria? Rick Perry returned. <laughs> General Mathis, I choose you. <laughs> he throws him out there. <laughs> General Mathis, use baboon. <coughs> Get him off my ass. You know, and he tells him what to do. Like, that's what he should do. Like, he shouldn't be given any, like, he needs, he needs to tamp it down on how he responds to things. This motherfucker is talking doesn't to, seem to understand fucking... Syria, at least Syria at all. He doesn't. See, He's hanging out with the president of China right now down in Mar-a-Lago. Is that, it right that, now? The, Is that happening? Yeah, right now. They got Xi Chinese Jinping. guy. Yeah, thank you. XI. Uh, however you yeah, pronounce that. Xi. Xi. Uh, he landed a couple Xi. hours ago. I watched him you know, step off. His plane's big. Xi's hmm. got a big fucking plane. It says Air China on the side. It certainly doesn't say fucking Xi Pen or anything. It doesn't say, like, president. It, it's, not, it's not pimped out like ours are. Like, the president shows up in his fucking plane, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. but... <laughs> Especially <laughs> ours. Ours might just show up in his fucking. Yeah, brain, right. You know? that's, that's how it works. And it is interesting if you think about it. He's brought the president of China over, not to Washington, not to the White House, which is a more prestigious thing, right? It's 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 a level up if you get to go to the White House and you get to fucking go in there and shake hands and do all the ceremonial shit. No, he took him to Mar-a-Lago. He's like, this is where I hang out. It's my place. Golf to the Chinese is is a little different. seen a little differently than it is to to us uh, Western. Uh, 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 non-communists, shall I say. They see it as a billionaire sport. They see it as something that they don't want to be attached to. Xi Jinping never played any fucking golf. He never has, never will. I guarantee it. If he got, if, if Chinese media had a photo of his ass, 
chubbily crawling up a hill somewhere. Like that'd be the end of him. He's not getting another five year term. Like, like that would be a funny picture. There's... Have you seen those pictures of Trump chubbily? He, yeah, uh, it's because he uh, he gains weight in a hippie way. So coming off all that, do you guys think uh, Trump will be will be impeached? Do you think no. that's a possibility? No, it's possible. All... I think it will happen. I, 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 let me let me. So impeachment is just when they start the proceedings. That's like saying, do you think Trump will be sued? The real yeah. question is, do you think he'll be sued and found wanting and be thrown from his office? Like like, and yeah, I don't think yeah. that is going to happen. No, I don't think so. Impeachment proceedings are much more possible than him actually being thrown from office. But I don't think any of it will happen. But yes, it is a possibility. So what Trump has going in his favor is that Republicans would be the person, people doing this, you know, thing, yeah. right? When, when, seems when, fair. Well, yeah, when Clinton got impeached, there were Republicans. Newt Gingrich, in particular, I think, was running the show. Uh, Star. Yeah, when yeah he, he hired Kenneth Star and they just pursued him forever. That started off as like a real estate trust thing, and it ended up with him getting a blowjob like that. That just, they just went anywhere they could find shit on Clinton, and that's where it landed. Uh, well, but built. the Republicans mm-hmm. aren't going to do that to Trump, you know. Like Nunes just recused himself because he was dealing with all these ethics violations where he would take this somewhat private information or whatever and show Trump like privately like hey this is where the investigation is going you're gonna say it came from the White House yeah like yeah. that's the weird thing about that right like <laughs> like I'd love for you to correct me if I'm wrong and I'd, le- I'd like to learn more about this because it's so fucking fishy but mm-hmm. it seems that the White House taps Nunez on the shoulder and says hey come here let us sh- we want to show you some stuff and they take him in that skiff which is apparently a a secure room where where any kind of surveillance is impossible. Like, I guess it's just electromagnetically uh, <laughs> isolated and like, there's no, they can't be spied on. It's like the, uh, uh, on that show, get smart, the old black and white show, they used to have like the cone of silence or something. And both people would put their heads in this <laughs> thing and they couldn't hear each other. Everybody <laughs> else could hear and they couldn't hear fucking hear each other. They're trying to pass top secret information. But anyway, they put him in this skiff. They showed him something, right? They showed him this information about Trump's name being unmasked or some horse shit. And then they send him back with that information. And he, and, and he goes, oh, I have some information. I'm going to go tell the White House. They need to know about this. And then he, like, fake comes back and tells them about something they just told him about. And now we're, we're trying to decide which other members of that committee get to see that information. And people are being bust in and out. And then the White House says, oh, yeah, he's hearing the same information that Nunez heard. But they're like, well, how could you possibly know that? And they're like, uh, we just know. It's a bunch. It's, there's so much smoke. There's so much bullshit. There's so much he said, she said. No, because yeah, it, I don't, it that's fucked not with the way that I understand. makes sense. Hmm. But here's one thing that bugs me, though. So uh, typically in law, if you ask someone to recuse themselves, they do. You know, like they're just they've got no stake in this. Right. If Taylor's a judge and I say, hey, look, I think that, you know, you know, the defendant over there, you should recuse yourself nine times out of ten. He says, fine, I'm out. Right. You know, I don't want to give any appearance. Nunez, they asked him to recuse himself because he was appearing to be on the team of Trump. It's like he he worked for Trump instead of investigated him, and he just fought for weeks, to, or scratching tooth and nail. No, I won't stop. I won't stop. Like, like, dude, what the fuck? Like, everyone thinks you're working for this guy. It looks sketchy as fuck, and they're well, asking you to scenario, recuse right? I mean, they, they, all, they don't always recuse themselves. <laughs> like, a lot of the times, they judge. don't. They usually don't you know, fight against it if there's anything there. I mean, there. Loretta Lynch didn't recuse herself during the Hillary Clinton investigation. I'm just saying that, like, 
it's it's common for these people if they feel like they have something to you know gain by not recusing the themselves they'll try not they're not to. judges yeah. that's what you have to keep in mind too there, he's not a judge he's a politician the judge of course would be like that's yeah true. i'm done the politician is like you don't think i'm capable how is this going to look on my record if next year when they roll the commercial he was taken off the committee to well no loretta lynch him. isn't a politician she's a judge Oh, yeah, she was the attorney yeah. general. Well, I'm, I'm talking about Nunez, oh. whatever the f- Yeah, maybe guy. that was sketchy, too. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it, it was weird to me that Nunez worked so hard not to recuse himself when there was all this evidence and people were calling for it. And it wasn't until the lawsuit started rolling in that he was like, fuck it, I'm out. You know? The whole fucking thing is annoying to me because I feel like half the time they're just like, it's just lip service and lies and misdirection and muddy the waters and, oh, look over here, here's a thing. And, and oh, well, let's investigate all this horse shit that will never lead us anywhere and it's clear just on face value it won't. Let's, it's, it's, it's real frustrating to watch the whole thing go down and nobody is making themselves look good right or left. No. Not really. Every, no everybody, leader. Democrats are leaderless. Yeah, the Democrats filibustering Gorsuch was so I love so that dumb. move. That was the, why. Why would you love that? I'll explain. Because um, I feel like the Republicans have already proven that they're willing to do anything to advance their cause or stop your cause from advancing, right? We I mean, watched, the reason they were able to go nuclear is because of Harry Reid in 2013. I'm, I'm, it's the Democrats who did that. Yeah, this, so... Back in 2013, if you guys remember the do-nothing Congress, et cetera, et cetera, what was happening is uh, anything Obama liked, the Republicans disliked. Like, it, they could not find any common ground. And I think it's generally accepted that, like, even things that they should have been able to agree on or find something, the Republicans were just making it kind of their platform to be anti-Obama. And... Uh, um, so that to me says, all right, these Republicans will do anything. Uh, Scalia died and I had it wrong before he died 11 months. Obama had 11 months left as president and they just wouldn't even hold a vote. Right. So to me, I'm like, all right, the Republicans have established that they will use whatever tools they have in their toolbox to advance what they're trying to do. And now the uh the democrats it's not just republicans though it's I both like, sides that will do that because the democrats are the ones who put that into place and allowed them to use this nuclear option the democrats are using the best thing they can right now in the filibuster both parties are always going to use to the nth degree whatever they can to get what they want let me so like when, back I, when to the, that. Um, yeah yeah so so in my head what all this democratic filibuster thing does is force the republicans to use this tool in the toolbox so now it's in play like that to me is what the end game here is that, you know, like, look, we're not going to give you this without using this tool so that if we ever get in charge, then we'll have that tool, too. Yeah. You know, we but won't I mean, be doing the it unprecedented doesn't make sense thing. why they would do that, because they were the ones who implemented <coughs> that tool. And so, of course, when you implement a tool, you expect to use it. And so it seems silly to me that they'd be like, hey, you know, this tool we implemented. Well, we know it's so horrible that we're going to force them to do it. By well, doing yeah, this yeah. filibuster, because, where it's well, like, they, okay, so you actually implemented use it a tool that you see as super terrible, right? They were unless using it's for, on the, your side. For lesser things. Supreme Court nomination is a pretty big deal, right? Last many, many presidents, what, four? I don't know. So, yeah, um, yeah so, so they're, you know, like, hey, there's, they're making the Republicans establish a precedent where you don't have to have a supermajority to get your guy. You can just barely scrape by. And in my head, it's a smart move because... In either scenario, if they vote for Gorsuch or if they don't vote for Gorsuch, you're, you're getting Gorsuch. It's not so a good move, though, because now they the can't. I don't, my understanding is they can't filibuster the next nominee, right. if need be. Well, so basically, they, they couldn't filibuster they, this one either. So they kind of spent it on Gorsuch, I see, like a magic card play, where they went, aha! 
Mm-hmm. They played their instant, and it was a mil- an, an ill-timed instant. They should have kept that in hand and waited. Because, I mean, Gorsuch already, went, what, when he was appointed to the Tenth Circuit Court or whatever, Obama, Hillary, all the Democrats voted to approve him in because he's, so, he's really not very controversial. He's just not. And yeah, the only controversy is the fact that he's not Merrick him. Garland. So, you know, that if you're a Democrat, that's how you see this. The only controversy is this guy's up for grab. This guy's up for a vote because the Republicans played dirty last time. And they're just it's not, saying it's not but that you, you keep going back to that. Yeah. If the Democrats had the run of it <clears throat> and they had the ability to stop the Republicans from putting in a Supreme Court justice, that's the responsibility. They need to use all the tools legally that they have to keep that from happening. Exactly the opposite way, the Republicans had a responsibility there to be like, all right, we have no obligation to do this, and our constituents would be fucking livid with us if we did. So no, we're not doing it. We're representing what our people would want. So it's not like a, oh, they're just all anti-Bush, or they're all anti-Trump, or they're all anti-Obama, and they're just trying to be obstructive. Like, yeah, they are, but that's in a way, that's kind of their job. You know, like they, they're not supposed to just bend over backwards. And so I guess in that way, it makes a little bit of sense for the filibuster, because the Democrats need to show at least, like, hey... We're not rolling over. We're at least doing what we can. So I understand it from that point of view. But it's not like it, it's not a malicious like, fuck you. We're not passing it. It's like, a, yeah, no, that my people would hate me if I did that. And I'm protecting my job. But I if that makes re- sense. See, I, I feel like there's this. Oh, they're both playing the same game. They both do the same things. But it's not like this. This do nothing. Congress became a thing because the Republicans stopped all legislation on a level that didn't happen when Bush was president. Right. You know, they, they broke new ground and just opposed. How's it everything. happening now? I, well, I would say that to, in my Absolutely head, and no I, I try point. not to look at it, um, you know, through just Democrat lenses. I, I flip it around. Um, but I would say the Democrats are doing what like everything they could because that's now the, the, the president. Like they, the Republicans did this. So now the Republicans are doing They're slowing down every cabinet appointment they can. They're doing exactly what the Republicans did. No, when I mean, it, Obama it, 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 never took, it never took this long to get Obama's people approved for cabinet positions, if I remember correctly. Uh, no, well, yeah, I've been hearing it never, it never took, took anyone to get their cabinet <laughs> choices appealed. So I, I just, I, I don't correct like me the, if I'm wrong. It doesn't matter. It, with the nuclear option thing that they've done, now they can uh, get all of them through with a simple majority. Is that correct? I think Not so. Just I, and I think they could yeah. anyway. They just had to decide to use the nuclear <laughs> I, I know. I'm just making sure it applies yeah, to all of yeah. them. Now, one thing that I've heard I've heard thrown out there is that there's a reason why so many of Trump's um, selections for these positions haven't been filled. He doesn't care if they get filled or not, and they right. haven't put the correct paperwork in on purpose. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. he feels that those. He's like, they don't need anybody fucking running that agency. Fuck that agency. That agency's nothing but a hole in the ground. Well, you you gonna hire a guy to run the hole in the ground that costs money? Nah, let's just wait. And there's two lenses to view that. One is the one that you put out there, which is like, that thing is stupid anyway. Why do I need to appoint, I'm making up a number, 1,200 people when only 100 of them are doing all the work? Like, just, you know, fuck it. Uh, But other people are saying, like, oh, this is what happens when you have, you know, a, a... a non, I want to say, you know, a non-Washington person, like he just doesn't have the knowledge of how Washington works to fill all those other jobs. Like I, this isn't applying to that, but mm-hmm. as far as all the people I've talked to in government jobs, every single one of them will tell you th- that, like, I don't know about other countries, obviously, but they'll tell you 20% of the people in there are doing 100% of the work. And 80% of the people are futzing around because they know they won't get fired and they can get away with it. That's and almost so I don't true know. in corporate world too, though, that's right? Not necessarily. I'd say in corporate, it's more like 
probably almost reverse, like 75, 80%. And then those 20% who do nothing and add nothing eventually get axed because it's like, hey, we were uh, we were looking at some numbers and you're a waste of space. Really uh, saying 75, 25, that's already egregious because a company that has 25% of its staff and, you know, they're working towards a profit and they're not contributing, like that wouldn't be a very long long-standing company so it'd be very much streamlined in that way yeah. but like I, I don't know about like on the level of trump i was just talking to friends and they and of course the friends i talk to i like to believe are the ones doing all the work and they are so fucking pissed about it where they're just like god i just watch people sit and do nothing all day because they know that they can do it and they can treat people like shit and get away with it which yeah I think obviously in enrages people too. who want yeah. to work in the army oh my god like a there's I, lots of good government employees out there. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. But like, it, so right now he wants to increase army spending, and I'm I, like, I didn't realize like when someone transfers from a place to a place, right? They go, they they come home from Iraq, they like do nothing for two months, you know, or when they're about to go somewhere, like their responsibilities just wrap up and nothing happens for two months, and when they arrive, they spend it. I'm just like, oh my god! Like in the corporate world, people do not have like you know if you just hypothetically transferred to fucking L.A. I don't know. Like, there wouldn't be a four-month no-expectations-out-of-Taylor period. That no. is because you chose to move to L.A. for a new opportunity, and you've got all your shit lined up. Instead, we're talking about Donald Trump saying, Hey, Woody, get your shit together and go kill some Syrians. It's go time. You're like, fuck, can I have two months? And he's like, yeah, okay. I, I, well, no, he's in also this scenario, like, I'm hey, saying like you're... he's going to headquarters or some other satellite office yeah. or, you know, same company. And, uh, and yeah, they, the military doesn't do that. They're, they're you know, they're going to, like, no, they do that all the time. Scary. No, military they constantly move people from base to base. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, not... but without warning and stuff, you know, they, Dude, like, all those like, government <laughs> agencies, no, with like that, where not, not everyone's where at war, spend way aren't. more than they need to on transportation or goods or whatever, so that they can hit that bottom line to make sure they don't lose any funding the next year. It's like, oh, guess we better fire off fucking. 60 more Hellstorm missiles for the fuck of it to make sure that they know that we need 6,000 of these a week. I just, I, I was watching a second ago, I guess they fired around 50, 55 Tomahawks today. Uh, that's what that they did. Seems like a lot. Seems like a it lot? Seems like, like too many, I'd say. All the same air, they, so, <clears throat> I think I said before, but they hit the airfield apparently that those chemical attacks originated from. Um, I just wonder, like, how many millions of dollars we spent to build craters. Right, oh, like, so so many, probably a depressing amount. I bet of money. it's like a hundred and fifty million dollar attack, and a lot of it was against yeah. dirt. Oh, it was asphalt. absolutely at least a hundred fifty million dollar attack, and and then you got to keep in mind, like, we had those boats there for that attack. Do you even add in the amount of money that it cost <laughs> to keep two big fucking boats in the Mediterranean with like yeah. a thousand sailors on them, ready to push a button to shoot fifty missiles? Think about know. it like the missiles, the same thing as bullets almost. <laughs> like what percent of bullets actually hit an enemy? Like a tenth uh, of a tenth world, of a tenth war to of war. one percent? Really yeah, it's really interesting how that works. It's changed from war to war. Um, I, I can't recite any statistics off the top of my head, but I've looked into it and like Vietnam was really interesting. Like and, and like as the wars go <sighs> on and, and like different weaponry is introduced, the amount of bullets that are required to get a kill. And they start doing that math, and they change things like the rate of fire on rifles and magazine size. Uh, it's it's really interesting. On it the takes bullets a lot. thing, yeah, it takes a lot, but a lot of it's just for suppressive fire. And sure, yeah, uh, you watch. Not that you haven't, but I, I've been watching like real life combat footage and stuff, and I see, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm no military strategist, but it's like first we need to get. Uh, they call it something like 
uh, firing supremacy. Now, that's not the supremacy part is right. The first one's wrong, and uh, and it's kind of like paintball, right? You're either the guy cowering or the guy shooting, right? I've done it in paintball. If you're if you've got eight guys firing ropes, the other people are pinned behind cardboard barriers thinking, oh my God, this is a bad situation, right? And uh, they do that in real war too. Like they, as, soon as, you, as soon as I fire a bullet at some Americans, 12 of them just start raining lead on me so that I'm ducking behind rocks. And that's why it takes so many bullets. You know, a lot of it is just, it's not even aimed at a person. It's aimed at the area to get you to duck. Yeah. And... Anyway, it's interesting. Yeah, I've uh, speaking of something that's kind of like an urban legend or a myth, I've got. I was looking around for stuff because I was just thinking, like, I don't know. It's one of those stupid little Google things you do where you're like, I wonder what a myth is out there that I believe is a myth, but it actually isn't. And then, like, on a different tab, be like, I wonder what a myth is that I don't believe is actually <laughs> true. And I started trying to find something there, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a couple, and I want you. To tell me okay. if this is a real, a real fact, a true fact, or propaganda. I'm for this. All right. Sex before competing in sports makes you worse because That's a myth. Backwards. It's a myth, Kyle. You're pretty confident about that. I'm. That's a myth. That's bullshit. It raises well, your testosterone level. I'm told. Is it? That's why Ronda Rousey fucks before every fight. <laughs> you're correct, Woody. It raises your testosterone and it gets you hyped. Uh, Ovechkin says his part of his game uh, performance. Can't tell if he's joking because he's Russian. Hard to read that cadence, but he <laughs> says he fucks before and after every game. Ah, oh. to, to his make poor sure teammates. His <laughs> I, was, I was trying to. I wanted to make a joke. I couldn't form it. <laughs> oh, looks like somebody didn't play too much. Like, that guy's ass must be sore. No, that's not how working. About, uh, nah, Kyle how about nailed this it. one. Uh, Satan is the ruler of hell according to christianity is that true or is that is that a myth or is that is okay that so i think it's true <laughs> but using psychology Don't you google kyle i think it's going uh, to be I was false gonna look up something completely different but i was about to google it I had think... nothing to do with this they, but you, you triggered something in my head about a different religion that believes that god is the true deceiver um and I, i've been uh, graham hancock turned me on to that i want to go to that in a second um What's but but satanism I, as far as I know, sa no, Satan uh, works for God. Um, <laughs> he did, right? He was one. Of, he was one of the, Lucifer was one of the God's God's angels. He he was jealous that God was, uh, you know, loving man more than the angels, and he rebelled against God, and he was overthrown and sent down to hell, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know that he's the ruler of hell because of what I just said. He was thrown into hell, right? Although everything like pop culture wise and everything I've ever been taught says. Yeah, the, the guy with the viper-gated tail and the pitchfork down there, he's the one running the show. So yeah. I'm just going to say that the devil runs hell, though by its very nature, it seems like God runs hell. I'm going to say so, that the devil doesn't run hell because I'm just getting that vibe. <laughs> Ahmed, does the devil run hell? It's funny because in Islam, it's kind of similar to Christianity as far as uh, hell and heaven and the devil and all that shit. Well, the first part of the Quran but, and the first part of the Bible are pretty much the same thing. They're all uh, Abrahamic yeah, religions. They are, so they are similar. Parents. Yeah, they are Thank Abrahamic uh, religions and ideologies. A lot of uh, them are similar. But uh, in Islam, what we have learned is that, uh, no, he doesn't run hell. And so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I guess I'll go with that. He doesn't. So you're correct, Ahmed. And I guess, I guess all of you. Are correct. He does not run hell. He oh. was sent to hell, 
And it's just always assumed that, I guess, because he was the first guy to show up in hell, that he kind of established a, a base, mm -hmm. I guess. And then as more people showed up, he just did, like, the pretend authority mm -hmm. figure where it's like, ah, I, you believe I'm in charge, so I am. And mm -hmm. then <laughs> send people around. But, yeah, he's not, he's not actually in charge of hell. Uh, real quick, not to change the subject, have you guys seen The Invention of Lying? It's a movie uh, from uh, oh, Ricky with, Gervais. Uh, yeah, I saw that oh, oh, right when it came out, a long time ago. Yeah, that, that movie is hilarious. Basically, the, the people, maybe I shouldn't spoil it, but uh, it, this movie it takes place in a, in a place where no one can lie. So everyone tells, tells the truth 100% mm -hmm. of the time. So this guy uh, uh, somehow imagines or starts lying, discovers lying. So he goes to the bank and he's short on money and he's like, uh, the, the cashier woman is like, uh, well, sir, our systems are down. How much money do you have on your bank account? And he's like, he wants to say 300, but he, has, uh, he needs $800. So he's like, wait, I can say 800. And he says $800. And then she just gives him $800. So a few uh, scenes later <laughs> in the movie, he basically... Uh, found every religion on earth and he says there's a man in the sky and he does that and he <laughs> says that and if you do three wrong things you go to a place that is not very uh, very nice or pleasant <laughs> called hell and if you don't do that you go to a place where you get a mansion and everyone gets a mansion that uh, that movie is hilarious <laughs> i watched it, a couple, it few, yeah, a couple of weeks ago it's pretty pretty funny that uh, that I've religion i was thinking one. Oh, go okay, ahead. Go. I'll jump the, uh, quickly, though, the, the religion I was thinking <coughs> of, it, Graham Hancock was, was was talking about this in one of his, uh, whatever you call it, when you stand in front of a bunch of people with a fucking PowerPoint and talk, tell them stuff. It wasn't a TED Talk. It was, it was somewhere else at a university or something. Sure, but yeah. but he, was t he was talking about this religion um, that it believed that uh, the Christian God was not a God, that he was actually a demon who had um, come to Earth to deceive humanity into believing that he was a god. That was his game. He likes to go places and, and make people or entities believe he's a god and then have That's them really worship meta. him. And, and, so, and so what they explain, they talk about the Garden of Eden. And in this uh, religion, they see the serpent as the good guy. He's coming into where humanity's imprisoned and saying, you've been fooled. You don't even know the difference between right and wrong. All you, you're just here to worship that guy. That's all he's doing. He's just sapping your your worship juice up, and that's all he cares about, right? Eat the apple, and you'll have knowledge, and you'll be freed from this evil, dece deceptive demon. And so they did, and God throws them out. And remember what God did after that happened. He's like, ah, oh, Eve, now oh, not only you will be in pain the rest of your days, all women. And, and, and you'll be confused when you're thrown out of here, and you'll have to suffer the serpents and the beasts of the land. He just went to cursing us left and right when we ate this apple yeah. of knowledge, so we'd know the difference between right and wrong. Then look at, at like what he does, and I'm, I'm parroting what, what Graham says in his lecture. He burns us when we're bad. He forces us to worship him, praise him constantly. Are these the actions of a, a generous, kind, omnipotent, omniscient being? No. They're the actions of a fucking intergalactic demon who's fucking taking up our worship juice. Satan's the good guy. That is, that, that Strong is, point. That is pants on head retarded. And like the Christians <laughs> burned these people alive and persecuted them throughout the ages, and they went underground and they are no more. 
I feel like both sides of this viewpoint are pants on head retarded. But that's I'm just saying that being like, uh, oh, dude, Star Trek, that's not real. The real Star Trek story, they were in a Ford Windstar driving across the country. They weren't even in the future. And it's just like, no, that's not. You're just taking a, a fantasy story and making it into a slightly different fantasy story. Being like, because clearly that guy Graham Hancock doesn't buy into any of it, and so he's just treating it like a fanfic thing, where he's like, "This could be real too," you know. The Look at Graham, how, Han- Graham Hancock believes that our um, our soul or our um, our being, like the part, he he doesn't think it's 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 our brain. He thinks that our brain is like a television set that is receiving the signal that is our soul. That's that's what that's what this physical <laughs> part of us is. <laughs> And that when we the just, body we just is passed gone, into a new field, <laughs> and when the body is gone, that that your soul or your intelligence <laughs> goes on living afterwards. That's and he's a scientist. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but sure. like, I would believe like there are lots of scientists who are religious, but very few science. I don't know. Like that's just he's not that's religious. So... He doesn't preach that religion. I just like was talking about. No, that no, I, I know. I, I was saying there are scientists who are religious. So when they're like, "Oh, I'm a Christian and I'm a." physicist or i'm you know whatever and i'm a scientist You're like all right yeah i understand like there's a cultural thing to that but for a scientist who's really into science to be like i don't believe the brain's responsible for all this it's like yeah we'll look into do three minutes of googling and you'll be like oh yeah see they used to think it was the heart and then they very quickly found out it's the brain as soon as we had the capacity to analyze the brain well what he's talking that believes that well, we turn our brain off and turn it back old. on and we're still here that's even more ridiculous we don't turn our brain off and turn it back. Nobody, can, can you define like, has a new, like a near death experience? Your brain stops. You're flatlined. No electrical uh, impulses in your brain. Then they just turn you right back on and oh, I'm here again. And it's me. It's still me. And I I don't know what consciousness is. I don't think anybody does. And I I don't think science has figured it out quite yet either. Um, if th- that's kind of like the 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 biggest question of them all, right? Is like what is consciousness? Like, are we either a product of this like fleshy goo between our ears? Or are we something a little bit more important it's just, than that? It, it's interesting that a guy like him, who seems to make fun of religion for taking a naturalistic event and imposing a super complex, unknowable being as the, the catalyst for it, and then saying, oh, and the brain, that's not responsible for all of our thoughts, feelings, emotions, and actions. It's actually this infinitely complex and undefinable ethos in our body that is responsible for that you know it's like the same thing that same paradigm of you're explaining natural cause a natural system with an unexplainable unknowable entity because it's confusing you know it's it's just kind of the same structure i don't know enough about the brain and how it works i don't know that we've we've definitely settled on that the brain is what creates our consciousness I, I just don't know that. I don't know what. I don't think anybody does, or or, or that are. I don't know that our consciousness it, it ends when we're turned off. Your consciousness, like the fact that when your brain shuts off, you it cease facilitates to facilitates it, but does it create it? It, it facilitates you, it, but does it create uh, it? That's the question. Yes, it, it does create it because there is a uh, there is a video I linked to us like in our PKA chat a little a couple days ago. Uh, Prosco, it, it's some disorder where you're no longer able to control your body you don't oh, have, yeah. you have uh, to, without the, the looking at it look. so basically this guy has sensations on his body where like if you like slapped his hand he'd be like oh i felt that but if you told him to close his eyes and then put his hand to his right like that 
he wouldn't be able to put it in the space that he wanted because as soon as his eyes are closed, he no longer he can't feel what's, what's the, the, the locomotion. Is it proprioception or something? Proprioception. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's so he just doesn't feel the locomotion ability. And so it's just he has to look at everything he does to make sure that it's actually going. So it's all relayed back to the brain. The brain's the only thing that allows those that information to be perceived. So as soon but, as that but now you're talking about motor but, mechanics and stuff. No, no, no. But it's not just that. As soon as that area of the brain was was damaged, he he lost the ability to perceive information in that way and to respond to information that he that he would have been perceiving. And so it's like about his the, body, through because of his brain. Yeah, because the, body the brain is, controls the body. I'm not talking about command and control. I'm not talking about what's required for one thing to exist. I'm talking about. I, I'm, I'm saying that, that I'm saying that they could be both things could be true at the same time. I know the brain is what allows us, and when I say us, I mean my consciousness to control everything else. And if you fuck with my brain, then I just can't do that shit right. But what I'm saying is that what makes me me might not be all about the gray stuff between my ears. Things I like might just be love me. and hurt and I. Uh, no, no, that's that, no, that's no, that's your brain. I'm talking about me. What makes me me? The me that what, is. That, that's me. all that, your brain. Yeah, that's the brain. Yeah. It's, but it's have all. You guys, have you guys it. heard about the do Italian doctor that is trying to put a, a, a head decapitate the head from a person and put it on another body? Yeah. Have you have you heard about yeah, that? He's getting it's a full body or something. Yeah, full body yeah, transplant. Yeah, he like, already has a full body. No, actually, it's a head transplant because he's gonna transfer a head. Another body, yeah, but he I doesn't guess. become the the life of the guy whose body yeah. is taken. He doesn't he, like come out of the surgery like I'm yeah, Jeff yeah, now. Well, <laughs> no one knows. Around. No one knows. Well, we'll oh, see we what know happens. That. We, we talked about this on the show a while ago. Works. In that there, there were some people who felt like like <laughs> whatever makes me me, the thing Kyle is talking about, existed in the heart, which today sounds crazy, right? Today everyone's looking at your brain, but mm. not long before I was born, some people thought your soul was in your heart, and yeah. it yeah. wasn't just a pump. So if someone actually does pull off a brain transplant, you know, we'll all look back on it and say we already knew, right? Oh, yeah, we already knew it was in the brain, but it'll be fun to observe it. Well, it's not. It's a head transplant. So just to be clear, because the audience is listening and maybe they're not. This man is living right now and his body is fucked. They have a new body over there. So they're going to chop his head off and they're going to put it on that new body. And he being the head. He's going to control that new body. The guy who used to own that new body, his head is somewhere else right now, okay? And it's rotting in the ground, and whatever made him him is either A, also rotting in the ground in his brain, or B, is being projected onto some other TV screen somewhere Both else. Both guys are still alive right now. <laughs> Both guys are alive, yes. You know what I'm saying, though? When yeah, they cut yeah, his yeah. fucking head off, he won't be, because <laughs> yeah, okay. he'll be dead. Because they're not... <laughs> I one agree with guy that. Is getting a, one guy's head is getting... <laughs> yeah, a new yeah. One guy is dying. Yeah. is getting burned. You right. think they'll give him the old shit body so they can still fill the casket? <laughs> <laughs> but, but Otherwise, six guys just going to be like, oh, he, he didn't weigh anything in the end. There'll there, be I guess. two bolts <laughs> coming out of the side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah but I mean, if, it, if that works, it's pretty crazy. I, I, they, I heard scientists talk about the possibility that he could, his consciousness could be in some sort of weird limbo inside of his own brain, unable to touch or feel or sense anything but only to be conscious in a void inside of him, inside of that body. And they talked about how torturously in, 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 that would be to one's mind, your consciousness, to just exist 
without any way to uh, um, to express to yourself. I don't yeah. understand yeah. how we are remotely close to the head transplant, and, and, and here's we're, why. Honestly, we're not. I, so it, right, yeah. right here I, in my I arm, the people see him, where people. This is a scar in my yeah, arm. There's yeah. a my ulnar nerve was damaged. There was a tumor in it. They pulled the tumor out, and then I lost some big percentage of the nerve, and it's why this hand doesn't work that well. They can't fucking connect the nerve that's here to the nerve that's here. Like that's not a broken, thing. And it's not just broken. It was destroyed by the cancer. It, it wasn't cancer. It, it was a surgical thing. When they cut, I think it was a pack of blood or something. But when they cut the tumor out because it was getting bigger, um, they also cut the nerves that it was growing inside of. So they're just scalpel damage in there. And uh, yeah. over time, some of the nerves found each other and it got, it went from like totally paralyzed to, I'll make up a number, like 30%. But that's where it is. If they well, this guy has no damage. That, but they'll so be damaged when they cut his head off. Well, they're not going to just lop it off with an axe. They're going to mm. very carefully dissect it from his body, removing all these necessary plug-ins carefully and, mm -hmm. and making sure that we don't fray any of the uh, wiring. And they're going to try to plug him back into this new guy's spinal cord. So I don't, I, I'm outside my expertise, but my idea is they're like... Wiring harness a, back there. Yeah, uh, they're with a trillion wires in it and that it they bundled. can't reconnect nerves. And that's what I, where I thought we were. Yeah. I think they can first time. The it just depends on the, how they were that, separated or damaged. That they will face, the biggest challenge I think is going to be, because I read in an article that the operation will take 36 hours or something. It's a long 36 time to be dead. 36 hours. And uh, how the hell are you going to keep a, a head alive? Yeah, and how are you, how are you going to keep life? It's going to be on a transfusion it's machine. It's really right? cool. Yes. So they did, the Soviets did this shit with a fucking German shepherd's head. Anybody ever oh, seen the video of the yeah. German oh, shepherd's wow. head? Watched it in a neuroscience fucking class. Chopped this German shepherd's head off and they fucking pump oxygenated blood in its in one side of its brain and out the other, like like using a circulatory system that's there. And they're just pumping oxygen. And, and the dog's head is just there like, fuck! Fuck! Wow. Yeah. Fuck! It's just, it's just a head. <laughs> Like what? What's probably going to end up happening with this? Because it's the first time we're trying it, is the guy who gets his head cut off will die during the surgery. Like I, I if I had to bet on it, I'd put like all my money on the guy dying in surgery, and he never wakes up. And if he does somehow wake up, it'll only be like he won't be able to control anything. Like this is one of those like forge, like forge ahead surgeries, kind of like when Carson did the uh, the separating two Siamese twins at the brain like it, it's going to be like a, a breakthrough surgery where they learn a ton of shit but this one's not going to pan out with like, heart it, there's surgery, just no way it, it went like that too like people like oh they did a successful heart surgery he lived three days and then some guy broke a record and lived like 14 days and then like there was an artificial heart that lasted for a year and isn't that crazy and now like they they have it the other way yeah, pretty routine almost yeah yeah i didn't want to overstep because i don't know it sounds like you might but yeah now they can put in new hearts and it turns out okay mm -hmm. it's really just the supply heart. of hearts that's the problem yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah get a was... pig heart yeah that i got a pig heart <laughs> will you tell him when they ask you about your pig heart <laughs> i tell him it's because i'm sweet as bacon sugar <laughs> what are so, we talking uh, guys, about so South Park, yeah. Did you guys uh, see the video I put in the chat? This but is a we game didn't we used to play. Taylor's thing, like he had a whole. Oh yeah, oh, I want to go back to the, the urban legend thing. There's a couple yeah, yeah, yeah. more. So, 
Iron Maidens. Do you know what an Iron Maiden is? Yes, I do. The band? So. Yeah, Saddam Hussein's son had one, and he fucking used it on people. So an Iron Maiden, what it is, it's a uh, picture a big sarcophagus that like a mummy would be in, mm-hmm. except it opens and it's full of spikes. And you would put someone in it, and it's made of iron, Iron Maiden. And oh yeah, this- close it. And it would pierce them, usually in non-vital areas, and they'd just be forced to stand up, kind of pinned there. Yeah. Uh, and it was a, a torture method. Like a really or, shitty magician. Like mm-hmm. Yes, like a very <laughs> shitty magician. And they had like an eye slit cut so they could see if you were still alive in there. Because eventually, of course, you'd bleed out if you're just punctured all day. So yeah. that was a, uh, an ancient torture method. Uh, or was it? It was. It absolutely was. And because, like I just said, Saddam Hussein's son <coughs> had one, like a legitimate one. It's not like he went and made one. He's like, hey, give me one of those good ones the French used to use. And he fucking put people in it. I'm going to the, agree with Kyle because he seems to know what he's talking about. No, we've, I've heard about that before. Saddam Hussein, like, uh, son, you're talking about Hussein, right? Uh, I don't know. Hussein, Hussein and Uday. Yeah, Hussein yeah, was one of the most brutal guys ever in the history of Iraq. Like, he invented torture methods. Yeah, I remember in the 80s, there was a story about uh, Iraqi football team losing a very important, te- uh, important game. Yeah, and he uh, put the entire team in jail, and he uh, cut off their uh, legs and uh, tortured the entire football team of Iraq in the 80s. Uh, he was pretty re- pretty ridiculous. That's not a good way to practice for the next game. Ah, they won oh. four World Cups in a row. No, but, that. But, the, but the next team will know that they, they if they lose, they need to defect. They know what, what they will Jesus. lose. Well, you guys are all wrong. The Iron Maiden was never an ancient torture device. It was actually made at first in the 18th century for circuses as like a sensationalist. Like this is what they used to do back in the old days. Throw you right in the Iron Maiden, close it up. Ah, aren't you happy you live here? Or like however they talk, like that's oh. what they did. It, and then it, it's in modern days, I guess that uh, the 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 Hussein boys were so inspired that they made their own. But it was not an actual torture method. Do you from guys know what a paper town is? Ancient times. Paper, town, paper no. town. No. Yeah. Oh, this is cool. And, and somehow it, it seems similar to an Iron Maiden to me. So back in the day, maps were harder to make than they are now. And to stop people from just copying your map and, and saying, hey, I made a map too. It's just like Taylor's, you know, but I, I didn't copy, I swear. They would put fake towns in place. It was called a paper town. So, you know, Taylorsville might not even be a real place. But if I copied it onto my map, I know I copied from Taylor. Like they'd get one wrong. And, uh, but what happened is people would go there enough that like someone might put a store, someone might do a thing and paper towns can become real towns because of that. And uh, Ah, an Iron Maiden became a real torture device because of a fake thing. Yep. So because of those circus folk, a lot of people got tortured in Iraq in the 21st century. They were going to get tortured anyway. (laughs) They were. They just made it a little more creative. Yeah. Um, This one. Find a way. uh, So everybody knows about touching baby birds and how you're not supposed to touch them or their mom will... Will not take them disown back. the baby yeah. bird. Right? Is that a is that a real thing that's, or is that is that bullshit. a urban legend? So that's I'm going to say that that's that's not true based on the fact that we had a bird nest under our porch and the baby bird fell out and I put the baby bird back in and it was raised to maturity and flew away. I'm going to say it's not true because I think I've heard this one dispelled before. Yeah, chickens are birds, right? And they're the same category as you're describing, right? Because no, we they're had not chickens. Birds. 
Well, they, the chickens are birds. Category, I think right? they're birds. They are birds. Come on. But we had chickens, and uh, we always used to play with the uh, baby chicks. But uh, the, their parents wouldn't be angry or anything. So I don't think that's true. All right. Well, y'all got that one right. Uh, could Yay. any of you explain to me what a vomitorium was? Anyone? And it's an ancient oh. Roman word. It's, um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, it's either like they were gonna vomitorium. God, I know this. I think the, the the myth is that people would eat, gorge themselves, vomit, and then yeah. eat more. And I, I I went to a vomitorium when we went to um, shit. It was a, it, I think it was a town that got burnt down by like a volcano that wasn't Pompeii. It was like another one. Vesuvius. Maybe I forget. Anyway, so and 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 in this case. They said it was the home of a wealthy person, like based on what it was. And it was just a little corner, like not plumbing or anything, but like kind of a hole. The whole floor was stone and this spot wasn't. And they would just kind of vomit in that spot and then get back to eating. So I, yeah, how close did I come? That's the, the, I immediately started thought that as well. I was I, I knew that it was either one of two things because I know the Romans it, that that word is not the word for the fetish for liking to get vomited on. Although I think that that like the uh, another phrase for that it is a Roman shower or something like that is what they call it when the one person pukes on you because I think the Romans were into that vomiting on each other is a sexualized thing. Um, but I'm gonna and go. So you with think the this one? Okay. Well, you are both wrong about what a vomitorium is. It actually has nothing to do with vomiting at all. A vomitorium is an entrance to a coliseum or an amphitheater of sorts because it looked like it was, quote, vomiting people back out onto the street after events ended. And so it was called the vomitorium. It was just the entrance way or the exit way from the coliseum. So it has nothing to do with vomit. There you go. The more you know. Indeed. You know. Edit that in. Mm. Star <laughs> 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 with a little Bill who wants to be a law sitting there just, yeah, yes. just for I'm no Mr. reason. Bill. Donald Trump needs yeah. to watch that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Which, oh, how a Bill becomes a law. <laughs> yeah, that'd be uh, funny if they like come into his office and he pauses that. He's like, he signed a law. He did a real thing. Um, now ISPs can sell your personal data to advertisers. Huzzah! I really thought there One was a chance thing. that he wouldn't sign that oh. was... i've got a good one for Go everyone on. hmm. but for one person in particular is going to know martyrs and 72 virgins you <laughs> that get is 72 virgins guaranteed in the bank no no it's not 72 virgins that's a mistranslation it's 72 raisins <laughs> raisins <laughs> yes google it i have google my own theory fucker so the the um <laughs> The 19 terrorists True. take down the Twin Towers and the Pentagon and, and what, whatnot. And they go up there and there's like Patrick Henry with like a baseball bat ready to kick some ass and George Washington. And they all just start beating on the terrorists. And they're like, what the fuck is going on here? And they said, no, it's 72 Virginians. Virginians? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure Ahmed actually knows the answer. Well, I, I do actually know the answer. The answer is that there's a verse in the Quran that was telling a story about people who defended their home. They did jihad, which is the literal definition of the word jihad is uh, uh, 
doing an action in defense of your belief or your home or your family or your land, that's jihad, not blowing up yourself. Well, that also could, in some context, and somewhat, someone would argue that, that it also uh, is jihad. Uh, but there's a verse in, in the Quran that says uh, those people that did that got 72 virgins. So basically, yeah, the idea is true. You do get a 72 virgins uh, if you do jihad. But it's always taken out of context from that story. It always, uh, they think that it's applied to anyone that does it. But in the Quran, it doesn't say. It just says that that, that happened and God gave them 72 virgins. So, yeah, it ah. says on this, uh, on this very... I'm sure, reputable list, that it is uh, a matter of debate in Islam, nowhere in the Quran, but is reported in other texts. So, yes. you know what? That wasn't fair of them to put on here, because they just said, I don't know. That, oh, they, this is CNN, the last one on the, the New list, York yeah. and they were getting it has, desperate. It has yeah. been mentioned in, in the Quran, but not in the context that people believe it to be. So, hmm. it's kind of always taken out of context. Makes sense. I'm sorry, yeah. Kyle, what were you saying? Uh, I was just sent those... Three links from CNN. Oh, raisins or virgins. I, yeah. I remember hearing something about that, and I was like, there's no way that a bunch of people just have continued to misread raisins for this I, long. I've heard it too. I don't pretend to know what's true, but I will say that 72 raisins isn't really that motivating to me. Um, if it's the there. year... If it's the year one, and I have 72 fucking raisins, you're gonna be like, what? <laughs> Where did you get them all? <laughs> I, I think so. Could I smell your hand? <laughs> the hand you touched the raisins with? <laughs> you got 72 fucking raisins back then. And they're like, look, if you, if you martyr yourself, your wife is getting all of this. <laughs> all of these raisins. That's a mid-afternoon snack. I, I just feel like snack. even your one version regular? of me is worth more than 72 raisins. I, I hope I bring in a dead uh, raccoon every once in a while. You know, I'd want to like, trade it in for a different meal. <laughs> you know, you like that raisins are great. Can I can I exchange those? Do you do exchanges here? Institutions. Have that, it your way. You know. <laughs> was that the last one, Taylor? Or are there more? I'm I'm eating oh, raisins more. now. Nice. Well, this must there. be heaven. Oh, you have raisins. <laughs> I do have seventy-two raisins. <laughs> um. Do you? Ha how long do you have to wait to file a missing persons report? Ah, they. 72 I, hours. I, I, yeah, I think there's. I always hear like 72 hours in the movies and stuff, but you can probably do it right away, right? I thought it was 24, yeah. but I'm going to guess immediately. Yes, it's immediately. Yeah. See, because like a lot of the problems with these questions is that you're like, you no. Know, but like if, if Jackie is just gone, Woody's like, Jackie didn't fucking just go anywhere. She's been taken. Like, we need to put this report in now. Like, it, it just wouldn't work. Like, yeah, that's too many people. That makes so much yeah. sense because like, yeah. It's one of those things that you don't think about at all when it's said in like a show or a movie where it's like, oh, I'm sorry, we can't carry that out. We're so busy with paperwork and cop stuff. <laughs> we got to wait, wait three days for you to report it. But like if someone like imagine yourself in that situation of telling a cop like my son's been taken. When, when was this? I don't know. This afternoon. Call me on Thursday. <laughs> you, you would be like, are you fucking kidding me? No, absolutely not. And so it's like the first time this question's really asked of you. You're like, oh. Duh, of course. Yeah, like, the cop right. can't just say, no, fuck you, come back in a couple days. Like, yeah, of course. I do believe but, the uh, police may take it more seriously, like, depending on the story, right? Like, hey, I came home from school, my wife wasn't there. Like, 
Yeah, well, on sometimes Tuesday, that happens, right? You know, like I think if you say that, they're going to take you very seriously as a suspect. You're like, uh, my wife hasn't been here since Tuesday. Why don't you fucking say something sooner? Well, in the movies, they always say 72 hours, and I, you know, yeah. I was worried, though. <laughs> well, that's all the, of the good ones that I got. All the rest, I'm realizing, are like, I'll ask it, and I can only ask it in a way that is, that gives away the answer. Because yeah. I'd have to be like, how many wise men were there? And then you guys would be like, well, you want me to say three, but that's clearly wrong, so <laughs> not three. I'll be like, oh, well, you're right again, you geniuses. Like, <laughs> all right, all right. So, so I, I, I don't know why I'm wired this way, but I can't let go of old topics. Taylor and Ahmed did not tell us what they were fixated on. Oh, I actually, oh. Uh, Ahmed, you go first. Well, I'm sorry, I was... What are you currently fixated on? Oh, that, yeah, yeah, that topic. I actually can show you. He has visual uh, aids. Indeed, I do. This is the He's book that I've been reading lately. Uh, Time of Content. Tell me Time more about content. this book. Is What's it a it fiction book, a non-fiction it's book? A, it's a fantasy book. It's oh. a fantasy book uh, that uh, Witcher games are based upon. The Witcher series. Hmm. Fantastic cool. writing. Really yeah. great story. So I uh, read the Game of Thrones books about five years ago or something. And uh, since then, I've been crazy about sci-fi and fantasy. So I've read Dune. I've read uh, uh, a lot of other sci-fi. Dune is great. Are you excited? You know, they're, you know they're making Dune again, right? I know. I know. They're making Dune again. That's going to be great. So, uh, yeah. And then now I'm waiting for the Winds of Winter. So I'm in the middle of reading Time of Contempt. There are two more books in that series that I will be reading. I bought all the books in the series. So that's great. If, if you well, ask me if Ger Martin will die before Winds of Winter came out, <laughs> I would... I, I honestly feel like it's 50-50. Yeah. I, it's coming uh, well, Has anybody I mean, else watched Dune? I want to talk about Dune now. Yeah, I Dune anything. Have you read Dune. or watched Dune? Oh, Arrakis, Desert Planet. Ah, that doesn't help. Got the ball of Ah, it's so good. It's like it's I like super it far. In the, it's it's like it. <laughs> it's like it's like the year twenty five or thirty thousand or something, and we've mastered like this intergalactic uh, travel using this spice melange that only exists on this one planet called Arrakis, and 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 the whole intergalactic government is like put this one family. It's very Game of Thrones esque that it's a family yeah. in charge of that planet to like. Uh, you know, make sure that the spice production continues because it's like the fuel. It is the only fuel that allows them to bend space and go anywhere they want in the galaxy. It's hyper important. And then like Sting shows up. He's Sting, like literally the musician Sting plays this character. And like he's from like this planet where the, their family is all like uh, it's all polluted and shit. And like the, it's really fucking good. It, the, the movie suffers from a lot of pitfalls so but the, the yeah. story <laughs> the movie was bad and, and super young woody wasn't able to get it all and they made me read the book in like fifth grade or something and it must be on like a high school reading level or something yeah. I, i'm like i don't know i'm just fucking baffled by this whole thing i looked at every word i can't say i really read it and uh that's my dune background so kyle I you've uh, you've read the books <laughs> no oh, only the movie. they're crazy long and they're special yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but there's only one uh, or two officials, well, official ones. Uh, but the rest are kind of like a uh, compiled canon. fan fiction. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Have you read and the books? So, on it? I've not read all of them, but oh. only the original Dune. So the only the original. Where is it? So does the first book? Does that? <sighs> I, all I want to know about is Paul Atreides and his story. Can I get that from that book? Uh, wait a second. I'm. 
throwing a blank. He's the main character. He's the guy who who fucking survives the uh, the invasion on Arrakis, and then he goes out in the desert, and you know he. The he's prince. The one who, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's guy. in the first book. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. in the first All right. book. Then I'm gonna read it. Yeah, I would it read it. That's a very interesting book. It's really well written, actually, as well. I, I'm excited because I like the old shitty movie because the story is so fucking good like, that I can abide its shittiness. And it's not complete shit. Patrick Stewart's in there. There's a few like interesting things, like the way they yeah. do battle in this future. It's not really laser guns anymore because at some yeah. point they created an energy shield, a personal energy shield that we can all wear. And so basically you're walking around with like a belt on that puts a force field around you. And if any projectile tries to enter that force field any faster than like... You know, you could toss a baseball, maybe it's blocked. So so the only way to do combat with someone wearing one of these is a fucking knife fight where you get them in like a jujitsu hold and then slowly bring the knife in through their shield and fucking kill them with the knife. It's yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's it's, it's yeah, cool. I didn't I didn't want to say intense. this, but I really, really disliked the movie when I watched it three years ago after I read the book. So it's good you've seen or you already seen the movie, you liked it a little bit, and now you're going to read the book. It's going to be uh, good for you. Yeah, You're going to like it. Yeah, I'm excited about the new movie, too. I feel like it's just such a gigantic, like, huge yeah. tale. So much there to work with. It's I'll like watch it. it I'm, I, I, feel like, I feel like a Game of Thrones fan who knew a little bit about that world felt when they heard that HBO was going to do this. Um, so, oh, yeah. yeah. I'll have to into that, because I can ignore a lot of shit writing and such if or i guess like shit scenes in a movie if it has a good enough fantasy world that i can kind of immerse myself in like there's it, uh i like it, that a lot it's sort of a next level of human evolution that they're talking about that that, that 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 like comes about and there there's a lot going on in this world there's everything from like i guess that thing's an alien that giant fucking slug that they roll into the room in that tank or whatever they, you know like there's, there's lots of stuff going on in that movie uh i, I would suggest it even though it's the uh, I'm not I, suggesting uh, it for the same reason i suggest lincoln i suggest lincoln because it's probably one of the best movies ever yeah. fucking made um you know one of those Oscars, the the list, Lewis killing it but i i recommend dune because it's just a fun ride and, and it's such a cool yeah. story taylor uh, the what two do you think from, uh, uh, it wasn't even a big I, I, I when we brought up the fixation topic, I was like, yeah, if this misses me, nothing will be lost <laughs> because what I'm fixated on is hockey because the playoffs are coming up and I always follow intensely everything about hockey as the playoffs go through and Magic the Gathering because I'm fucking loving Magic. I played with a bunch of friends last night and I'm introducing lots of new like friends that hadn't played it before to it that didn't even know I played, and so that's a lot of fun. I'm I'm. So fucking loving magic right oh, now. Magic it's is great, so man. Fun. I wish I could play with you, man. Magic is so great. Play it's online. Fun. So much fun. Yeah, possible. See, yeah. Never, you, you, uh, play you don't play Jizz. He's got the Tron deck. Ahmed, you <laughs> like you Did play right? Uh, you obviously play Magic, Ahmed. Isn't there just something about the physical cards that buying oh, yeah. one online, oh, yeah. you would be I've, like, ah, I don't want to buy a good deck online because I can't hold I've it. Never. I've never played the online version because every card costs like almost real money, like almost as the real version of the cards. Uh, so I played the the new version, Magic Origin, I think. It's on, oh, on everything. Xbox. Yeah, yeah. No, I played it on Steam, but uh, oh. and on my tablet. So that that was okay, I guess, because you play for, you pay for boosters and you get a lot of cards and stuff. But to be honest, as you say, like uh, having the physical cards and laying them there on the table, it's it's such a great game. And I like sharing it with people. Like I like when people come over and they're interested in it, being able to like 
show a collection and show like it, yeah. just get them more into it because they'll like have their little shitty starter deck and they'll be like, oh, like just last night I was doing some friends. I have a big, I was looking through it, my my rare binder. I was just like letting them look through and pick some shit and like put it in their decks. And it's it's fun to off. share. It's fun. Let's show off. What's sure. your oh. uh, most expensive card? Oh, oh ho oh, oh. This is this. Uh, people always comment. Oh, Taylor does a does a good job of making sure that the audience that's listening gets a little bit of uh, what's being watched. <laughs> not right now. Not right not, now. Not now. <laughs> okay, let me find two. I've got Progenitus, who oh, is one of my one. favorite cards, and Emrakul. The Eons Torn. Which one is this? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is Beast. This is yeah, a $60 card. 60. I've seen it played. I'd pay 65 I probably did. So. She, has plays <laughs> that in his, she has plays that in his Tron deck. It comes out regularly. Dude, I don't put this so card you see this? in. Wait, does, does he have... You remember this one? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. Gideon. I've, do, you, do you know how many times I, I pulled this? How many Once. Gideons do you have? I uh, have only two now, but I sold two of them. I pulled four in in a month That's from crazy. two booster packs. Is that a progenitus? Everyone started jumping around. I pulled no, angry. I pulled three from a booster pack and one from a, another. Oh My yeah, I love that card. Is, uh, is the, the hollow foil promo kind? So it's like sixty yeah. bucks. Yeah. Protection. It's game text says protection from everything. <laughs> That's the game text, and so yeah, 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 people yeah. are like. Aha, I can circumvent that and go around this. It's like, ah, that yeah, falls out of the category of everything. I mean, that card is really <laughs> hard to set up. I've uh, seen it, it played against me, but it's so hard to set it up in a perfect situation where you're not low on life and you're not being uh, hit around for, by artifacts and all that kind of shit. So I've, uh, it has been played against me two times, and I've won both times. So because all you it do always, to get yeah. it out is you play a cheap artifact, like <coughs> Ornithopter, Zero cost, or you get yeah. something to, to create a, a creature token. You have a whole yeah. deck. I had a deck like this till it was lost in a fucking flood. The only creature in the whole deck was Progenitus, <laughs> and it was just that and a bunch of red and blue instants. And the whole strategy was to get a know nothing like uh, artifact creature token on the field and then sacrifice it with Polymorph which allowed me to reveal cards from the top of my draw deck and put into play whatever the first creature I revealed was. And it was yeah. always this guy. And this guy has protection <laughs> from everything, and he has 10 attack. So it means uh, you have two turns to win the game, yeah, otherwise you're going to lose. Turns, yeah. Yeah. People don't know this about me. I played Magic for 19 years, never lost my virginity card. Never, never <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good yep. joke. All right, that, that was <laughs> Magic. But I, yeah, enough uh, Magic talk. Enough Magic. But I joke that off. Yeah. Oh, I love magic so that much. That joke went magic better than strange. I thought. I was like, read the room, Woody. Read the room. It's not going to work. <laughs> uh, Kyle's really killing it on Magic the Gathering Online, though. Really? I, I'm having a lot of fun. I, uh, I Lately, I've been playing like a mana ramp deck that's mono green, and uh, the whole goal is to get Genesis Wave out for as much as I can. Um, so I'm playing those auras that make each of my lands worth multiples, and then I'm playing uh, like Arbor Elf to untap so them and retap them. Uh, cards are about half cost, half price online, and you can buy singles, which is what I've done. Yeah. Um, so, so I'll I'll cast a Genesis Wave for like seven X X is seventeen or X is twenty on like turn five, and then you just you, you just fill the board with cards. It's really fun. Um, but but Chiz is just a real cocksucker. To Green play is against. that's such a fun strategy to Chiz play. Chiz doesn't like it when you say that. 
<laughs> I don't like care. what's funny is he'll be like Hal would be like Chiz plays a Tron deck and he's the you know, scum of the earth about it or something and then like and I don't know anything like I'm just eating it up like oh yeah I guess that's what scum does and then Chiz will like reply with these well written counter arguments on Skype and I'm like <laughs> well I guess Chiz is right he's just playing the game you know and uh, yeah I'm not I, I, nothing Chiz has done is unfair or anything like that. Um, but, but what he has done is, you know, he's, he, he's, he's been a real, real shithead and he's made a deck <laughs> like he's, he's made a deck that, that you wouldn't make when you're playing against a friend. You kind of made a deck that you'd play against an enemy, you know, like, like well, it, it, it's just, it's just a he, real he, it cunt seems, deck. It seems like he's doing something that like Taylor, is annoying. Taylor, explain to, this like in an unbiased way yeah, to a non-magic yeah, player? So, so basically what it is, is Chiz is deck teching way too much. And that's annoying, Kyle, because Kyle is making a deck, from what I understand, that is going to be a good all-around deck. Like this, I could put it into any situation. My green mana ramp, you said you're just playing, and it'll be competitive. Like, I don't want it or to I've be got like a turn, so selective. I've got like a legit tier two burn deck. That's Yeah, you've got, I was just using that one as an example. But the yeah. burn one, you, you don't make it to beat a specific deck. You build it to be competitive. What Chiz, I assume, is doing is what's also annoying to do in real life is when you play someone and they tech their deck, which means make changes of cards that are specifically against your deck. So it's not two people playing competitive decks that are meant to be played against anything. It's someone took their competitive deck, took out all the cards, like, oh, this is what I would usually run in here, but hey, against his deck, I'm not going to need to worry about in the instance. I'm going to take that out and put something that's all green hate. It's going to be land destruction, because that's what he needs. And so it's basically taking a deck and making eh, it solely we do for the that against each other. Tech. To be fair, yeah. we, we I, do that against each other. I'm just saying that bothers me, and it's annoying because you can always tell when it's like, oh, okay, so you're playing me with this deck you just revised, and you just played three cards that you would never have in the deck unless you knew I was playing a blue deck. So, Kyle, so it's not really so, like you're testing so you guys, Kyle, decks. why are you saying that Chiz is... I forget if you called him a shithead. Scum of the Earth might have been what <laughs> I called him. I forget. <laughs> no, I... I shithead, Scum of the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is Chiz doing... That, that, like, I don't know. Like, I, if, I, I, I try to explain like what I Chiz, imagine was happening. I, it, it, you're kind of close. It's when I purchase cards, it's often to achieve like some mechanic or to make something cool happen because I want to see like it's like in solitaire when you finally win. It goes, <laughs> like I want that <laughs> moment where like lots of cool shit happens on the board. And it seems like Chiz buys cards like that goddamn artifact that costs eight and his life count doesn't change once it's on the board that are just like he puts out these pieces onto the board that it's just like, oh, that's thing so hard to deal with. Yeah. Like, like you but, just put out a thing out there that I really need a niche deck to even deal with yeah. the threat that you've created that you Platinum spent like, Imperion. and he's got like multiples of them. And so like two of them come out and I was I'm like and, and every time I draw a card, I'm like, OK, if I if I draw artifact destruction, I can kill it and then I can kill him next turn because that's what it'll be. I'll have 20 life and he'll have one. This happened today. I had 20 life, he has one, and then he plays a card that makes it so that his life count doesn't change anymore. And then I'm just drawing turn after turn after turn to try to find some of my artifact destruction to get that shit off the board so I can put the coup de grace on him. And, yeah. and, but every time, but, but he's just further and further putting me into a hole with cards that do things but like Jesus, exile my cards or I, tap my cards. Jesus' counter-argument was that he's playing within the same spending limit that you are. You guys agreed to some spent cap yeah but he, that's all out the window, and he like man. showed all his receipts and everything and he's like look if i'm winning under this under the rules we established then i'm winning it's like yeah. i said i've got no problem with anything he's doing he hasn't broken any rules i like i said mm, the, the, I, 
the initial cost. It, it's like yeah, I've got the Maury Povich meme. Like you say, you have no problem, but the fact that you called him a <laughs> shithead has determined no, that's a lie. Playing in a way that that, that that angers me, or I feel is shitty. You know, like like just in, like in MMA, there's plenty of fighters who aren't breaking any rules. But goddamn, why you gotta be such a dick? <laughs> it's it's more just like when you're playing with a friend for fun. There are certain strategies that when you play them, people don't want to play with you anymore because it's like, okay, the entire purpose of this deck is you're trying to win by frustrating me and making me discard my whole hand or milling me out or full control with blue or whatever it's going to be. Like, like some of the, like, there's, there's ways to play that that's totally fine, and it is fine. It's just if you're trying to play with a friend. Like, what, if I were to play Kyle one-on-one -on, -one on my kitchen table... There would be a zero percent chance I would take out my reanimator deck as he took out his in-person deck, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, time to see who's better, bitch." Because it'd be like, "No, of, of course I'm gonna win," and he's gonna be very frustrated the whole time because it's hey. not that he can't win; it's that he has no way to win. Like he could play it as good as he can, but because I have a deck that's just a different strategy lined up to him, it, it's going to be better. The same thing yeah, with Chiz. There are like, ways you, to completely that Tron shut deck down. Is annoying as shit to deal with. Have you like guys played against uh, Stasis deck? Stasis um, deck? No. I haven't yes. been in the meta for a while, so I don't know. Yes, Woody, of course. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that is that is probably the most ridiculous deck you can play against. It's pretty much you don't get to play. Every time you want to play, you they just skip your turn. So there will be five turns where you're doing nothing, and the other guy is just putting his green stuff. It's a green-blue mostly. You mm -hmm. could go green red, but uh, mostly green, green uh, blue. Uh, it's ridiculous. Basically, you don't get to play. Let me. Uh, so that's uh, even more annoying. <laughs> really, but Let me do an right. It's not here. unfair. It's just a matter of maybe Chizen playing very family-friendly decks. I think that's it. Friendly. Yeah, and and, and is playing a more a more Smash Mouth version of Magic. That I suppose they you, you <laughs> can put it that way. I'll say this: if we, if we could put it in Civ terms, he's playing fucking Poland every goddamn <laughs> game or China, Poland, China, Poland, China, Poland, China, and I'm over there like Brazil. Like, like I'm just having. Yeah, you're fun just trying sometimes. new shit, trying new approaches. <laughs> anyway, all right. Let me tell Babylon, you about. Man. I, I love Babylon, um, Babylon's but but uh, I prefer Poland. Um, comedy and that's Civ Five. Comedy nerds rejoice. CISO has a has the comedy you crave with debut seasons of Shrink, uh, plus more from your favorite comedians like uh, Paul F. Tompkins, Dan Harmon, the McElroy brothers, Jonah Ray, the UCB Four, which include Amy Poehler, Matt Besser, Ian Roberts, and Matt Walsh in hilarious knee slapping CISO original series. The Cyanide and Happiness Show is the perfect combination of offensive and hilarious while exploring the absurdities of modern life, politics, and history with a heavy dose of cynicism. The great thing? It's only available on CISO. With CISO, you get unlimited access to CISO original series, next day late night, hilarious stand-up specials, binge-worthy classics, including 42 seasons of Saturday Night Live, the entire Monty Python catalog. I was watching the Ministry of Silly Walks just last night, and the Pet Store, it's so funny, the IT crowd, and more. A mind-bending superhero epic from Cyanide and Happiness? Check. An animated fantasy role-playing game starring J uh, Dan Harmon and hilarious uh, and famous comedian guests? Check. A fake reality show that lampoons the reality show genre entirely and relies on fabulous improv performances created by the genius minds behind comedy Bang Bang and Reno 911? Yep, CISO has that too. CISO is the next home for all of your favorite comedy, Britcoms and stand-up specials, bingeable classics, and more. And it's all on demand 
and ad-free. You like British comedies like the IT Crowd and Monty Python, or maybe you prefer classics like The Kids in the Hall and Parks and Rec. How about every episode of SNL and late night TV, including new episodes the day after they air? Well, CISO's the only way to do it. Access CISO content from anywhere at any time using iOS, Android, Roku, Amazon, Fire TV, Apple TV, Windows, or Xbox One. Ready for the punchline? CISO is just $3.99 per month. No joke, $3.99 per month for all the comedy you want, anytime, anywhere, ad-free. Just go to CISO.com, that's S-E-E-S-O.com, right now to sign up for one month free with promo promo code PKA at checkout. This is the best offer CISO has going right now. One month for free of laughing your ass off comedy at CISO just by using promo code PKA. That's CISO.com, spelled S-E-E-S-O.com, promo code PKA. And... Is What's it available that? in Europe? Maybe. Oh, maybe. It's maybe worth checking it is. Out. Yeah. Maybe. Go, I'm going to check, check it them out. out. Definitely. So. I watched, uh, Kyle showed me the Ministry of Silly Walks last night, and I'd never watched it before, and I was, I got so much more of a fucking kick out of that than I thought oh, I was going Sorry to. for my lateness, but my walk has gotten quite a bit sillier as of late. <laughs> that was really, really funny. Sorry, but you're going to. <laughs> yeah, I was going to do, uh, let me do this uh, last ad read. <laughs> Uh, Tracker, haven't heard from them in a little bit. Uh, phones, keys, wallets, we all lose stuff. It's just part of being human, or at least it used to be. Now with Tracker, you never have to worry about losing things again. Tracker is a coin-sized device that locates misplaced keys, wallets, bags, computers, anything in seconds. Just pair a Tracker device to your smartphone, attach it to anything, and find its location with the tap of a button. It's that easy. Lose your phone, press the button on your Tracker device, or even ask your Amazon Alexa, and your phone rings even when it's on silent. With over 4.5 million devices, Tracker has the largest crowd GPS locate network in the world. So your lost item shows up on a map, even if it's miles away. And with a 30-day money-back guarantee, there's no reason not to give it a try. Stop losing your stuff today. Go to tracker.com, enter promo code PKA, and you'll get free. You'll get a free Tracker Bravo with any order. That's T-R-A-C-K-R.com, uh, promo code PKA, <coughs> for your Tracker Bravo with any order. Yeah, Very cool. Check them out. They've got a super neat service. <sighs> yeah, they do. Did you hear that Kevin Gastelum was popped by USADA? Kevin Gastelum. He's I can't the, picture. There's too many names now. Uh, he looks Mexican to me, but I think he's not. He used to fight that at 170, he but he, thick, he looks thick and short. Yeah. yeah, he kept missing 170, and they yeah, fought at 185 like against Hector Lombard. Um, yeah. But so normally when I hear someone's pop by USADA, I'm like, fuck him, fuck every accomplishment he's ever had. You know, who knows how long he was dirty, etc. He popped for marijuana metabolites. Ah, I don't care. Uh, I, not even a little bit. So, but he's <clears throat> it. I might be wrong here. I thought that that only mattered if you're in competition, which is like in air quotes in competition, because that's a, a, a very well laid out and defined thing. What that period of time encompasses. I, I thought, thought only that then. too. Um, it looks like we're wrong, and uh, um, they're they're pulling him. And he, he was scheduled to fight Anderson Silva, and when? now they canceled it, June third. That's uh, okay. So that that flies in the face of what I had read on Reddit. Um, right, which is, I'm right there with you. Subreddit. Because because what they always say, like I I even heard like interviews, like I, I follow this pretty closely, and and I've heard that the guy be like, yeah, there's in competition and there's out of competition, and then he defi- might have been Bisping who did, who explained this, but um and Bisping went on to talk about that he thought the guy should be on marijuana anyway. He's like maybe it puts you in a place where you can take more pain, 
jujitsu guys are always talking about how create how much more creative they get when they're on marijuana. I don't buy into that horse shit, but hey, just saying. You know, I, you got I, I've, I've heard people take less brain damage on it, which hmm. if that gonna I make mean, a, add a little more cushion in there. I, the science doesn't make sense to me, but it's Not, a yeah. thing. I don't know. Put some goo in there to, to lessen the brain damage. He the, tested positive for carboxy tetrahydrocannabinol, sometimes called carboxy THC, which is a marijuana a marijuana metabolite. So okay. it's, 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 I don't know. I hear THC and I think, oh, yeah, I know that's the, that's yeah, the marijuana stuff. Yeah, he ate some edibles stuff. or he smoked some weed of some kind. He imbibed marijuana in some way or another and it's been metabolized it's, into that and they've tested for that. Yeah. I wish they would stop enforcing that one. And if uh, Jerry Jones of the NFL, you know, Dallas Cowboys owner, mm-hmm. big wig, he <laughs> recently said, you know, we didn't stop this with the marijuana, NFL. Like, like stop. Like, what's the point? What are we doing? Like, let them yeah. play ball. It is, I think the NBA may have stopped, although I'm getting that from my ass. But I have it in my head that they stopped testing for marijuana. Certainly haven't heard about it, and they look like the crowd that like that sort of thing. The NHL doesn't a, test for marijuana. A, they don't? The NBA did a test nope. on Kawhi Leonard last week. Like, no, two weeks ago, I think. Really? Also a similar thing, yeah. Kawhi Leonard, which, is, uh, which has been playing very well for the Spurs. Yeah, he people just randomly call got him tested the after. Yeah, he scored a 14. <coughs> I just lost everybody. The NBA said, like, oh. time for the test. Did he pass? I saw, um, I saw a fighter talking I about... I have no idea. I saw a fighter talking about a USADA issue today. I, I watched the video. He had a southern accent and a bit of a mullet. Um, and he looked like a heavyset guy. But, it, but he was basically saying he had... USADA had, he had tested positive with USADA Was for, he fat? He didn't look skinny. He um, wasn't Ray Nelson, he, though. No, definitely not him. Younger guy. He, he he was saying that he had tested positive with USADA for a banned substance, and they looked into it, and it's the same shit that McGuire used back in the day. It's like Ooh. androgenol or androgenin or androgenin or something like he that. He used creatine, too, but I guess it wasn't that. Yeah, but that's all that's all. Creatine's fine. fine. That, yeah. yeah, creatine's fine. He used this uh, this other stuff that's that, that's not okay. That's, that's like a test. Uh, it's like a steroid and a uh, performance enhancer for sure, and it's a banned substance. This guy tests hot for it, and he's like, whoa. And it, this is him in an interview. I'm parroting him. He's like, that's bullshit. I don't even take creatine. I don't take pre-workout supplements. I don't even take protein. I take a joint supplement. I take a multivitamin. That's it. So he goes to USADA. He goes, boom, boom. This is what I take. But he, he's like, I'm just, he, he literally, it was so funny. He's like, I'm trying to get some ribo flavoring in this motherfucker. I'm trying to get up, I'm trying to get up on my vitamin A. <laughs> and, and then the whole time they've got video of him, like, you know, there's a bag swinging and he's like ducking the bag and like, like doing drills and stuff. He's like, I'm trying to get my vitamin A. And as, as he gives them the supplements, they test the, not only those supplements, but they pull batches of the same batch number off the shelves, test mm-hmm. that shit. And sure enough, it's tainted supplement. Uh, and, he's, and he's all good. But he was, he was like, now I feel like I got a bad name. Now the Diaz brothers aren't going to want to smoke weed with me. He's like, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny, though. I like that guy. I, I want to know him now. Uh, yeah, I'm going to look it up. I'll find it. Hmm. It's only a matter of time till they'll get real. Well, I guess really the matter of time is when they legalize pot, is when it? they finally take it off all those sports. Because I, I guess I was wrong. The NHL does test for it. There's just no punishment for marijuana. You know, the NBA, something about... The transformation that NBA players' bodies go through makes me think that steroids are routine around there. Like, they just leave college as lanky, strong, but lanky guys, and they turn into, like, what LeBron James did. And it's they're just massively 
perfect physique. What, what other drugs do you think they do? Like, do oh. you think they do like cocaine? I was really no, talking about point. steroids, but I know I know um, John Wall uh, has <clears throat> done it. John Wall has had a pretty crazy story. He's a he point guard for the Wizard, Washington. Huh. He has he was got got caught with cocaine. Uh, I'm not sure cocaine, but his dad was a criminal, and he uh, was uh, he was involved in a shooting against police and all that crazy stuff before he. I think his first year in the NBA, he was pretty crazy cr- uh, crazy mm-hmm. story actually. Jeez. So. A lot of a lot of players in the NBA actually have have been tested for drugs. I don't know. Some some of them but may have been caught. They do but it in the I NFL think... too, but sometimes yeah. they yeah. like notify the players or people know that, that that there's a chance they'll be tested in this window. And yeah. it's real easy to avoid the avoid going positive. And a lot of these things, people, I don't know if everybody knows, but a lot of these things flush out of your system in like 24 hours. So yeah. it's super easy. Yeah. Especially just... Coke. Yeah, Coke goes out of your system super fast. Like that's. I'm surprised that every other sport but the NHL has players that are like, oh, he tested hot, but it's like it's known that the NHL has a Coke problem because it's a very oh, good it? drug, I guess, to do if you're playing hockey because it gets you really on point and ready for fast reflexes, and you're just have, you're out there having a blast, I get, I guess. But I saw some, uh, it was some clip of, it was actually Giroux. It was Giroux because he was he's known as a party animal, the captain of the Flyers a bit. And he was it was like a ref cam and he was going up to take a face off. And some other guy on the other team was like, hey, Giroux, buddy, you're playing like you had a bit of Pepsi earlier today. huh? having some Pepsi. And he's like, no, I don't do that. huh?" Like or whatever he said, because the Pepsi clearly being like you had mm-hmm. you have some Coke before the game, like asking him about saying you did Pepsi. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's definitely a thing because you would know in the game as they're like lined up for a face-off and you see some like white shit dripping out of this guy's nose mm. or something you're like oh yeah this that's that's for real but is I, it, isn't adderall real similar to adderall real similar to or i mean I, I don't know about the actual effect of what you're feeling but i know like it also gets you on point i don't know if it, <clears> maybe <throat> it's not as good to do adderall as cocaine i wouldn't imagine that adderall give you the rush that cocaine would but, um, I, you know, you, you've seen guys in sports use all kinds of uppers. Uh, back in the day, it was greenies. You know, they even, like, reference yeah. greenies in that It's Always Sunny episode. Like, like uh, I can't remember which baseball player it was, but he's, uh, he's that guy who, th- who threw the no-hitter while he was on LSD. Uh, he's that guy. Um, he, he was... Uh, <laughs> was it Nolan Ryan? <laughs> no. He would talk about, like, uh, doing the... Gre- this was a black guy. He was talking about doing greenies, these, uh, these amphetamines, and he... And, and, about how many you take, and, and it was, he said something like, Doc I Ellis. take the, uh, yeah, Doc Ellis, he's, he's like, I take like a whole handful of them and throw them on the table, and whatever, whatever stood up, I took, but if not enough stood up, whatever fell, I take them instead. <laughs> I was like, this is just your way to take an ungodly amount of effort before you hit the field. <laughs> like, he's like, I just throw them on the table, whatever stood up, <coughs> take it. Sometimes none stood up. So I just take them all. <laughs> but he, he, it, it used to be on Netflix, and he, he tells the whole story about the day he went out there high as a kite on LSD, and and like he's looking at the picture and like seeing stuff, right? Like like he's seeing like the universe flowing into the catcher catcher's mitt, and he's like sending the ball on some sort of Milky Way ride every time he throws his, it, his arms mind. like stretching all the way to the, the uh, glove every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just out of his gourd. It's it's real fun to How would you do that. that to yourself? It's the same thing that the South Park guys did years ago at the Golden Globes or Oscars oh, or Emmys, Oscars. one of the award shows. I don't know. 
Yeah. They, well, you got to keep in mind, they were also both dressed as Jennifer Lopez, who the year prior had wore that super sexy dress that was a huge deal where like her boobs were almost hanging out and it was, it was like taped to them. It was like split down the front. And so they show up the next year in the same goddamn dress, high on LSD. <laughs> Yep. They're funny. <laughs> they are really funny. <laughs> that seems like the most stressful thing in the world to Not be like, give oh, a fuck. <laughs> strong yeah, counterpoint. Feel, yeah. They even said they're like, uh, when they're doing the interview, they're like, and for those of you out there who have done LSD, you'll know that the most difficult thing to do is transitioning and or, or the most intense thing, I, I think he said, is, is transitioning to a new environment. And so when we pulled up in that limo, we had to basically like open that and be like, <gasps> like into a whole new world of shit. <laughs> like and red like, carpet. Oh like, yeah, like, oh, I, I can't imagine. So that'd be, that'd be so stressful. I've oh. never done a hallucinogen, so I don't know. Maybe you, it really mellows you out to the point where you're like, oh, everything's doing great, I guess. All the, the floors blend in together or whatever you see. I don't think mellow is what you get. I'm not sure. I'm Ed. I don't know. Uh, sorry? <laughs> about the drugs? about LSD. I didn't think you really knew. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but I do know a friend that told me about a friend of his that uh, has been... Uh, do, he has failed the university for about six years or something. He has fucked his life with alcohol and drugs. And the latest story is that they were in Amsterdam and they were drinking and uh, taking some LSD and other drugs. And uh, two days later, he wakes up in the other side of the country near Belgium. In Eight Arne. miles away. <laughs> uh, well, more like 180 <laughs> miles away. But anyway, uh, so he wakes up there. He has no idea where he is. He's half naked. People are looking at him at the, the train station. And that just seems to me ridiculous that you could lose yourself in drugs. So I, yeah, I've but... never had an experience with that. So He sounds like Van Wilder. He's still in school. It's not like he oh, flunked yeah. out. He's, yeah. just, he, he just, he's just, he just hitting his out. seventh year, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like sure, he years. should be pre-med by now. But, hey, he's going to get that associate's degree. Don't worry. Just, <laughs> yeah. Stop yeah. rushing him. He flunked out last year after six years, I think he told me. He got his associate's okay. after six years? Tell me that. Up. No, no, no. He didn't get anything. He, he flunked oh. out after six years. No, he didn't make it that far. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't make it to his... Yeah, that he was like got a bachelor. White. When, like, I, when, I, when I left college... And I had all my friends my age, like mo most of them were obviously leaving too in four years as a lot of, as most people kind of do in four years. And as I was leaving, there were so many people I knew who were like, oh, I'm taking a victory lap, which was what you call a fifth year where you have to go back and do something else. And at the time it was like, oh, you lucky son of a bitch. Like you get to go do that. And I have to go out to the real world. And then like visiting back like a year and a half later than that. And seeing those same people being like, oh, you know, got rough that last semester. I got to take a sixth year. It sucks, dude. Like, it became very quickly like, ah, this is pathetic. Like, this is not where you should be now. Because these were not people who were like, I just can't figure out the school. It's too hard. It's just people who were like, ah, oh, man, I, I know this is the third time I've taken accounting too, but I think I'm just going to get high and do nothing again. And, not and fuck study. college girls for another year. Yeah, as they stay the same age and I get to the creepily hey. old uh, area where, yeah, like, because uh, at some point it's like, dude, you're like 24 years old. This is obviously years, a couple years ago, but like you're yeah. like 24 and still like going to bars with like seniors in high school or seniors in college, fresh, like some of them like juniors and sophomores who just got in there with fake IDs. It's like, it's a little weird. You start to get guys that thing. 
Go ahead. In high school, were there any guys who had graduated already or were like a year, two years older who were still coming back and like hanging out and trying to do stuff? Yes. Those were those guys were such losers. We made fun yeah. of them. We even knew then at the time when they'd yeah. come back. It's like, oh, you're coming back because you couldn't cut it and make new friends and you're I, too set in your ways here. I wish I like, could say I'd seen the same, but I saw the exact fucking opposite of it. I saw a guy who had, I was like, what year did you graduate? You know, like, I was like, you look familiar. Like, I know you can't be that, you can't be four years older than me. So you're at least 21, 22, I guess. You know, I'm like 18, just have graduated. We're on like our senior trip. And this guy pals along on the senior trip. And it's like, he gets two bitches and he can buy alcohol and he's getting late and he's doing whatever he wants and just like stumbles in there. Like, hey, I'm here. Anybody want to fuck me? And they do. It was shocking. I couldn't uh, believe it. I, till this you're, you're, day, yeah. to this day, I'm like, that happened dude I, that that will still happen i should have clarified all the guys hated the guys who came back <laughs> because the guys who came back all the girls think oh he's a college guy he's cool oh he likes me all those college girls out there and he wants to be with me he wants to fuck me you know i, I, I must be as cool as those college girls and really it's just like oh i'm not confident enough to talk to him when they're all my age so i come back like some fucking predator and sneak some junior in high school away in, in um, my high school, it was yeah. usually the coolest people who came back, right? It was never some nerd going huh. back and, like, elevating his status. It was a guy who peaked in high school. And, and you know, like, yeah, he was the captain of the football team two years ago. Now he's hanging out with us at some bonfire with beer. And because of that, like, the other cool kids would hang out with him. Like, yeah, you know, they were on the football team together or whatever. But it wasn't, like, I, I feel like it was still known. Like, oh, yeah, that guy... Like he peaked in high school. He's a, he's a yeah. warning sign to the rest yeah. of us. Not, not it is. A stud. Yeah. I have a new topic. <coughs> I watched a YouTube video today of Wings of Redemption. Oh, I today. saw part of it. What was right, it about? Me, so let me lay this out there, and maybe maybe the listeners want to go check it out themselves. I, I, I found it quite entertaining. It's a two-parter. I think at least it should be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is it a two-parter or is no, that no, no, there's a first part of it that uh, there, he didn't put them sequentially or anything but like the other day he made a video where he's like i got these people renting the trailer next to me that my grandmother used to live in and they gotta go they're not paying their rent it's been like a month two months something like that told them to leave they're not gonna leave i have to have them evicted so the first video is him laying all that out there and going into the courthouse and doing the paperwork to get them evicted though none of that is filmed Fast forward to today, and we get the eviction. They're already moved out, and so you get to see the aftermath of what these people had done. If you're very familiar with Wings and how he's set up like, and everything, you know he's got his grandma, gangster grandma, living right next door in that single wide, and then he's in the double wide. No, they're both uh, living together now. They're both living together now. And but but it used up. to be okay. that he had the grandma's trailer next door, and then he's in the double wide. Well, now the grandma's in there with him, and uh, he's been renting out that single wide that the grandma used to live in for, for a, a good amount of time. Those people ruined that place. Like you go in there and like I know his grandma smoked, but apparently these people smoked so much more that like the cigarette smoke has stained stuff and where there was like a small leak in like the ceiling. Imagine, you know how like it's a popcorn ceiling that's been completely stained by cigarette smoke and then some water leaked through and that brown cigarette smoke flowed with the water down the wall and made this gross stain. And then he showed where like he's replacing like like there's cigarette butts everywhere and like 
the sink is ruined and there's a window broken out. They really trashed the place. And speaking of trash, he goes in the back porch and there's 30 bags of rotten garbage out there. Um, I enjoyed today's video. How, how long were they there in in the trailer? I don't know, but it seemed that they were a month or two behind on the rent. So, you know. Mm, so you guys have much. been in contact with Wings lately? I watched mm, the videos. I don't think <laughs> I have. Watched, yeah. It's completely huh. done. Well, that sucks for him. I, I don't watch his videos, but yeah, I, mean, I mean, that blows. I wonder it's what it looked like beforehand. Guy. Like, clearly, like, at first I was like, were they bad tenants? Or is he just blaming all the wear on them? Well, it looks like they put out their cigarettes on the carpet. And, like, that's where... You don't think that's what the, all those burn marks I mean, were? There's, I didn't see any burn marks on the carpet. Um, there were... Um, it's very dirty. Um, it's very dirty in there. And the carpet that, he, that, that used to be white, he says, is, it, it looks filthy. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't see any burn marks on the carpet. I did see, like, cigarette butts on the carpet. But to me, that transitions from mouth to ashtray to floor. Like no smoker, I'm telling you, like like would would throw a cigarette in a household. Like like nobody's that retarded or careless or just okay. no one does that. That's just not a thing. Like I like literally thought they were using the, the carpet as an ashtray. Oh, nobody would do that. Like 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 it's really stupid. That that nobody would do that. I promise you. Yeah. Like like smokers have like a thing <laughs> that they do with them. Like I can still feel a cigarette butt in my hand right now because I flicked them the same way every fucking time. It was, I, I would have it right here and I could. And I could flick that thing so fast that it would like if it hit a holly bush. Sometimes it would be impaled on the holly bush and just <laughs> ah, the butt would just stay there. And I always thought that was cool as fuck. I was like, "What are the odds?" And I've done it like three times ever, and every time I'm I like, had, ah! "I had to chain smoke two packs, but I got it." <laughs> <laughs> but I got it. I've lung disease, but I got it. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was pretty fucking entertaining. I, li- I like checking in on wings every now and then. Just so you know, wings, that's not the same sink. Okay, you replace a plastic sink with a porcelain one. They're very different materials. Porcelain won't melt. That's how you know. Hmm. I like the context for that one. Um, I like this political question. I know people are going to be whatever. (laughs) So this question is the inverse for Kyle and Taylor versus me. To Kyle and Mirka, what political moves by Trump would make you feel that he's doing a bad job? And what then, a eating bullshit and question. They, this is our stupid <clears throat> thing. Yeah, and then they ask me. Identify yourself, sir. <coughs> You're part of. Answer this thing. very leading question that no. starts with you on the back foot. Go. No, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Just let me finish the question. And then he says to Woody, what moves would make you feel like he's doing a good job as president? I, I didn't see that. It's so terrible. Like, oh, it totally is. What would yeah, flip yeah. your opinion of Trump? That's all he's asking. It's, it's not that like no. you have a flip, an opinion to flip. Like just yeah. like with anything, you don't have one solid opinion on one thing. Like when I think about anything, I'm not like, that is all good. Or that is all bad, except for like Cheez-Its and sour cream. <laughs> that, sour cream is all bad. Cheez-Its are all good. But most things that. aren't that that binary. Like there's stuff that he does that I do like, and then there's stuff that he does that I don't. A good example of what he, of not doing is the healthcare thing, trying to ram through, being uh, annoying as shit, trying to primary other Republicans because he doesn't seem to know how to work well within that, and he's trying to just bulldoze through different areas and try and get stuff done in a I different way. That. I don't like. I don't like that. I don't. Well, of course you don't because you you want to see that schism come up. No, um, you see, don't assign a motive to me. Like I, I always I flip it. Like I, I ask myself if Hillary was president. Would I like it if she was hiring Chelsea and her husband for like important posts? And I think yes, no, that's fair. I don't, I don't think I like that. It See, shouldn't, that, it's, it shouldn't be it, a family business. Yes, I totally agree with you there. Like the Ivanka stuff, I don't like. It seems like so many people who are Trump fans 
are just like, just like, oh, Ivanka, she's so brilliant and awesome, and I love her, and she's great, and it's like, no, not really. Like, I don't see what, I don't see this brilliant person that you're all talking about, and why she should be in these positions or these have access to these things that she does. Like, cause that's, she that could is something be a that's totally Sarah true. Palin in sheep's now, clothing. We if, haven't if, heard her say anything of substance. I felt like that's I was true, alone in that. It's, it's I'm like, am I just uneducated? To, is she brilliant? And I haven't been no, watching enough. No, you're, I you're feel right. like all she's done is look great. She's well-spoken so, and she handles herself with a lot of poise. Yes. And no, grace. Wait, did he, did Trump get <coughs> her position in the white house? Did, what? did, did he give her a position? Her oh, no, no, not, not an official position, just oh. an office. She has an okay. office and she has top security clearances and she's like part oh, of the wow. team now. And her husband yeah. is well, who the most is important the person is seems to change all the time. But her husband, they're, they're joking now that his responsibilities are so broad that most administrations would consider this a crisis. But in yeah. the Trump administration, it's just considered like a, a faith in how great he is. All right. Well, let me yeah, answer I, the question. It, it's not. All right. Go ahead. Um. Uh, yeah, I think it's a super leading question because I, I think that some people have this idea that Taylor and or I have this like love for Trump that that is impenetrable. And every time we see him do a thing, we're just like, ah, oh, but that's Trump. It's okay. Like, no, I, I'm not a fucking moron. And I'm certainly not uh, so one-sided that I don't see like every step of the way when he's doing this shady shit. There's lots of things that I don't care for that I'm seeing out of Trump. It's just the truth. And I won't defend them because they're indefensible. When you run into something like that, you can't defend it. What am I going to say about X, Y, or Z things that he's done that I don't care for? I don't like all the Russian smoke. I don't like his ineptitude. It, it, there's no other word for it. I don't like his lack of attention to detail. I, li I don't like his lack of passion for EPA his uh, office. And the uh, I love his EPA stance. I, I like his EPA shit. stance. I like uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't care about the environment anymore. I'm, I'm done with that. Well, I'm that's not the angle to take. I don't think that... Uh, <coughs> But, but seriously, the EPA stuff, I just I just care very much less about. Hmm. I, I, you know, the like my water's clean. I mean, you know, Coca-Cola purifies the shit for me. Mm -hmm. All right. Like, like they make <laughs> like, sure that there's no lead but, in here. But to Kyle's point of like, like it, it's it's way too there's too many moving pieces to really like or hate it as a as a singularity, because it's like, like I really like the nomination of Gorsuch. I think he's a, a good choice. And so I like that aspect of it. The way that Trump responds to questions about Syria, as an example, where it's almost like, well, it's not almost like, it's clear he doesn't know what he's talking about, and it's almost like he doesn't even seem that interested in becoming more informed of it. I don't like that. And he so, not you, want and there's not like a scale somewhere where you can be like, all right, the Gorsuch nomination counts for three three happy points, and this is one one frowny face, and you aggregate <laughs> those into one and a half stars, and like, there's no way to know. There's too much shit to go by so it's like yeah there's a lot of stuff he does that i don't like and there's a lot of stuff he does that i do like if that Trump happens making... when, when your main source of uh, information <clears throat> is breitbart and fox news <laughs> that's the reason i mean he's he... listening to them and he tweeting about them so i think it's ridiculous <clears throat> yeah, his twitter he needs to settle down if yeah, trump were making deposits and withdrawals with my opinion with him he makes very few deposits, and it seems like almost everything he does is a withdrawal. And, and I go through the list. It's a lot of times the list hasn't changed, but you know the the ISP thing is new. There's the bribery thing for energy companies that's not this new thing uh, with the what do they allow coal companies to dump ash in the in the water? Um, yeah. The reason he's so pro coal, if people haven't put this together, is that 
coal jobs are in swing states, right? So he's not governing like the country here. He's trying to win swing states. That that's why you know there's more people working in Arby's. That's a stat that keeps getting thrown around than there are working that, that, with coal. That, uh, one, like is that I, true? I totally understand what I no, that is true. I totally uh, understand what you're saying. It is a stupid, misleading way to present it, though, because if mm -hmm. you compare the amount of families being supported by those jobs and the amount of money actually oh, going to those RB people thing? and the amount of yes, yeah, so it's like oh, these all these people with part-time you know jobs making two hundred dollars a week. You know, they they count that that one job counts the same as this guy who's a full time <laughs> coal miner who makes one hundred and ten thousand dollars a year. Never mind the industries and, like, and services that the coal industry. It's, it's just a very lazy, misleading way to present up. it. I don't and like I'm not well, pro solar coal. does a coal lot seems... more. But yeah, there's a lot more jobs in solar. And the reason he's so focused on coal jobs is that they're in swing states. And, and that's the. On a related topic, that's one of the reasons I hate the Electoral College. It While seems I, like automotive jobs and coal jobs and you can become president because no one else changes their vote. And that's, that sucks. I don't, th I don't know why he likes coal. I'm not sure if it had... I think that like attributing it to his, uh, his want to win swing states is almost giving him too much credit. Like, no, that's what it is. I, I don't know about that. Um, I, I, totally I, 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 would, I wouldn't be surprised to find that he will profit greatly if the coal industry does well, or someone he knows will profit greatly if the coal industry does well. Or in some way, if the coal industry does well, then this industry does well, and they're the ones who like write all the leases for coal mines or something. It could be so convoluted and complicated that it's difficult to even make out what's going on. But I don't know if he, this guy has like an election in four years on his mind right now when his when – his, his his approval is like thirty percent, thirty seven percent, or something like that. Like going down. Get the swing well. states, dude. Let's just just to try yeah. to win one for the home team. So right? to answer the question for me, what, what do I want from Trump that would like dramatically improve my opinion of him? I would like to to see him set up America for some sort of long term success. Right. My initial idea on that is like renewable energy. You know, we could be the solar country where everyone gets their stuff from. We have all the patents and such, and the Chinese are paying us to manufacture. That would be a thing. But I don't know, maybe there's other things, maybe faster broadband, maybe better highway systems, maybe you know, something that would make America competitive in the long term would really improve my opinion of him. Maybe it's irrigation and water or something that turns us like, into some better country. I, but, I, I did some research on the solar thing and it is a good idea. <coughs> But it's like we put so much money into solar research and shit every year, and it's not like it's it's not at the point yet where we can transition a bunch of stuff to solar all in one. Like it provides like what a single digit amount of power to this country, like two percent of the power, and it's like two three percent, like nothing. So it's like I I, I want to see nuclear happen because it seems like that would be so much fucking power, and it would be it would be clean, so everybody can get behind that. And we can do it so much safer, but people are afraid of like the uh, Three Mile Island kind of shit. Where which nothing is bad happened. That's understandable. Like no, but, nobody like, got hurt. But psychologically, hearing nuclear, it's like it, it does trigger something where you're like, solar, that wouldn't hurt me. Maybe a little bit of a red mm. tan, but that's fine. Sunburn, but nuclear, oh god, that'll tear me to, to smithereens. But that that I think that is the future is nuclear because yeah, it's going to be totally clean. It it's going to be so much fucking power. It's going to be cheap. I was, uh, I was be watching a video beautiful. about, about, the, <laughs> oh, about no. a Dyson sphere. Do you know what a Dyson sphere is? I don't. That's, that's the idea of enclosing our star or a star um, in, in a, in a right. device that would capture its output. It was, it's a pretty cool video. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. And, and, it is, uh, it's so crazy what people can do.
what we can do now. We is co-opting the success of our species, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, right? I feel like we should take some credit, right? Like we're here. We're a product of their accomplishments. We're a product of their DNA. We're a product of everything that they were and or are. You know, we don't get here without some... We are the descendants of the most badass motherfuckers that, that uh, you know, like a half million year, or a quarter million years of evolution could, could fucking form. Not to mention all the infighting and the war and the pestilence and the disease and the beasts of the land. Like, and we're here. We're the product of all that, that hardcore motherfucking shit. But so were the Swedes. The Swedes were fucking Vikings, and now they're getting legislation to have to sit down to pee and stuff. Well, you know, look at (laughs) solar power production, and and like, first of all, it's it's a little higher than than you said. It looks like it's one point four percent, but that's a little lower. Said you said I said two or three. Oh, my mistake. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to get the year on that. The interesting thing about it is the trend. Like, it, solar was like nothing, 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 and now it's like a near vertical hockey stick. Like that number's doubling every year, and so anyway, I think I, a lot of that is because we're putting so much more money into solar than nuclear because people don't want to go nuclear. It's yeah, about it the efficiency, right? Like, like, like nuclear's gotten to where it's gotten, and then we're going to have to start going to some sort of fusion reactor to go to the next level of nuclear. But it seems like solar is almost obeying. What's the law, Woody, for a computing you're, process? Which you're thinking has thinking of Moore's law. Yeah, solar follows some almost a similar uh, growth pattern where it gets more and more efficient. <laughs> it, eventually, solar is just going to be extremely efficient, and the sun is just a can't you one nuclear engine that we've got for free up there if we could harness that sure that's what i can just see a future where like tons of dads are buying like they're swapping out their roof with a twelve thousand dollar solar roof and then you know now they've got all this power production and they can't wait to put their electric car off their roof because would you rather have would you rather have a $22,000 fusion reactor in your garage <laughs> just just vibrating and emitting a nice warm glow powering everything for generations mm, to will come? Will it give hey, you a tan as well? Because solar can do about, that. And I, think that anyway. I do prefer nuclear, by the way. It does seem like the best thing that we could do because hydroelectric has lots of drawbacks from the from the pollution and all the, th- all the energy that goes into the creation of the thing to uh, messing up habitats and changing the, the, the course of rivers and, and all that stuff. That can be bad. Um, I don't know what the legitimate downsides of solar are other than it's quite inefficient, very expensive, and the Chinese seem to have an edge on us, and that's only going to get worse because we've got President Trump. Um, that, you know, the on nuclear- the hydroelectric thing, like I, I, I'm mostly ignorant on this, but I'll tell you, every time they put it up, it seems like shit gets better. Like, I fucking love it. Like, yeah, yeah we that's put what this I run thing. On. Yeah, All now, this is hydroelectric. Really? This is oh, yeah. probably nuclear. I, anyway, oh. um... Uh, there's these beautiful lakes and, you know, lakefront homes in the area and the property values go up and, and it's, it's a, it's picturesque. It's amazing. And they say, ah, but there's a fish that doesn't like this. And I say, fuck that fish. This place is great. And it gives me free electricity. Like I'm not so green that i'm like i I, i'm willing to i'm on i'm on your side with fuck that fish i don't (laughs) care about that fish unless it's a tasty fish Mm. but i I just i found this i was looking at like (coughs) solar versus uh nuclear and like the reasons for the debate uh Uh, i just linked the article i've been skipping around it It says that uh one major problem with the cost analysis of solar versus nuclear is that uh solar costs are examined uh without the installation cost but simply the price for the module itself 
whereas nuclear costs are full installation costs because it's a, a building, you know, it's an actual place. Uh, another problem is that a watt of nuclear power provides about three times as much energy over a year as a watt of solar power. Uh, but, I, I don't know what that means. I don't understand means. that. Yeah, I, my, my initial thought would be they both provide a watt. Yeah, it seems like the, what weighs more, a pound of feathers or a pound of rocks kind of thing. Yeah, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Is one but, a steady uh, watt and the other a You guys a don't have any, any, uh, any wind or turbine uh, power in America? Not very we much. do. It's just not that much. It depends. Like, here, I know in, in California uh, in there's a good amount. It's very popular. Yeah. yeah it's, and, it, our, this uh, country is just so, so big, though, compared to Holland. Have you seen the wind farms in California? Like They put them on the ridges of mountains and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, depending on the geography, obviously, but it's very viable because almost forty percent of Holland's infrastructure runs just on wind and turbines. A lot of times, and it's so efficient. Dozens of buildings. A lot of times, when they um, <laughs> try to erect windmills, there's major like political opposition. I guess they make some noise, and yeah. uh, people don't like the way they look. I remember in Massachusetts, they wanted to put it off. I forget the town name, but anyway, they wanted to put uh, windmills just offshore. And they were going bonkers over it because it would ruin the horizon and stuff like that. So that you run into that a ton in America. I don't know why. So I don't know. Here, here they just place, are... them, place them in the middle of a field or a middle of a, a ranch or something, and they're not very in, intrusive. The, not know, as much as solar uh, solar technology, which takes a lot of space. It does, but I, I hear. Story after story I've, I've read where farmers agree to put a windmill thinking like, oh, my gosh, it's just a tower and, uh, you know, it's free money for me because they get like a recurring lease. Yeah, and then yeah. they hear, then they figure out that it makes a noise and they find that unlivable. So, yeah. They kill uh, birds. Uh, you can hear them. They're ugly I'm so and they're loud. the bird argument, by the way. I put that right next to the fish. They, Fuck they them don't, both. They don't they kill, do kill them. I don't airplanes, care. Airplanes kill Some more glass birds buildings. than turbines. Airplanes you know disrupt mi migratory patterns, so the, the airplane's just going to be here today for one fucking second, the airplane's going to exist right there. That turbine is now here, and it's not just one, it's the entire landscape is now littered with turbines, and so that every flock of eagle, every flock of bird, eagles don't fly in flocks, every flock of bird has to deal with this now gigantic barrier, and I don't care about the yeah, fucking if, birds. If it takes them just more saying. than one, if, the, if yeah, they go through their pass-through, they're in their big flock, and mm -hmm. they fly directly through a turbine, and they go, oh fuck, jeez, we just lost like six of our buddies right there. What was? Th oh, it was the it was the spinning thing in the sky that we flew right through. Like you should only need one fly through for the birds to figure it out. And if they continue flying through and through and through, then that species didn't deserve to exist. Evolve, adapt, be better. <laughs> I, I've, I've heard the adapt, bird yeah. argument a lot, and I wonder if it's, it's people valid. grasping at straws or, like, so how does it compare to a, a glass building? That's what I'd like to know. Because they, oh, I don't yeah. know, they fly into the glass. <laughs> if you've never worked in a glass building, birds just fucking hit it all the time. Like you work, you yeah. type in away, and just yeah. they, the birds yeah. die, and they they don't they think they're flying into the sky because it's reflective. So they go beak first at I'll make up a number twenty five miles an hour, and they die every time. Uh, yeah. So because their bones are little hollow, yeah, you know, pixie sticks. Glass buildings are just mirrors in the sky, and birds no, fly into them and die. That that's, that's just a good an counter excuse. argument. That's just an excuse politicians use to uh, keep their interests and their, you know, because they're being paid by by the coal industry and by the. By Are you all telling the me Donald Trump industry. doesn't really care about the the eagles? Because he doesn't I heard care Donald about that big titty. Of course not. Of course not. Donald <laughs> Trump is uh, is a birdman.
that on the EPA stuff, I, I like sometimes I feel like they're grabbing a, bird, a frog man. and using that as an excuse to stop development. And I'm not a big fan of that. No, um, but other times or when they find they would, a burial ground or something, I'm just like bulldoze it. Exactly. Yeah. But when it. it comes to like human <laughs> drinking water and breathing air, uh, that's the stuff that I really like about the EPA. Well, and, I mean, which humans? <laughs> which humans? Americans, right, Kyle? Yeah. <laughs> Are you talking about the Iraqis? I said <laughs> humans. <laughs> no, he's talking about the Irish. You've watched the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Irish. Fucking Irish. Hate hate a hole. <laughs> I heard Connor's speaking of, Irish, speaking of Irish, I just wanted to say Connor McGregor against Merriweather. Yes, you guys, I heard uh, he's training for 147.5, right? I saw some, uh, some oh, footage that's gonna be crazy. it up today. Oh, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. Every, so that's the first stage of this fight is the rules, right? Yeah. And they have grabbed a weight class so low, Connor barely makes it. That guy looks like a skeleton when he weighs 145. So let's assume 147.5 is the same. Connor looks skinny to me at 155. Like he's not big and bulky or like. And he, Connor's bigger than Mayweather. So they just freaking shrink Connor down to Mayweather's size. And, and then, of course, it's all boxing. It's boxing gloves. It's boxing rules. Mayweather's got to hit that fucking weight, too. And he hasn't fought there in a while. He's fought oh. as. He's fought at like 165 before I thought. Like, is like he Mayweather tiny. I, I need to check up on. So it's just are they are you they using boxing gloves or? We MMA don't know. There is gloves. nothing in in stone yet. The this the story today. The new thing is that Connor's camp says they are training like the fight is on at 147.5 with boxing gloves, and that's what he's working on now. Man, yeah, that, he's gonna get Mike beat Gregor. bad, isn't? He? Yeah, McGregor is fast, man. He's probably. No, no, no. I, I mean, McGregor. If, if it's a just a straight up boxing match, isn't Mayweather going to beat him pretty badly? Nobody knows, man. We just yeah, he's don't. He's really fast. Hey. And the other guy, Mayweather, is really old, guy. So how old is he? He's is he? Is he only like thirty eight? Forty. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is a big I mean, difference. He's, Connor is bigger. Connor is probably stronger. He's. I don't know about younger, faster. Yeah. Faster. But he's definitely younger, younger and uh, and he's in incredible shape. Maybe he's got the cardio. But but I think what you got to do is like listen to the experts and what they're saying about this. And yeah. most of them are saying like, well, you don't really know. Like this could happen or that could happen. You don't want to count that guy out, that champion who knocks people out with his fucking left hand. Like it's nothing. But yeah. how can we discount yeah. the guy who's forty nine and zero and is supposedly the greatest pound for pound boxer that's ever lived, although he is forty now and yeah. Nobody knows what's going to happen. That's to, why it's so, such a big deal. Yeah. Like the actual stats seem to all be about McGregor, but and maybe this isn't as big a deal as I think it is in fighting. But like if you're used to and you've been training for your entire life with these four ounce gloves, and then they're like, all right, do all that same muscle memory, but you're wearing eight ounce gloves, and it's not the same amount of space that's being taken up. Your hands aren't in the same position. I don't know ostensibly, and yeah. you have to fight like that. Like that could be enough, maybe. And my maybe I'm wrong. Where it's just to throw him off and make it so his, his tempo is not the same. So that's gonna be a big part of it. Not because Connor has <coughs> never experienced boxing gloves before. It's not like he's like, oh my god, what are these? Like I'm sure he spars with them, he trains with them, he's oh, used yeah. them many times before in his in his boxing. Mayweather lives in them though, right? They're his yeah. bread and butter. Like like Mayweather's been in those gloves forever. It's what he's made millions hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars wearing and doing i, I have the weight answer uh, mayweather's last fight he weighed 146 and then of course connor is he's big at 155 he's the champion there so and 145 
Yeah, he's, he's the champ at 140. Yeah, kind he's of. The champion. God. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Connor made 145, whatever that was, two years ago. People say he can't make it again. Connor always maintained he can. I guess he's signing up for 147. Um, I, I don't know. And also, I keep hearing how much bigger Connor is. According to Wikipedia, he's 5'9 and Mayweather's 5'8. So that's not that much bigger. Of course, those numbers could be off, but that's what they say. Um, I don't know. Everyone seems to act like Connor doesn't have a chance. Like when I listen to experts, they say it's it's totally lopsided. But uh, I used to think Connor was going to lose his fights, and then I realized it's you're not right very often when that's your prediction. So I don't know. If you had put money on one of those, who would you put money on? Depends on the rules. I need to see the odds. And oh, that's well, what boxing, I was getting at. Just the it, boxing match. I feel like the weight class. Give me the rules of the boxing match. Straight. How many just, rounds? How many minutes? What do the gloves the full, weigh? Well, just the full normal match. It's in the, it's yeah, in the, my guess is the weight and the rules are going to pretty much match Mayweather's last fight. Yeah. And Connor's going to be a fish out of water in every regard, and Mayweather's going to be at home. Yeah. And it seems like you know, if there's a fight before the fight that is agreeing to the rules, the venue, the payouts, etc., it looks like Mayweather's winning every round of the fight before the fight. So for Connor to go in there, having you know, having to be super light, having to do boxing rules, having to do boxing gloves, like if they put MMA gloves on and everything else was boxing rules, I'm interested in that fight. You know, I yeah, like man, Connor yeah. better. Touch be of death. Different. It only takes one. Exactly. But, uh, but you put eight ounce gloves fucker. on him. He's never been hit has, like that before. Has McGregor fought any boxing matches before professionally? No. Not he, he never did pro boxing, but he was like his his MMA base is boxing. Like he was a boxer. Uh, that, yeah. that was his training base uh, before he got more well-rounded. Um, so. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Obviously, Mayweather has the edge, you'd assume, but he's got a lot going against him as well. That's why it's such a big deal. That's why everybody wants to see it. And Mayweather's the king of fucking boxing, and a lot of guys feel like he fucking cheated Pacquiao out of his due, and they want to see him punished in the same pe way people want to see Durandamy punished by Chris Cyborg. They're, you know, we're, we're going to get it, though. It's going to happen, I think. There's just too much money. Uh, there to be had. Hundreds of millions of dollars for going in there and get, get a little beat up for both of these men. They're motivated. They're going to do it. I forgot about Durandamy. What did she do? I Fuck Durandamy. Nah, late. She oh, was late hitting hits. Holly home after the bell. Yeah, a couple of them that stuck Twice. her tongue out. Like, ah, yeah, I guess I hit her after the bell. No, fuck you, cunt. I, yeah. wish, the, I wish that male referee had just, boom, just fucking punched her in That's the ear, right. just right there, bare-fisted, yep. and she woke up the next day <clears throat> and got to see, like, I don't remember who the ref was, but, like, Big John going, ah! Like, <laughs> There's what? a female fighter, Christine Cyborg, with more testosterone than that male referee, and that's who's next. And she's yes. going to murder her. Push her ass into the fucking ground. She's from the same country as Boss Rutten is. That I, I, got, I think we got it wrong last week, where, whether he's from Netherlands or Denmark. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's just stick Where's with Denmark. Denmark. Denmark, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Just no, Ireland. I'm not sure at all. She's Irish. I can look misleading it up. me. I'm going to look this up right now. <laughs> oh, misleading you. Didn't you call him like Gorse of Vinich or something for a whole episode <laughs> to fuck with me? <laughs> oh, maybe. <Gorsavich. laughs> we tried to convince him to 
Philistines were a country in the Middle East today. <laughs> <laughs> He's from the Netherlands. Uh, best from the Netherlands. Thank you. All right. Yeah. We won't get that wrong again then, all you Boss Rutten fans. I, I'm a big yeah. Boss Rutten fan. I, I really like his uh, his cadence and how he talks about things, his sense of humor, and the lighthearted way that he talks about like the brutal, violent things he's done. He reminds me of Joe in that he can have a calm, collected, intelligent conversation about beating another man unconscious. It's 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 very it's a it's a it's a trait not many fighters have. Uh, and even if they explain it in a way that's not at all articulate or interesting, you still have to be like, whoa, wow, what a story! He's like, articulate. <laughs> no, I yeah. know he is. I just saying that yeah. it's funny. Like it's a, a, a lot of podcasts on Saturday. Over- is it? I mean, they already really? did it one time, and it was. I wa- I, I just watched. It's Gustav. Not it's Gustav, medium It's size. Cormier versus. Um, and what's that? Anthony Johnson. Anthony Rumble Anthony Johnson. Johnson. Very yeah. angular face on that that tall black man. Uh, I saw. I watched him do some sort of interview with like his stream or whatever, and uh, he seemed like a nice guy. I think Cormier is going to fucking trounce him again. Cormier is actually be... the underdog. Barely. I just. I watched the first fight twice. I, uh-huh. I watched it recently to get like a. What did happen? Oh my god! Like, like that was a whooping. That was a whooping. Hmm. Um, it, 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 Cormier got caught a couple of times. There was a head kick that caught him, like a left head kick, so it hit him on his right. And then there was, there's definitely a strike that, that that hit him hard too. But the rest of the time, it was just a whooping. There was at one point where he fucking picks him up and hauls him out to the center and fucking dumps his ass, and then he's on top of him. And the other guy's ground game seemed not to be able to compete with Cormier's. Um, You know, even if it's strong, it's not Cormier strong, right? You know, this is the fucking Cormier's core is like among the strongest uh, humans they wait, so they, they're in the same weight class but Cormier's like a foot shorter he's as thick as a fucking barrel he's just he's like he's a little just, Brock Lesnar or something he's like so that. goddamn strong and, and, he, and I don't know his hands are good his feet are good although I, I bet we've all seen the gif on uh, Reddit MMA of him like doing that little twirly kick that looked like you or I threw it uh, <laughs> Dude, and, was he with Luke Rockhold on better oh, oh <laughs> the one with Frank Mir where afterwards he's like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I want to watch that fight. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to buy it. I, I can't buy that. No, there's Who else t- there's two fights. Uh, Wyman versus Musasi. Uh, that's okay. a pretty... Oh, okay. That one has my interest. And then the rest of the card really doesn't. But yeah. sometimes that's what it takes. I, I watch the undercard uh, because of the top of the card, and I learn and care about them next time. I want him to roll Amanda Nunez back out there. I want him to roll uh, or uh, Durandamy or Cyborg. I'd watch any of their fights as far as the women are concerned. And, of course, if you bring Ronda Rousey back out of uh, death, I'd watch her fight anybody. Um, this being GSP. I'm not that crazy about that fight. I think I, I don't know what's going to happen, and that's the only reason I want to see it because GSP's been out so long. And I, Man, I, my, lose. the way I feel about Bisping on the inside is like, how does he keep getting to these positions where he's like the guy to beat and we all have to be like yeah Bissing's the champ he's great when like it doesn't feel that great and i watch everybody says he feels like the most underwhelming champion uh, of all time the records of the people he's beaten are not that great but hey he took a fight on 12 days notice and knocked out luke rockhold yeah Yeah, well I'd love to see GSP beat him up, and then uh, and then GSP co- challenge Conor McGregor, which is what he's going to do. Um, I just, uh, I, it seems like when fighters take that much time off, they're not the fighter they were. I don't think he's been taking time off. I think he's been somewhere fucking in Canada, getting stronger and faster. 
He's a humble guy too. I feel like if it, I feel like he spent this time learning. I, I love GSP. You, seen, I just, you ever seen the video where him and Rogan are going over kicks and Rogan's yes. showing him to do that mm -hmm. turning side kick? God, Rogan kicks that fucking bag into another dimension, doesn't he? How often does he replace bags? I wonder. <laughs> like it seems um, like he's gonna break it. Every time one dies, I guess you know. Every that, time the stuffing comes out, like Joe Rogan can fold a heavy bag. Like holy smokes! His it, it's it. If you ever see like his ass, I hate to say it, but like he was, they were in the studio doing the podcast, and he's wearing these uh, special jeans that are for like guys who work out or something. They're called barbell jeans, mm -hmm. and they're like real stretchy and elastic. And he's doing a kick for Brian Callen's trying to do a kick. Oh, and I've he's seen this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And when he fucking turns, and does that kick, his ass goes ha! <laughs> like each ass cheek is like a ham of just kick. Yeah. He's got like two human muscle. heads at his lower back. Yeah, yeah. like he, he, Joe Rogan can seriously kick. If he, if 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 any man here allowed Joe Rogan to kick them in the midsection, we might die. We might legitimately die, and we definitely have broken ribs. We might have a ruptured spleen or liver. He's gonna put you in the fucking ER with one kick. He is he on a like, lot of steroids. Yeah, sure he, is. He's he all is, the man he can be. He's he the was, Joe Roganest Rogan he's ever been, dude. He's you listen to these guys talk about roids and it makes you want to take them. And he's like, people are like, oh, you're 50 years old. Isn't that like the wrong time? He's like, perfect time to take steroids. I'm already 50. What do I got? 25 more years? You cut that to 20, live to 70. That's cool. Rather be, you know, jacked the whole time. <laughs> and I'm like, he's so jacked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy's right. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, like, it's. <laughs> I love that video where they're outside the comedy club and that, that chick is giving Rogan shit. She's like, look at you. You're fat. And he goes, fat. And he lifts his shirt and he's sculpted like a like an action figure. Just these big, well-defined abs. Like each ab is like this big chunk of flesh that goes around his belly. And it's a big belly, but it's muscle. It's, it's got that big, like human belly. growth hormone And belly. then up on top yes, is these that big, thick skull. pecs. And that he, he goes, yeah, I know my neck's too big for my body. I don't fucking care. He said that. I love it. <laughs> Before we wrap. I, he said, I look like a thumb with two thumbs. And you're <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> he does. <laughs> anyway. He I, was... Yeah, I met, we're, we're getting toward the, uh, the short hours of the show, as they say. Mm. Tell us yes. about your car bomb story, because we never did get to that. <laughs> I did want to tell that, but uh, we get wrapped up in all of these topics. So uh, after I worked as a translator for the Americans, as I uh, told you earlier, I, uh, when I stopped working there, I was introduced via some people uh, to an orphanage that needed a data analyst and an entry specialist, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, basically behind the computer, entering data from paper to digital. So uh, I went there for an interview and I got the job and I started working there basically for an orphanage. And uh, I used to basically take stacks of papers filled with information about orphans, their parents, their possessions, what do they have, how much do they earn, and then put them in the, in the program that I helped uh, kind of a bit develop in basic, visual basic, really basic data entry program that we made up in-house. Uh, later on, we went out to uh, use Access, Microsoft Access, which was a lot better. Anyway, so uh, one of those days I was done with work, I was like about... Uh, six months after starting working there. Uh, I was in Negev. We live in Kufa, which I told you about the war story earlier. That's a bit far off. So uh, about 20 kilometers away from home, it's Negev, which is the main city. 
And uh, there was a lot of tensions about car bombs in Baghdad and this and that. So there has been a lot of security, a lot of uh, Iraqi police, American police. So one of those days I'm done and I go out and I see a lot of uh, women lined up in front of the organization. They just always come up, line up there to, to get help and to register and whatever. Mostly rejected because of random reasons. So anyways, I go out and one of those women approaches me and she tells me, uh, please help me. I, I, I've lost my, uh, my husband a few months ago in the war and this and that. And I got seven kids and I don't have income. I don't have anything. And my, the roof of our house is about to come down on us, basically, because of rain and all the rotten things. So it's like, oh, my God, I know I could take your papers and go inside. And, uh, and they'll probably tell me what they always tell me, that, yeah, there is not enough sufficient papers or this or that. So basically, she would be rejected. So I was like, oh, my God, I don't know how to tell you. I'm, I'm trying to tell her, but she... She just keeps insisting. So I take her papers, go inside, talk to my colleague, and it's like, yeah, you know what the answer is. So I come back outside, and then immediately there is an incredible bang that I feel like a lot of glasses shatter, of course. Not very near me, but about like 500 meters away from me, half a kilometer. And uh, a lot of glass shatter, an incredible boom sound that just uh, almost deafens me. So we look up and then there's this whole black smoke in the sky. And uh, funny thing about this story is that my mother still to this day doesn't know about this. Uh, and if she knew, she would have made me stop working at the organization. Mm. So anyway, I never told her. And uh, of course, she heard in the news the next day, but uh, I told her it was far away. She didn't know uh, where my organization was. Um, so I go out there in the main street where it happened, and I look to the south where it happened, and uh, there were a lot of fire, a lot of people screaming. And uh, the stupid idiot me being like, I don't know if it's brave or anything, but a lot of people kept going toward the direction of the car bomb. And so I did the same. I just kept walking toward it, and the closer I got, oof, that was a very harsh experience. A lot of legs, a lot of uh, dead bodies, a lot of blood, and yeah, that, that was one wow. of my most harsh experiences I've ever experienced. Uh, so yeah, that was pretty much it. A lot of police came over Jeez. and started cleaning up the streets. And immediately, what do they do with that, the body parts? Did, did, are there people walking around grabbing arms and legs and like putting them in a bin? Yeah, so you know the Toyota, the Toyota trucks that you also have in America. Yeah, the, mm -hmm. the Iraqi police uses one of those, and uh, basically they pile up all the bodies in the back of the trunk and yeah. they just take them away. I got a friend who's a volunteer fireman, and he was talking about a wreck on the interstate highway, which is uh, for your purposes of med. They would go seventy miles per hour on those. Mm -hmm. um, as they're faster highways and yeah. uh someone had died in a car crash and they were just splattered and i'm like what do you do he's like i had to go out there and shovel this person up and put them in like a bag like there's a certain like, like all of them we could get needs to go in that bag and oh, yeah. like they tell they're like get as much as you can yes. and i'm like i'm like well yes. what's the con and i'm like what's the consistency like i'm like i gotta know he's like it's it it's like it's blood, it's guts, it's like... It's just viscera. Flesh. It's, vi it's stuff you can't identify. You're like, yeah, I don't know what yeah. that is. It's just mushed That's, flesh, pink and, and, and organs and, and just... Every and they're just scraping up as much as they can and then just depositing it into the, into the bag. Yeah, thankfully, pretty... I, didn't, uh, I didn't do any shoveling or anything, but I just ah. uh, stood there like an idiot and watching and a lot of people screaming and uh, a lot of women screaming. 
a lot of shouts of Allahu Akbar, which is funny thing. Uh, you guys uh, heard about Allahu Akbar, something that people shout before they blow up themselves. But in in our culture, in the Islamic culture, Allahu Akbar is kind of used in a in a contextual way, like in a way that you you call for God's help, you know, just by praising mm -hmm. Him. So you say, God, I, I think great. it's very similar to when um, if you ever watch like a YouTube video of Americans and something bad's happening, we say, Oh God, Oh God, yeah, Oh God, exactly, Oh my God, exactly. Oh my God. Um, that's a great, sort of one of great things. example. A lot of people don't yeah. realize this, but that's exactly how we use Allahu Akbar. So <laughs> you hear Allahu Akbar, you freak out, but in Iraq, it's kind of normal. Although we I will say day. you don't always use it that way. I've, <laughs> I've never heard an American go, oh, my God, oh, my God. But on the well, other hand, I've seen I mean, plenty of Muslims go, Allah yeah. Akbar, Allah Akbar. <laughs> and everybody gets pumped angry. up and they start fucking... We are, we are very... <laughs> like, come on. We are... We are very smart people, and we use words in a lot of different ways. So that's all I say. <laughs> what is uh for when you were walking over there and you saw the bodies and everything? Was it like what, what was going through your head? Like you were probably it was almost surreal. Probably like did it take a little shock. while for it to like settle in that it actually happened and it wasn't yeah, like I, almost a dream sequence? It took me a day. It took me a day to realize what I've been through. I was in shock at the start. So I, I uh, go in there, start walking. Some people talk to me, and it's like, uh, help me out, take my carriage out. Some people are trapped under there. Uh, under there. Some, basically, some people were trapped. They were injured but trapped because of a carriage that the blast has pushed on them. So I uh, help them drag a carriage. I start walking away again and start watching the police come over. and They start moving people. They start looking for survivors, this and that. And... Uh, my shoes were all over blood, so I go to the corner and grab some plastic bag that I found on the ground, and I wipe my shoes, and I just walked home, walked oh, to the bus yeah. that took me to home. And at that time, when I went home, you won't believe it. It was like a normal day. I didn't feel anything. Like, I've never... Uh, the, nothing has happened to me that day. Nothing has happened. I went home, and it's a normal day. I just had dinner, talked to my mom, yeah. just played a video game, turned on my laptop, put my last episode. I remember... Very specifically, I watched Lost that day. And then I go to sleep. Next day, I wake up. Oh, my God. The feeling is pretty much undescribable. I was like, I don't know, depressed, shocked. And, yeah, I don't know. It was really harsh. And it's weird. It's no, weird when something happens. But 9-11 was like that. Like, yeah, like the nation needed permission to care about sports again, to laugh again. to like, yeah. Like, there was a national sorrow after 9-11. And then, of course, we didn't see body parts, you know, in the same way that you did. But I, I feel like it's similar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's uh... yeah. It's weird how, like, you'll see. I just imagine you seeing that. I don't know how far it was from your home, but you know, several miles from your home, and then about thirty kilometers. Okay, so so you know, miles. just down the road, something horrible, almost undescribable, has happened, and you've been right in the thick of it. But then you go back home and. Everything is exactly the same. Like like that other shit didn't happen. Yeah. Like like exactly. this shit back here is completely independent yeah. of that. It and it doesn't seem right because what had happened over there seems so terrible, immense, and important that how can things over here still even be the same? How could there still be sandwiches to be made at home when there's legs on the ground fifteen yeah. kilometers away? Processing yeah. it. It's was, a weird was, thing for us yeah, to deal with. Exactly. Couldn't process it at the beginning. And then it took me a day, a whole day. To even realize what I've been through, and uh, it's like I was—I was at the time I was 18, I think, 2008. This was, and uh, so I was. The next day, I was completely shocked. I didn't play video games. I didn't read a book. I didn't do anything, and so I just went to school, did my thing, very 
I remember very distinguished. A lot of people asking me what's going on and, and this and that, but I didn't answer. Just went home, and then a week later, life just went on and just forgot about it. But I still have uh, nightmares about that. So yeah, yeah that's fucked, that's man. That's horrible, dude. What's and the and you know, like? well, basically, just me being. I don't know if I don't know if I should describe this, but it's, it's I have a lot of weird nightmares. But uh, one of them is that I'm completely drowned in blood. And a lot of people asking me for help, but I'm too arrogant or something. I don't know. I feel like I can't. I don't want to help them. It's it, it feels like I can help. Uh, someone. you've got survivor guilt. You feel bad because you couldn't do anything while you were there. That's what that's about. Oh, you were there. And you were helpless, and there was nothing to do. And there's wow. blood everywhere. That's what you. That's what that dream's about. I don't know if. Uh, yeah, I never thought of it like this. But uh, I always like when I wake up, I feel like all sweaty and everything. But it always feels like I could help someone. But I don't in the dream. I mean, yeah. And I just it's because keep walking. you have that guilt inside you. There, there's a part of you that that, that that inside of you that believes that when that thing happened, that like maybe there's something I could have done. Maybe there's yeah. But but there wasn't. It's it, yeah. That that's that's exactly what that's about. You should you should mm -hmm. you should think about that more and maybe maybe get some professional help. I don't fucking maybe, know. I don't see maybe. a psychiatrist or anything. But to but maybe honest, just on your own, just realize yeah. that that's out of your control. That was a horrible thing that happened to you, not a thing yeah. that you were a part of or or had any control over. And Obviously. and you know you would have helped if you could. You know that you would have if yeah, there'd been a man there. there. If, if there'd been help. a man there that said, "I'm mad, help me and get me, get me." You you know you'd have went there. I would find solace in that. I would Absolutely. imagine the scenario yeah. if there had been. I'd have I'd imagine that scenario in which you could have helped because you couldn't have been in the real life scenario and thought, "What yeah. would I have done?" And the knowledge of what you would have done, I think, will bring you some comfort if you think about that. Like I'd have helped. I wouldn't have said no. I wouldn't have drowned in the blood. I'd have tread through it. No, but I think one of the reasons as well, because I saw a lot of people helping out and and a lot of people like uh, like uh, doing something, you know, and uh, I just uh, I feel like I was useless. I, I was I was in shock, I think I didn't know what to do. So I just kept walking. And then at the end, I just cleaned up my shoes and went home and the buses yeah. were just riding like normal. And I heard when I went uh, a few days later, that two days, there was there were no buses. If I was half an hour late. I probably wouldn't would have walked home, walked for 25 miles. So that's uh, how old did yeah. you say you were? 18. I was 18 at the time yeah. when I started working there. Yeah. That's a really difficult situation to be in. Yeah, like, I mean, I think in my Kyle life, really hit it on the head. Yeah, the, the I, yeah, Kyle, Kyle might be right. I mean, I to be honest, even when I dream about when I have a nightmare about it, or anything else, I never think about it. I just wake up and it's done. Never think about it. Never even try to reflect upon it. But uh, it's interesting the way Kyle said it. So anyway. Yeah, dreams yeah. mean things. <coughs> yeah, we, we talk about those dreams. We talk about those dreams where we can't pull the trigger. What do you think that's fucking about? That's that's some sort of performance anxiety. That's some sort of fear within myself that I won't be able to not literally pull the trigger, but uh, 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 figuratively pull the trigger in some regard. Maybe I can't do this or can't do that. That I'm going to fail. That's all that's about. It's it's a fear of failing, and it's a fear of some sort of weakness inside yourself. All most dreams that are serious that come back to us more than once. Of course, we've all dreamed of something random, like your fucking teacher in blue panties. Yeah. But that didn't mean shit, other than maybe you wanted to fuck your teacher. Yeah. <laughs> this means something though, something really important to you. You should you should think about it. I keep a dream journal. Well, I'll tell you what else I've been working oh, wow. on. Every time I walk through a door, mm -hmm. knock on the door, and I say, "Am I dreaming?" Nope. <laughs> And I've started doing it so much. I, I, I heard Joe Rogan talk about this and like inducing uh, lucid dreaming. And the idea is that if you do this enough, if every time, and I mean every fucking time you walk through a door, you 
you you in your head or whatever, so you don't look like a moron, like a maniac in public. Don't in public. Don't be like, am I dreaming? <laughs> and then walk through. Don't do that. Don't, yeah, whisper no. it to yourself, inconspicuous like. Yeah. That's what I do. Do you sleepwalk? No. Uh, but but what's going to happen though is you're going to eventually you're going to be in a dream and you're going to knock on a door and you're going to say, "Am I dreaming?" And you're going to be, "Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am dreaming." Okay. And then you're going to be able to initiate a lucid dream, take control of that dream potentially. And it's a skill that you can work on and you can harness and you can have some fun in your dreams. I've never thought about dreams like that, but I do sleepwalk sometimes. That's also another problem I have with that. <coughs> I've never went really far outside, but I maybe something to do with what you were saying. But whenever I open the door, like the main door to the house, I wake up. I've had that like two times in this house, which I've been this house for four years now. I used to sleep and, too. I would argue with yeah. people. I found that when the dream blanks out like that, it often means I do either don't have the necessary information or I'm afraid of the necessary information. But when I was a virgin, every time I had sex, when I put my dick in a pussy, the dream <laughs> would end because I don't have the necessary information. I don't know what that's like yet. <laughs> now when I put my dick in a vagina, I'm like, dick's in the vagina. <laughs> but, but for the longest time, every dream, I'm like, huzzah! What the fuck just happened? And then I it don't like, know. I've, I've had that before, before I had sex. I've had a lot of those dreams. And I would, uh, the sex would continue. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The sex would continue. Yeah, the sex would continue. <laughs> I promise that. <laughs> yeah, my brain didn't know what a pussy felt like. Yeah, know what to write there. I guess my brain thought that pussy would feel like my hand, so that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about anyway. masturbation. Like in my lifetime, it's gone from something that it seems like most people admit didn't happen, didn't do. Like that was the stance they took, and now, while it's not something you talk about in you know, uh, uh, what do they call it? Not public company, uh, private Mixed proper company. company. I wasn't going yeah. for mix, but any but proper company, I'll say. I'm I'm, I'm lacking it, but um, it's not something you talk about in in public too much. But it's almost like wiping your butt. We all know that everybody does this. Everyone does. I it. hope so. Yeah. And in Don't some, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on strike. You're on strike against you. No, against Charmin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another I, uh... quick story about wiping uh, wiping. This remind me of a funny story. Uh, you know, in Iraq, we don't have actually sitting toilets. You don't know that, guys, right? Yeah, you guys are squatters. Yeah, I've seen yeah, uh, a moaning of a meaning. Of, uh, and we don't wipe, we wash. We used to wash anyway. So you don't. You also know that? So basically, so you, you, have a, you have a hose that is near the toilet, and you just uh, make a water stream, and then you start washing yourself. Mm. That's how we do it. So anyway, so this uh, a friend of mine told me a story about his family. His father was going to the toilet, and he was a big guy, very big guy, large, heavy. And and he goes to the toilet, and the cement uh, on the toilet was, um, let's just say, was getting old. So he sits down. Oh my God! A lot of the old people, old uh, houses, used kind of a, like a little hole underneath the toilet that was protected pretty much by a small layer of of cement. So that's how they did it, and everything would go there. And then at the end, all the shit uh, gets filled, like the hole would be filled, and then they would call someone. I swear to God, this is true. They I know where this leads. <laughs> yes. 
No, it, it's not as extreme as you are thinking now, but uh, people would call like a, a car. They offered services. They would come in, put a hose inside the hole, and then they suck everything out. Yeah. So th that's how they did in the old uh, houses. The new houses have kind of a little uh, system that is built in to process all that. So anyway, this old man, uh, father of a friend of mine, goes to the toilet, and the toilet breaks, and pretty much he's uh, half of his body inside shit. So that's. Oh. I, I always thought fell in the shit. that was hilarious. Oh, oh that shit. is horrible. I bet he yep. lost weight after that. <laughs> I bet he might, didn't. Might have, might have. <laughs> He's like, this is not worth the extra snacks after 8 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. That's uh, really funny. You never know. Right. I do have a very weird country with a lot of weird people. So, yeah. That's really well, nice. do you guys want to wrap the show up? Sure. Well, it's been great, guys. Thank you very much for yes, inviting Ahmed, me. I, I enjoyed having you on very yeah. much. It was fun I hearing about your experiences awesome overseas. Uh, it was cool to find some common ground with movies and magic and all that stuff Absolutely. as well. Um, I wish you the best in luck in all things that you yeah, do in the future. Thank you very much, guys. I've hey, been hey, a fan hey. of you guys for a long time, and uh, it's very cool of just to invite me and you guys having me, so thanks a lot for that, and uh, uh, hopefully we'll see each other soon. Well, I'll see you next week soon. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, dude. You're a cool yeah, guy. Easy to talk to. You have some awesome stories. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. All right. And uh, to the rest of the people out there, uh, yeah. There's that's that's no, post no post rolls or anything? No. Oh, sure. Ahmed, you don't, do you do anything with like Twitter online that you'd like to send uh, people to? Well, I do have Twitter and everything else. Like you probably everyone don't else, want but that I'm not, unless you're selling no. shit. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not selling it. I'm not a public figure, so I won't. Then there you go. It. Best option is not to. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Indeed. PKA episode three twenty nine.